Hey, up all night tossing, turning, mind racing, trouble getting to sleep, trouble falling asleep. Well, welcome. This is Sleep With Me, the podcast that's here to put you to sleep. We do with a bedtime story. All you need to do is get in bed, turn out the lights and press play. I'm going to do the rest. And what I'm going to do here, if this is your first couple times here, I'm going to create a safe place where you can set aside... Whatever's got you up at night, whether it's uh, mind racing, uh, body body pain or uncomfortableness, uh, emo- emotional, you know, t- turbulence. Did I say that already? Or if you just got a case of the figurines, I don't think that's a phrase, but I think it is. Now, I got a case of the old figurines. You know, that feels like a good colloquialism you'd hear from a wizened old, uh, you know, person. You could say, sit down and let me tell you about the time. Oh, no, maybe that was a case in Encyclopedia Brown solved. But it was one of the later ones, you know, when they get it was the Encyclopedia Brown and the case of the unmissing figurines. And it's just like this podcast, what I'm going to do, the safe place is a story. Or in this case, a possibly never-to-be-resolved Encyclopedia Brown-based metaphor. Or I'm going to try to distract you, I'm going to try to get your attention, explain to you, you know, the figurines are when you're lying there. And, you know, you know what I mean, you're trying to figure it out, or part of you is... And part of you might be like, well, why can't you figure it out? And then part of you might say, oh, geez, I feel bad that I can't figure this out. Uh, Part of you might be like me, well, geez, if I just figure this out, then tomorrow and every day forward, it'll be different. And and they say, well, geez, why do you, why you know this never, you know, and even those pop at, at uh, any other time of the day, you know, this might be a time to, 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 to do some self-discovery and, uh, you know, to, 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 to probe these feelings. But right now you're saying, hey, I got a case of the figurines. I got to go to sleep. And now, now a little, little reality, you know, don't, don't feel bad about being, if, if you, if you don't have a case of the figurines or if you do, it's, it's part of the condition that comes with our, uh, you know, being a human being. So it's okay. And I'm not here to shame the parts of you that want to figure stuff out. Perfectly understandable. Uh, drives inside us to say, hey, let's, let's get this figured out tomorrow. Who, who wouldn't want tomorrow to go smooth? Uh, but the thing is, and this could be reflected you know, metaphorically, it could be your body doing this or, you know, just a similar thing or your feelings. Uh, maybe something happened recently that reminded you of something painful. None of this is con- conducive to sleep, though. Uh, and, and I guess those figurines parts of you, they don't realize that they say, well, let's just get this figured out. Then you can sleep. And then, okay, if you look in one of those books, all of a sudden all these jets of different pheromones, I think they're pheromones and hormones. And I think this is what your lymphus system does. Now, don't quote me on this because the last time I brought up, uh, uh, whatever, what is this called? The anatomy. Uh, that guy that wrote the book on it, he, 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 his, uh, his spirit came to me. I think his name's Gray or something. I don't know. And, and he said, don't talk about the lymph system ever again. And I said, well, why not? It's a mystery to me. 
and maybe I'll be the one that figures it out, you know, that that's the cause of sleepless nights. And he said, he said, it's not. And then he, he said, okay, well, fair. I said, fair enough. That went well. Like a lot of my, you know, encounters with, you know, famous authors, it doesn't, you know, they go, they go on a lot longer. If you, if you knew the blowout from this Myers-Briggs stuff, I mean, I had no idea. I would have never brought it up. I said, geez, uh, they, they've stripped it. I'm pretty sure they said I could never use the letters I, N, F, or J ever again together. But I put wars, I think, between the I, F, and J. So in that time, I removed, you know, I recycled their F, N, I, J, Myers and Briggs. Or how about this one, F, U, M, B? You know, figure that out, you know. Uh, anyway, but, you know, see, and that can happen a bit. Then all of a sudden, the resentment gets stirred up, and you say, well, geez, I'm, I'm so sick of these cease and desist orders. That the Institute of Myers Briggs keeps sending me, and and then you could get a, you know, then there's a whole bunch of figures. I said, well, maybe I should figure out, maybe I should open those envelopes up and figure out what's inside. But I say, save it for tomorrow. You know, it'll that problem will be there tomorrow, just like all the other ones, the real ones. And sometimes you find with a decent nice rest, it's a little bit easier to grapple with these things. And so I guess that's, uh, I, I don't know, I never got to Encyclopedia Brown. But in his latter years, a lot of people don't know this because they don't write uh, Encyclopedia Brown fan fiction like I, I did. Hey, would you believe that Myers and Briggs own the copyrights Encyclopedia Brown? Because that would be, you know, not true, but a oh, case of the old. I mean, I'll start writing some uh, Myers Briggs fan. Oh, wait, I already did. Uh, but anyway, Encyclopedia Brown, as the close of the case of the figurines, said it best. He says, sometimes, some nights, you need something to take your mind off of your mind. Uh, Encyclopedia Brown said as he walked into the city council meeting where, you know, the, the council to discover the fig- figurines, to figure out the figurines, was still meeting. And he says, sometimes you you got to try to stop thinking, you know, and, and stop feeling and, and just get some sleep. And immediately hands across the chambers shot up. Uh, but as Encyclopedia Brown was known to do in, in childhood circles everywhere, he scanned the room with a calm look and reassured everyone by looking over his glasses and wiping one of his sweaty palms on his jeans. And he said, just something to take your mind off all that figure and when it's bedtime to distract you, because tomorrow's going to be okay. All, all those parts of your brain are on the case. And Encyclopedia Brown, if you're missing a penny or whatever, I'll, I'll be here tomorrow to investigate it. But sometimes you need a friend, a friendly story, a boar friend, if you will. Encyclopedia Brown said this uh, to, the, to, the, to the courthouse, on the courthouse steps, as it were. And I, and I know the story's changing, but he said a, a, a man will prattle on with a story and a metaphor that just doesn't seem great. It doesn't seem good. It doesn't see, it says it, it seems like it'll conclude, but it probably won't have a conclusion. And if I was there, I'd say point of order, uh, it may. 
But and, and then and so be but, but, but someone that has your interest or says, Hey, I'm just gonna go on and on here, nice friendly tone, somewhat amusing and try to take your mind off of stuff. And Encyclopedia Brown said in the most mind blowing way that Encyclopedia Brown has only he has the capacity to do so, he said, uh, this case uh, this case of the unmissing figurines is solved because the figurines are always there. And they're always ready to go, and they're always figuring. And it's like Peter Brown said, but sometimes we're distracted and we just can't hear them. And then it's like Peter Brown launched into a foot, you know, where there'd be a lot of footnotes, so this didn't make the draft, but, you know, about the plasticity of the brain and the, the medulla. Mammalian stuff, lizard stuff, instincts, and it all, you tied it together. And he said, "So, so, so, so you, you don't ever have to worry about stop figuring because it's what we're born to do." And of course, little Jimmy shot up and said, "Just like you, Encyclopedia Brown." And he said, "You're right, Jimmy. Just like me, and just like me, we all need to go to sleep. We all need to listen to our boar friends sometimes." And then you know, it's like Beatty Brown went to the camera and like broke the third wall or whatever, and said, "You wouldn't believe the problems that come with being Encyclopedia Brown. The sleepless nights, the things I've seen, you know, the hay pennies, you know, attempted alchemy." You know, wagon vandalism, uh, you know, squirt guns filled with super glue. And, you know, just my figure and brain all the time. I couldn't sleep until I found Sleep With Me podcast. Where this guy, he, he's still not, he'll, he'll never figure out any, you know, he, 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 he loses his way just between words. But he seems like a nice guy and I love his show. And, uh, and so everyone, uh, excuse me, folks, I'm going to get back to this course, but it's tough being it's like Beatty Brown, as you could probably imagine, uh, in, in a courthouse, you know, so, you know, do something to take your mind off of the figurines because they're trying to help you. They, they just really don't know how other than figuring stuff out. And then someone else tried to They said, you know, they're not doing it. And it's like if you said, Brown, my work is done here. These adults will just keep talking all night. And the whole city of children and childlike adults went home and went to bed. And uh, they said, no, the, the, it's like Peter Brown does not endorse this podcast, except in, you know, fan fiction. It was, uh, Actually, the fan fiction I wrote, he didn't. Uh, he said, you know, Encyclopedia Brown. I can't remember. I remember he didn't like me. I said, what, what? It was my dream to be. I just wanted to be in one of your cases. And then the guy, he said, I'm not Encyclopedia Brown. I played Harry Potter. And I said, really? Then they said, did you never get a call to play Encyclopedia Brown? And he said, why can't you leave me alone? And I said, can you put those glasses back on? Because I just want to see if, I said, uh, and I had done that monologue for him. A uh, lovely young man, lovely, you know, maybe famous, maybe not. So that's it. I, that's what, I'm glad you're here. If it's your first time here, this was one of the weirder ones. Because I didn't really know where I was going. I never do. But we took, you know, we went into Encyclopedia Brown's neighborhood and then, 
it took a turn for the for the duller. But if you got a case of the figurines, you got a case of the body aches, you got a case of the heartaches. Let me try to help, all right? I'm going to try to take your mind off stuff, be a little silly, uh, to talk about uh, Breaking Bad and Metastasis, and make you know, crack some crack wise. But but I'm glad you're here. And the main message is that, you know, I really want to help. I really hope, I really want to help you fall asleep. That didn't make sense. I'm glad you're here, and I hope I help you fall asleep is what I meant to say. And the Encyclopedia Brown's pointing at me saying, see, see, he makes it. And I said, yeah, you got me, Potter. All right, good night. All right, so we're talking about metastasis. It opens with a black and white shot of the yard. A uh, drip, drip of a hose, a bear in the pool again. And it's a little bit of a mystery once uh, once again. And then uh, episode, we see Walt's car, which deepens the mystery. And then it opens, it's El Buelo, B-U-E-L-O. I put mattress, I don't know what that means. And then we're at Walt's house, he calls Jose. And he's giving him very calm advice, I think from the bathroom. Maybe Walt, maybe Cielo was on the mattress. And I did not remember this episode very well. Uh, but uh, Jose's on the steps of his house, this guy shows up. And he kind of looks like an interesting. Hey, he was chew, he was doing a lot of chewing, and I never figured out what he was chewing on. It wasn't gum, and I don't. I never saw anything like a matchstick. And you, you know, you run across those people every once in a while. Usually, no offense, older males, and they got something going on in their mouth, and you say, "What the hell?" I mean, they're an authority figure, you know. So you can't say, well, "What the hell are you chewing on?" What the hell's going? What the hell's in your mouth? Spit it out. You know, this would be a good chance for a role reversal. You say, "Hey, spit it out." I want to know what's in your mouth, and they could, maybe they say nothing. I have a dental issue, and you say, "Well, you can't shame me. You know, I'm the authority figure right now, so take that shame back." And you know, I'm just here trying to figure out what the hell's in your mouth. We've been wondering. You know, there's at least one or two of you walking around everywhere on Earth, and we're saying, "What? What the hell's that guy chewing on?" Because it's not gum. And, you know, we always wonder, do you get little sticks in there or something? Because, you know, tobacco, most of those guys keep it still. So, uh, and then he walks away and he, he was chewing on some sticks or something, I bet. But that guy's chewing on something. He says he's from Sol uh, Bueno. He's a cleaning. He's doing some cleaning up uh, of uh, Jose's nightstand. And he takes Jose's money and says, hey, I'm going to put this away for you. And then I put, is this Mike? And I, I didn't know. I honestly did not know yet. And then he talks to Jose and uh, he says, repeat what I just said. And then Jose, and then he says, repeat it again. And then here's my note. It didn't, my note didn't come till now. Guy is chewing something, question mark. And then the letter A I think I might have just started to take a note and something happened. And then we have uh, breakfast at Walt's. He's, he, 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 you know, Walt is uh, holding on to his family unit here, so he wants everyone eating together. You know, if that's a warning sign, wanting to eat a meal with a teen of being out of touch, you know, the, it doesn't, you know, you're holding on too tight, Walt. Eating with teens, as far as I know, is, uh, you know, it's like one of the things teens hate 
She said, hey, teen, what is it? What you know, just like that chewing guy. You know, I'm the guy that shames chew, old chewing guys. So you can tell me, what do you hate the most? Like general stuff. Like, how do you, what about, would uh, eating with your family be on there? And the team would say, would you? and they'd say breakfast. And they say, oh, goodness. And then they'd say dinner. I'd say, they'd say, oh, and they'd say, how do you feel about lunch? They'd say, yeah, I'm not opposed to it. So there's a pro tip uh, based on a person that has no teens. Uh, have lunch with your teens, you know, not dinner or breakfast. Uh, but Wall told him not, so he says, where the hell's Junior? And he says, Junior, get down here. And Cielo says, uh, Morgan is his name. You know, he didn't want to share a name with you. She doesn't say that, but she says, Morgan. And then he says, Morgan, get down here. And then Cielo detects it. She says, hey, are you okay? It almost says, okay, I'm better than okay. And then Morgan says, hey, you guys better come upstairs quick. And they go up, he's on his computer, and his save Walter Blanco is the money's pouring in. And I really enjoyed the acting here. He's very excited, and Cielo is excited. And then she has to force Walt to be proud of his son. Because his son's kind of stealing the... This, I guess this is a, a, a near-Edipalian situation. Uh, in some sense, I'm not joking. You know, he's uh, emasculating his father by, you know, by bringing the money in. Uh, and, and Walt's feeling the emasculation. I think Oedipus took it a little further than that. And, you know, this, this was less sexual. It's just, I mean, probably, you know, it depends on which, you know... Who you ask, they say, well, no, that wasn't. But anyway, he, he, his mom's proud of him. And Walt's like, oh, thank you, Junior. And then we, you know, some time passes. Walt's on the toilet. He's on his toilet phone, which I'll, I'll go on a tirade about that later. And in the background is the sound of Junior's computer counting money. And it was a good one because it sounded like a ship's bell or something. Like, or something. It was good. I liked it a lot. I, I did. And then Walt calls Jose. He's nice to him again. He says, don't worry, buddy. I care about you. And I'm surprised Jose wasn't like, who is this? What, what did you do with Walt? He usually just yells at me. And then we have this great trick shot because it says, say Busca. And Henry is talking about this investigation. And we see Walt's picture under a wanted sign. Uh, we can sell something, and then he pulls out, and you see it's, oh, it's Henry asking for donations, and it's Walt's picture on a can. And then I don't know if he was asking just for donations or as an uh, uh, investigation, but he says, yeah, whoever does something, they'll get a six-pack of my beer. But then they get into the investigation, and they talk about G Gordo, and then we see Henry, he's got this blue crisscross, oh, no, he's wearing a blue crisscross shirt. That one of his shirts I like a lot, by the way. Uh, then uh, he has a picture of Heisenberg, but it's some dude. So it's Freddy, the guy that took the fall a couple episodes ago. And uh, that's what uh, Henry's partner wants. But Henry's like, no way, man. But, but Blue has a little spreading around South America. And that's where I say crisscrossing South America. Then we have Junior and Mom. 
uh, watching the money roll, and they're so happy. And Walt peeks in and just glares. And then we have Walt and the chewing guy, who we'll say is Mike, and they're in this uh, den of iniquity, as they would say in the olden days. And Walt walks around looking for Jose, and then Walt finds Jose, and Jose's sleeping on a mattress, and he takes Jose in his arms. And it's very uh, father and son moment, it felt like, and uh, and there's music playing. It's like a beautiful woman's voice with an acoustic guitar in the background. And then we see the front of Jose and Juana's apartments. I notice there's a red bottle strung on Juana's uh, uh, front balcony, uh, which I said, are those to you, you know, when you people hang stuff to get rid of bugs, or was that a decorative choice? And then we have the dad, he's picking out a dress for her. He picks out like a, a nice blue dress with blackbirds on it. I thought it was nice. And there's this beautiful painting of her on the wall, uh, kind of like that painting, uh, the birth of Venus, I think. Uh, but it's her with, uh, birds and, uh, it's good. And then we have Walt with a baby and the sound of money is still going on in the background. And Walt's like, hey, Junior, can you take a break with this? Uh, he's like, please, this is driving me nuts. Uh, he said, I never thought like a little uh, sound clip would emasculate me so much, but it is. And then Cielo comes in and says, just wait for this, buddy. And she says, I got somebody on the phone, Morgan, big news. And it's such big news, even Walt has to fake being happy. And then we have Henry's working on a map. We're tracking the blue math. He meets with a couple of suits, one of which is Gustavo. And Henry is like, gives him some little spoils of love. And these dudes kind of want to tour the operation. And then Gustavo sees this can with Walter's picture on it. And it didn't hit me this significance of this till later, but uh, he donates some money to it. He says, oh, con mucho gusto. You know, it's my pleasure. And then he says, Henry, right? And he says, call me Gus. And Henry says, oh, he was so, he says, goose, goose. So my pleasure. And then we have Jose in a robe. He's at like this uh, rehab. It looked pretty nice. And he's with Walt. And then Walt gets home. He sees a news van in his driveway. Maria's there. She's running some PR. And she's very looking stylish, too. And uh, she's even, like, uh, talking to the cameraman and Walt style. And Junior gets the uh, first question, but I mean, I know that was riveting, but again, uh, those of you that are sticking with me, the owls were in full view. So the the Blancos, Walter and Cielo, have a collection of ceramic owls, which I've become obsessed with. And I just wanted to re-note the, the, there's a, they're in little cubby holes on the living room wall. In the top left cubby hole is one, which is B, I put. I don't know what that means, blue or black, maybe. Uh, next to that, we have two in flowers. And then next to that, we have one in uh, it's green. And then uh, now my handwriting gets it. And then we have two white ones and then three white ones. Oh, no, we have two. One's white, one's green, and one cubby, and then three white ones to the side of it. And Junior's very nice when he's on camera. And the next scene, we have Walt getting ready for his treatment. And uh, he's talking to Junior in Seattle. He's all doped up, totally wrecked. 
Like he's so, uh, he just gets his, you know, some straight narcotics and he can't even get his glasses off. Cielo says, hey, where's your cell phone? And he says, which one of the two? Which one of two, he says. And Cielo's pissed. Un mes después, I think. And then we have Walt and uh, Dak and Walt's got to go to all of a sudden. It's uh, months later. Oh, un mes después, a month later. Uh, my Spanish is getting better there. I noticed it. And they're talking results, going back to work. Then we're at the airport with Juana's dad. He's talking with some dude who's like a co-worker wondering how he's doing. And then we realize they're air traffic controllers. And then we have CLO. She's with the baby. She's packing a suitcase. And she says, they're arguing. She says, dos cellulare. And then Walt tries to lie. And Cielo's hurt and is like, you and Marcella? And Cielo makes this very long speech. And then she leaves. Walt chases after her to the door. And she's taking a taxi. And then we have uh, Juana's dad at work. And he works for like one of these... uh like teddy bear gram things, it turns out. So he he works for these planes that parachute teddy bears down to people. Like you know, he says, well, he just get a message there, and he says, Walt's down. Beep 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 beep. Uh, Walt's down. Walter Blanco. Uh, his wife left because he's a pathological liar, and you know, but he needs a teddy teddy bear gram. And Juan's dad says, well, okay, let me cross check here on my radar. Okay, we got GPS fix on Walt. Boom. He drops a beautiful uh, pink bear down to Walt. And that's the end of the episode. Walt says, oh, it's like a teddy bear from heaven. Oh, boy, am I lucky. And then the episode closes. All right, so we're talking about season two, episode three of Breaking Bad, ABQ. And the first image we see is a dripping hose and a hummingbird feeder. A wind chime that's kind of like has a spinning element to it. Maybe it's not even a wind chime, just a spinner. And then we see the pink teddy bear with the tongue out. We see new, you know, traffic copters and the episode opens. And then after a little while, we see Walt on the phone with the baby. Uh... Second phone question mark is what I put in pocket. Oh, yeah. So his second phone, he takes it out of the pocket of his sweatpants. And, I mean, I had a big problem with that, Walt. Because it's like, uh, okay, anyone knows, you you can put anything in the pocket of sweatpants, it's going to fall out. And most people have experienced, like, losing your wallet or your phone or your keys because you say, geez, these sweatpants are so comfortable. And then you sit there, you say, man, and then, and this is a natural human face for a lot of people. Now, I don't know if this is only an American thing. So let me know if other countries, if other countries, you know, I think this was, uh, I think it was the same woman that did the, uh, Elizabeth, uh, that did the uh, stages of grief. She did the stages of uh, clothing. It wasn't as big. And I don't know the stages of clothing, but uh, I think Maslow might have Maslow. But uh, uh, sweatpants is one of the stages, and it could be in any part of your life, but you go through your sweatpants phase. And I think the post, you know, postmodern view, I don't even know what postmodern means, but 
is, uh, you know, the, you could wear your sweat. This is only out of the house, you know, in sweatpants wearing inside the house. But at some point you go through that phase and then you learn, oh, these are so good. But there's a reason people don't wear sweatpants everywhere because everything falls out of the pockets. And if you're trying to find a, you know, cell phone, especially a second cell phone, it's a bad idea. But Walt is very caring to Jesse. He says, you know, say, slow down, buddy. Uh, you sit tight. We're going to get you some help uh, for your your, uh, your addiction problems. And then we have our first view of Mike, one of the most, uh, one of my, probably in my top five. I mean, that I think of the second, uh, he'd be number one characters I love. And uh, casting is just... So unbelievable of this, and oh, but Mike shows up. Then I put old Chrysler. Oh, old, it looks like old C R Y S T E R, but a question mark. But I think it was old Chrysler he was driving, or maybe it was a Dodge, but it was a car probably from the 80s, maybe. I don't know. They used to see a lot, and it fits, you know, fits Mike perfectly. And he says, hey, Saul Goodman sent me, and he had sunglasses on, he takes them off, he walks around Jesse's house. He says, you know, he, he, like a, he's a cleaning person, he's there to do some cleaning, he blows up some uh, of those kitchen, purple kitchen gloves, and he gets right to work scrubbing the dishes and stuff, And but he also looks kind of tough and mean, Mike does, you know. And how how lucky are we that we have this uh, uh, show Better Call Saul so we get more of Odenkirk and Mike. Uh, but he says, hey, what's going on in your house? You know, here's how we're going to get you into rehab. But first, you know, I, I need to go through some things for you. And he said, you know, this is the first cleaning and the house is free. But after this, it's, you know, a two-hour biweekly minimum. And Jesse says, I'm sorry. And he says, do I need to state the obvious and then he, and I think maybe because Mike, uh, I, I, I think I don't know enough about Mike to say that, but I was saying he can relate to Jesse maybe, but he says, hang tough. You're in the home stretch, you know, once you stop using, in my opinion, uh, maybe, I don't know, that's my projection onto it, but. And then the next thing up is uh, breakfast, and Walt has a choice of milks, which I was surprised about. He has 2% milk and skim milk, and I say, well, that's that's idiotic. No offense, Walt. I mean, I always wondered, like, you, you, you should just, it should just be, you know, I don't get it. I say, what are you going to have, 2% You should, If you're going to buy skim milk, just buy whole milk and then mix it. I don't know. I don't know why I find that so irritating. I should probably calm down about the milk. Remember when I went on that half and half, uh, tirade and because someone liked it so much i specifically have avoided finding out what is half and half uh so i still don't know what half and half is half of like i said is it half cream and half water is it half skim milk half cream like what the hell is it half and half of and i just don't know if you go from whole milk is whole milk 100 percent, and then you're down to two percent or is it 2% of the fat in whole milk? I mean, that's two between 2% and 0%. And I don't even think skim's 0%, so it's probably 0.5 or something. You know, just stick with the 2. 
Maybe, I don't know. Uh, you guess I should, we say, geez, Scooter, why do you got to hate on other people's milk choices? You know, keep your bovine-like nose out of there. I say you're probably right about that. But uh, then they argue about Junior. Well, it's like, Junior, get down here. And uh, Skyler's like, it's Flynn. Well, and he says, oh, Flint, get your butt down here. And then, uh, oh, I also put, Walt has a deep mourning voice. He seems like... Well, it has a deep mourning voice. He seemed like tired and hungover. And then we hear, start hearing the money sound, cha-ching or something, cha-ching. And well, Junior's like, hey, get up here. We got uh, $490 in donations. And Skyler can't believe it's for Virginia. All the way to Canada, Vancouver, you Canadians are so lovely. Uh, they even Saul's guy in... Uh, Eastern Europe says, well, most of the, you know, some donations have got to come from those wonderful Canadians. And he's even quoting, hang in there, Walt, good luck, hang in there. And Junior's so happy, and then Scott, Walt's speechless, and Scott says, uh, don't you think a thank you is in order? And Walt's just so bad at faking it, it is awesome. I mean, again, the act, Brian Cranston acts, again, Brian Cranston's acting, when he's doing bad, Walt acting bad is so good. And then he says, uh, oh, thank you, son, it's a big up. And then the next thing rolls in, it's Thunder Bay, Ontario. I'm not kidding, the next donation, which any of us know that have done this podcast, is the home of Paul Schaefer uh, that used to be on the David Letterman show. And it's definitely a shout-out to Paul Schaefer, I'm sure. Or maybe I'm the only one that, you know, had to love when Dave would talk about Thunder Bay to Paul uh, then the next thing is we have uh, Jane's dad's in his car. He gets out. It's like almost uh, post. It's post rain. It seems like, and it's almost winter weather. And then Jesse is there, and the dad's there, and they're talking about. We're talking about Jane's place of birth, and she's Phoenix, which was weird because that was the name of the last episode. And they can, you know, can be a thematic thing. Is Jesse going to rise from the ashes? And then we have a contrast because we have Jesse with that dad, and then we have Skylar and Junior and the money, and they're so happy, you know. And, they're, they're, and then we have Walt on his toilet phone checking in with Jesse. And then next thing you know, we see the wanted sign with a picture of Walt, but then we realize that Hank's got the Walt can. And it's pretty comedic, you know, anytime Hank and uh, Gomez are together, Hank says, you know, he's going to get, we need money for this operation as a chance to help him. These doctors get paid in private islands, so we need the money. You know, biggest donation gets a, a six-pack of Schrader Brow, homebrewed to silky perfection. And then Gomez says, you know, the smallest donation gets two six-packs. And then Hank goes into his assessing the uh, the who is Heisenberg. He talks about Combo. Was he a Nobel laureate perchance? No. He was a wannabe, but he's never been arrested except for stealing a baby Jesus from a Knights of Columbus major, manger. When he was 17, uh, but he, well, it was a Bueller. He goes, anyone Bueller? He goes, he was dealing blue sky. So that's why we wonder. And he goes, he goes, this is a baby Jesus thief. And he's selling blue meth. It doesn't make any sense. And he goes, and now after that, 
After Combo quit the business, there's no Al- left in Albuquerque, no blue mask. And Gomez says, yeah, because we arrested the right guy. And Hank says, no, no, that's not the right guy. He goes, you know what I think? I think this guy got smart. And he goes, uh, he's shipping it out because I've been calling other states and the blue mess popping up outside of uh, New Mexico. And he says, but he lives here and I'm on him. And then we have more money fun with Walt, or with uh, more, I want to say Morgan Flynn and uh, Skyler. And they're like, come on, baby, come on, 2800 bucks, 2800 And then we have Walt with Mike, they're in the car looking for Jesse to kind of do a little mini intervention. And Mike says, hey, you know, this is a, this is a den in iniquity. And, you know, Alameda, or, uh, Albuquerque PD could be here. And Walt says, well, are they here now? He goes, well, I don't see them, but that would be the point. If they're here, they don't want to be seen. And Walt's like, well, I'm going in. And this is the first time that Mike says, Walter. He says, how about you go on home, Walter? Let me handle this. And that'll become something that I love to hear every time he would say, Walter. That after your Breaking Bad ended, you kind of go through, you know, missing Jesse saying Mr. White and missing Mike saying Walter. But then we have Walt find Jesse. He takes Jesse in his arms, and it's a very uh, father-son moment. And Jesse's sad, and, and Walt's holding him and caring for him. And he says, put, put your arms around me. I'm going to take you someplace nice and safe. And he carries him, carries him off to, to, to rehab ultimately. And then we have uh, Jane's dad at her apartment. Uh, there's a picture of a teddy bear and her uh, wrapped up in cosmos, a giant painting behind her bed, which was beautiful. And very, very, very cool. I'd like a giant painting like that anything. Probably wouldn't be good to have a half-naked Jane in the cosmos with a teddy bear, but uh, I don't know. It was really a cool painting. And it was cool how it was different in the Colombian version. But it still had the same size and scope, just different styling. And then we go from that to uh, Walt with his daughter, with Holly. And Junior's in the other room saying, yes, yes, and the dinging's going on. And Walt's carrying, you know, Holly yawns, and Walt's getting passive-aggressively irritated. He says, oh, yeah, Holly, you're tired. I'm tired of this, too. He says, hey, Junior, could you turn down the uh, money sound? And he goes, yeah, it's making us money. He goes, it's disturbing the baby. And then Skyler comes in. She's on the phone with Marie. She's like, you got to be kidding me. And she's like, I'll call you back. She's like, Junior, Flynn, you're going to be in the newspaper. You know, Aunt Marie knows somebody at the paper, and they're going to write an article about you. And they're like, awesome, it's going to be more money for Dad. He's such selfless people. And then we have Hank on the case. He's on the phone with somebody. He's like, okay, this is great. Uh, And he's like, I got some info. And then his boss comes in. He says, hey, uh, Agent Schrader, could I talk to you? He's got a couple business guys with him. He goes, I want you to meet this guy. He's got a hotel. This guy is some, you know, real estate guy. And this is Gustavo Fring of Los Pollos Hermanos. 
And he says, no, 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 please, just Gus. And you, you realize, wow, wow. I mean, the first time this reveal went down, they're like, okay, this show is just keeps taking it to another level of intrigue and brilliance. But Hank says, you guys make some great killer chicken. He says, thank you. And then his boss, boss says, uh, you know, these guys are underwriting the fun run. They're giving them a tour. And he says, what do you do? He's like, well, we cover the Albuquerque offer, office. We cover drug money laundering, you know, imported drugs from Mexico. He goes, I'm in charge of mess, which is a growing problem. And everyone's like, oh, yeah. But he's like, this kind of fun run, this is the kind of outreach that really works. And he says it was no sarcasm or anything. And then they go to leave, and then uh, Gustavo sees the uh, picture of uh, Hank or uh, Walt. He says, oh, boy. And he said, hey, is this one of your agents? Uh, and Hank says, oh, no, no, it's my brother-in-law. He's sick. And he says, really? He goes, well, tell me what's going on. And Hank says, lung cancer. And he says, well, that's a rough one. Let me put some money in there. And he says, no. And he says, no, no, don't worry about it. And then the next scene we have Jesse. He's at a new age, like, serenity spa, like, really high-end, it looks like, rehab. Everyone's in green robes and slippers. And there's music on, and they're inside this heated pool complex. It seemed like it looked like a red onion dome. And Jesse says, I deserve everything, you know, I'm reaping what I sow. Which was, I said, man, I said, I'd love to be there. I said, do you think I could live there? Because I would like to reap that pool and kick him back in a robe and slippers, you know. But he says, you know, this is, you know, I deserve what happened. Wolf's there, visit him, they're talking. And then Wolf says, you know, things are going to be okay, Jesse, just get better. But Jesse goes back to me, he says, what you said in the desert, Walt, he goes, I get what you meant, I deserve whatever happens. So again, Walt has put put so much on Jesse. And then we have Walt going home, there's a newsman at his house, Marie's there. She's dressed to the nine, she's like, we've been calling you. And Walt's like, I thought this was a newspaper story. And Walt's like, what? what's going on? And she's like, well, we thought it would be better for TV. And then the news person's like, everybody on the couch. And Marie's like, Walt, you got to smile, smile. And then I can't read my writing. The something, uh, two, two, two exclamation points. Huh. I don't know that was important. Let me look at the dialogue here. Well, they start asking uh, Junior, like, oh, you didn't want to lose your dad. He's like, no, we love him. And they say, he's a good man, isn't he? And he says, absolutely. Ask anybody. He's a great father, a great teacher. He knows everything there's no about chemistry. He's patient. He's there for you. He does the right thing. And that's how he teaches me to be. And he's like, he's like, he's my, 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 you know, my hero. But the whole time they're doing this, this camera's slowly pulling in on Walt's face, getting closer and closer. And as we get closer, we see his eyes. He does like a couple slow blinks, his mouth's open, and he's almost like shaking a little bit. Uh, especially when he's a good man, he's decent. And then the next one, Walt, Walt it's pre-op, and Walt's like, 
well, here we are. And then they do this family huge hug kiss. And then Walt's all doped up. And he can't take off his glasses. He's drunk, wicked high. And then Skylar says, where's your phone, your cell phone? Did you bring it? And Walt says, which one? And then it's like, dun, dun, dun. And Skylar's face. And even Flynn can see it, but he said, oh, I'm pretty sure you didn't bring it, Mom. And the next thing we see is Walt's goateed face and Skylar and the docs are all talking. Walt's in like a brand new pink wool sweater. And uh, the doctor cuts a couple jokes. This guy's great. But he says, yeah, when are we going to meet the baby? You know, and then... Hey, well, it shows him a picture. He's like, she's beautiful, and I really mean it. This, you know, sometimes I don't. And then they say, how are you doing? Well, it's like, pretty good. And the other doctor's like, well, things are, we, we've got some real time here now. Uh, you could be optimistic. And everyone's like, that's great. And then Skylar, you could see she's distracted the whole time. And she's like, can you go back to work? And Walt's like, well, interesting. He's like, well, not right away. But, uh, and she's like, what about being on his own, independent? And they're like, use your judgment. And Walt even makes a joke because it's uncomfortable. He says, oh, well, one less baby in the house. And then we have Gene's uh, dad returns to work at air, tra- air traffic control. And then we have Walt in the mirror checking out his goatee. And he's like, hey, Skylar, this doesn't look so bad. And she, she's packing a suitcase. He, he's worried about his goatee. And he's got that wonderful sweater on, like I said. And uh, he's like, what are you doing? She's like, I'm going to Hank and Marie's, taking the baby. Marie's getting junior at school. And you got the house to yourself. He's like, what? And she's like, get out, you know, get your stuff and get out of the house. You got the weekend. And he's like, why? And she's like, well, Hank will come help you since you can't do any heavy lifting, but you need to be gone by Monday. And Walt's like, uh, you know, he's like, what, what, what are you talking about? And she's like, you're a liar. And she's like, I know about the cell phones, you know, from pre-surgery. And Walt's like, oh, I was on drugs. And she's like, you told the truth by accident, Walt. And then Walt tries to play her, and she's like, uh, she's like, yeah, you think you have all the answers, but I started thinking about all this behavior, Walt, you know, at least which is the disappearance, you know, that really stressed me out. Uh, Colin trying to find you, you were, you said you were in a fugue state. And she's like, you know, I kind of was put in a position where I had to believe it out of hope. But she's like, now she's like, who would do, lie about such a thing? What, what, what could be wrong with the person that would lie about that? And Walt's like, what do you think, I'm having an affair? And she's like, at first that's what I thought. And he's like, she's like, with who? She's like, Gretchen. And she's like, I knew something was up. And Walt's like, Walt goes off. Oh, no, I'm not having an affair, blah, blah, blah. And she's like, yeah, I know, because I talked to her. She's like, I tracked her down, and she told me they didn't give us a penny, so I don't even know where the money came from. Because they didn't give you any money. And we paid over $100,000 for your treatment. So then I called your mom. She didn't even know you were sick. So now we're missing all those days I dropped you at the airport. 
It's a lie after lie after lie, Wall. Walt, uh, sorry, I didn't mean to call you Wall. And she's like, just just stop lying, just don't say anything. And she's like, if I tell you the truth, would you stay? And she's like, no, whatever it is, I'm afraid to know at this point. And you know, the whole time they're getting closer and she gets in the car when she says that and she's gone. And then we have Walt standing there with his perfectly plaid sweater. And then they, they, they say it's kind of like present drops, like I was saying, the bear... He gets a teddy bear, Graham, and says, here you go, well, here's a pink teddy bear for you to cuddle with with your pink sweater. Or more of a coral sweater. I love, like, wool sweaters like that. They look good. You see, When you see someone and you're like, man, you look sharp in that thing. And then Walt has a little teddy bear poo, and that was the end of the episode. All right, so it's time for uh, our Red Pen language learning run-through. Uh, which we've been doing together for the past few weeks. Seems like it's working good. So, uh, vamos means come on or let's go. El Buelo, V-U-E-L-O. I think that's the name of the episode, The Fly. Uh, Respire, breathe. Hey, take a breath. Profundo, deep or profound. Uh, Calmase, Scooter, when you do the podcast, sometimes you need to calmase, calm down. Hey, yo se lo prometo. I promise to try. To Kalmase, yo se lo prometo. In cargo, who in charge? Who's in charge of your brain anyway, Scooter? Well, I'll tell you what, you, uh, you seen any of those sci-fi movies? Uh, I say uh, Entremos. Let's go in my brain and find out what you say. Okay, uh, donde esta? Where is it? Well, I don't think this was a word on the show, but I think cabeza. It's in my cabeza. Donde esta? Where it is. Uh, historia would say, history would say, uh, repeat that, could you repeat that? Uh, I'm pretty sure my brain's inside my head. Uh, desperte, uh, that didn't translate. Uh, Otrevez, could you say it again? Didn't you already ask me that? Did you say that again? Otrevez, are we going to do this right now? We're going to do, uh, Otrevez, yeah, we're going to do it again. Uh, the same kind of joke, the same, again, ah, never, no, no, not a mass, nothing else, uh, you know, kills like the, uh, the old who's on first, uh, uh, really, uh, tranquilo, I think tranquilo means chill out too, uh, involucre, involucre, uh, involucre, uh, involved, how involved are you with your brain? Uh, Abogado, let me ask my brain attorney. Uh, do you have any questions for your, my brain attorney? He's the expert on my brain. Yes, brain attorney, do you have a statement about Scooter's brain? I uh, see. Uh, yo nunca estuve aquí. Will that tra- okay, could you translate that for Scooter? Hey, Scooter, no offense, but I was never here. Yo nunca a stuve key has never here in your brain. Uh, well, that seems hacia uh, trust. That seems backwards. I paid you to be my brain attorney. Uh, recta fi- final, uh, recta final. Uh, that's the final final stretch between us. And oh, my my brain attorney left. Uh, yo bajo el and low and behold, uh, yo bajo and low. I don't know what behold is, but my brain attorney has left the building. Uh, Benga, anyone want to come and be my brain attorney? 
Kafeway, what was uh, the job description for your brain attorney? Uh, well, be someone that could, you know, more of a brain uh, organizing, uh, more of a brain management, brain manager. Uh, also, I noted here to interrupt this little soliloquy. Uh, when Cielo's look, uh, uh, when she says begin at breakfast, she just has this look. It was great. And then I also noticed that uh, uh, Juana's dad uses his headset. He's a safe driver. And I was like, is that a problem in other countries? So I don't know how much time this will take. We'll have time to look that up. But interests me. Are only Americans crashing into people because they're on their stupid phones? Or is it, a, is it a worldwide problem? And, you know, it's a question that needs to be asked, I guess. Uh, Benga, c- come with me back to my brain, you know, back to the story at hand. Okay, Kafeway, what was, Kafeway, what was I saying? Well, I think you were going to go say something weird, like, escrito. It is written, escrito, uh, mensai, that the message, uh, uh, that the message out of your brain, uh, his uh, Trenta Milmas, 30,000 or more words of nonsense for every sensible word. Uh, Trenta Milmas, you say, really not like more like just Trenta Mas, like 30 words for every sensible word? I uh, know, sir, we've been tracking it. Our numbers are bueno simplemente, simply good. Wow, we should open up a data business or a data business and we'll just call it a bueno simplemente. Our data is uh, simply good, simple data. You know, that's, doesn't that sound like a good idea? Kiera uh, Saber, como estaba? He wanted to know how was uh, his prospects of starting a data business, a man who has no business even saying data or data. You know what I say, buena gente, gente bocillo, pocket good people. That's how you start a company. You pocket good people, bueno gente bocillo. And by, that's a, and by the way, so coming back here, that's the phrase of the week, pocket good people. You know, uh, startups, uh, you know, they, that's what they do. They buena gente bocillo, they pocket good people. Uh, what about uh, una cosita done plata? You know, give us a little money. What do you say? You give Walt a little money. You know, help me start up a better, uh, what do you call it, balance between one and 30,000 bad ideas and maybe just get down to one in a thousand. Well, uh, pregunta es también viene. A question that also comes up when you say stuff like that is, uh, well, anytime you do that, Scooter, tenemos, we have a problem usually. Oh, really? Digame, tell me. Tell me more. Digame mas. Tell me more. Okay, Pinto. So the first step is usually we try to extricate ourselves from scooter-related businesses. Uh, then Pongole, we put limits on you approaching our business. Uh, after that, we usually uh, Rastar, Rast, Rear, Low. We put a trace on everything you do to avoid you. Uh, you know what I say, Dolly, do it, man. It's not, no skin off of me. Okay, de eso se trata de, that is it. We're, we're done. We're going to steal your data idea, actually, Scooter. And we're going to open a business. De, simple data, simply good. 
Well, so as long as you don't get that guy from uh, Nate Silver, well, we already hired him, Scooter. You told us to pocket good people. Oh, boy, I thought I was going to get into business. Well, okay, well, okay, no lace beyond. They cannot see them. Uh, you know what they say, graffiti toto espectador. Uh, graffiti every spectator, you know. Uh, es un trador, he's a traitor. Es un cobarde, he's a coward. Sounds like you're introducing me to go on stage. Uh, Sakar, you're not a big draw. Sakar, you're not a big draw, so I don't know. Uh, Poya say, lean in. That's what, uh, uh, Cheryl Sandberg, Cheryl Sandberg's book was about. Uh, lean in. I think, or was it? Yeah, I think that's who wrote that. Uh, Mierme, look at me. You know, there's nothing I do that's pensado, thought out. And if I think it out, that usually is when it goes worse. Cuando fe la ultima vez. Uh, when was the last time? Uh, when was the last time? Uh, nunca. Uh, when was it? Que la viste vestida de amarillo. When was the last time you saw her dressed in yellow? You know what I say? Es un azul agua marina. Uh, just like the mess, es un azul agua marina. It's as blue as seawater. Uh, sin escote, does it show too much of the uh, clavicle? No, no, it does not. Ah, uh, par, paresca. Paresca, pa, ah, pare, eh, ska. Ah, uh, seems uh, you're barely getting better. Okay, dar, better than uh, staying and, you know, okay, dar, just staying. Uh, Rudio, though, sometimes the noise coming out of your mouth, the volumen could be reduced, the volume. Uh, How about this one? Does this seem like a proper translation? Camp Anita, that translates to Tinkerbell. Camp Anita, Tinkerbell in a proper noun. Okay, Despacio, slowly, uh... Kunto, uh, how much? Que uh, chimba, uh, that's awesome. Que becano, that's just wicked awesome. Uh, momacito, give me a moment. Uh, me goose, digo me goose. Uh, that was one of my favorite momacitos in the episode when you went away. Henry was so happy, he said, goose, okay, goose. It was, it was literally cute, he said, okay, goose. He just said it so... I mean, I guess he was a celebrity talking to Henry. So Henry was like, okay, Goose. I know you should rewatch it. I didn't write down the timestamp. And also before that was Walt's fake wow, which was also pretty awesome. When he said, wow, uh, Junior, great job. After Junior said, que chimba, que bacano. But anyway, uh, let me tell you, déjeme decirle que las mejoras. It's the best, uh, let me tell you, it's the best chicken I've ever had. Uh, have visto a mi vida. I saw my life flash before me when I ate that chicken. Uh, las tienen sus pollos. The chickens have their uh, patrocinar. The chickens have the, the, who they'd like to sponsor. It's not you, Scooter. Well, I guess the indica, that, that indicates I've insulted them, which we've been through this. I've never insulted a chicken. Uh, gold pace. I've taken a lot of gold pace hits for this, that I don't like chickens. 
I don't like squawking. I don't like clucking. Uh, it's been it become a whole saga, you know, saga. And I, I want to tell people, uh, saga, save the uh, uh, chicken protests. Uh, oh no, Gudar, save the chicken protests for the saga. You know, they all come out and they say they start protesting me. But I say, just because I love morning doves doesn't mean I dislike chickens. And I would say there's no reason Los Lados to choose the sides, you know, Los Lados. Let's not be pro-chicken or anti-chicken. Just because I said I didn't like chickens, maybe. But it's muy rara, muy rare, very rare, muy rara. And, you know, here's my job. It's dormirlo, dormirlo to put you to sleep. Dormirlo, that's what I do here, is the podcast to put you to sleep. You know, I want to get you all relajado, relajado, maybe relaxed, maybe that could be my performing name. Ladies and gentlemen, the, uh, from the creaky side of dulcet, relajado, when, you know, and then I could start singing, but I won't sing. Uh, but probably that would be go back to my old ways where I was having gafas and gafas, glasses and glasses of drinks. And you would say, Qual de las dos? Which of the two lives would you prefer, Scooter? The life of Ray Lajado, uh, imaginary life throwing down drinks, or the man, you know, despised by chickens everywhere? Qual de las dos? Which of the two would you uh, choose? Well, okay. Dolores, I can see the pains in each choice. And you could say to me, Mejor dicho, what would you rather do? Mejor dicho, rather, you know, live as a star, Ray Lajado, or, uh, you know, uh, the man who's, who's chicken scorn, which we don't even have. Uh, well, uh, uh, let me think, uh, Bayan, before I go away, I got to tell you, Santo, I feel, I'm using the I statement, chickens, not a you statement, I feel, it's chickens, Siente, I feel when chickens dislike me, that I should maybe pensamos, you know, give it some thought and say, well, have I done anything to hurt the chickens? Uh, maybe I need to recogare, collect my thoughts, uh, Look at my past and say, have I wronged any chickens? And then say, donde fue eso? Where was that that I hurt the chickens? Uh, where was that? And can I superado? Can I overcome that harming of chicken feelings? And say, siento, I feel sorry, uh, siento. And most people would just say, tan raro. This is uh, so, so weird listening to you talk like this, uh, tan raro. And I'd say, why does it translate Tan Raro uh, rare and weird sometimes? I don't know. But, you know, when you go on this podcast uh, and I try to dormir low, it's a little bit of an aventura, a adventure of uh, strangeness of uh, Tan Raro. And some of you may even be saying, poor Dios, oh my God, this is Scooter's a loon. And I would say, I'm here, I'm an NM Pagado, I'm, pay, I'm paid out. In, in, in sleeping dreams. Sacaste, you got me uh, here to dormirlo you, uh, to dorm, you know, to, I guess, uh, to, to sleep.
Okay, good night. I want to say good night and thank you to some people, so all of you. I want to say good night, Joseph H., Sophie, good night, Elise, good night, James, good night, Ben, good night, Melanie, good night, Alexandra, good night. Thank you for all your emails. Overflying with the little sleepy birds of Twitter, I want to thank Emma, Nuclear Testa, or Nuclear Testa, Sarah M, Melanie W, good night, Justin S, Jake W, Rachel B, good night. You know, Rachel B, I always saw in your profile picture you were wearing a, uh, uh, what do they call those things? It's not a motorboard. Whatever you wear when you graduate, uh, I don't know what that hat's called, you know, a graduation hat. But you were wearing, I, I said, let me double check that, but it's a propeller hat. Which is not that it, a propeller hat's actually more useful than a, like they should give you propeller hats for graduation that work. Uh, even if just for the fan, to, fan you know, because it's always hot at graduations, it seems. Anyway, Mary Go, good night. Our own Nancy, good night. Our Jill RM, good night. Kaylin, Kyler, good night. Vatten, good night. Good night, Janelle. Good night, Goat Goddess. Facebook, good night to Brian H., Corinne F., KJ and Jim. Tabitha, good night, Tyler. Good night. Agnes, good night. Roberto Blanco Diablo, good night. Good night, Nancy. Good night, Amy. Rachel, good night. Mickey P, good night. Libby and Duke the Uke, good night. You know, don't 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 sleep on top of Duke the Uke, because uh, uh, we don't we don't we don't want to tweak Duke's uh, uh, whatever they call it frets. YouTube, good night to Contagious Cure, Holly SVN. Good night, Cool Tiger and Lenners, Ashley and LSF eighteen thirty eight Beloit. And Sean D, good night. iTunes reviews. I want to say good night to some. If you want to do an iTunes review, sleep with me podcast.com slash iTunes. I want to say good, good night to Jessica's brain bot. 8881. That's a very 888. from Jessica. Amazing stories. It feels like I'm right there. Nestled between Drake and Scooter McSnooze and a soaring eagle. We're on our way to battle, fallen starlets, starlets, and we're inadvertently insulted. I think this is what's happening. I don't know. I was half asleep. That's how well it works. Thank you. Uh, J-A-O-9420-0013. That is a serious brain bite you got there. Helps with insomnia. Just starting a review, but falling asleep. Thanks, J-A-O. Like a strange drug from Crankasaur. Crankasaur. Uh, they don't know what they did before the podcast. Oh, wait, they did. Staring in the bed at walls. In bed, staring at the walls. Now we put them to sleep in like five minutes. And the podcast helps them even in the middle of the night. They rarely wake up and they love their boyfriend. Well, I love you too, Crankasaur. Just don't, you know, be a cranky dinosaur around me. Uh, NC4MeCS, NC4MeCS, I think that's something I should be able to say, but I, I don't know, NC4Me, North Carolina for me, CS, 
but they say is life changing, true, dramatic. What do they they said, well, what do you got to lose? Why not try this podcast? And here's what they've lost: sleepless nights. Well, thank you, NC, for me. I want to thank you all the way from Australia, Angel, 1946. Who says it actually works? They can sleep. Years of sleep troubles and a new stressful job. Oh, boy. But but our little boar boar sister here, asleep within 30 minutes. And they said, great, thank you, thank you, thank you for thanking me, and I say thank you. And then Remaking Eden from the UK says, strange and sleepy, give it 10 minutes and see what happens. Well, that's great advice. It's like you're remaking Eden in the world of reviews. Thank you. And that's it. Thank you so much for, for all your reviews, all your support, all your emails. Thank you. Oh, thank you also. I just got a home. Uh, thank you for someone who sent me 500 Spanish verbs. A book. It was no note or anything. What a nice surprise. Good night. Hey, are you up all night tossing, turning, mind racing? Trouble getting to sleep? Trouble falling asleep? Well, welcome. This is Sleep With Me, the podcast that's here to put you to sleep. We do it with a bedtime story. All you need to do is get in bed, turn out the lights and press play. I'm going to do the rest. And you may be asking yourself, wait, wait, where am I? If, if you've never been here before, that's a good question. Or if you've been here, you're someone friendly told you about finding You say, what's the rest? What is this? Well, here's what I'm going to do. Here's my offer. Uh, I'm going to create a safe place where you can set aside whatever's been keeping you up at night, whether it's a racing brain... You know, stuff going, physical pain, emotional rigmaroles, uh, agitation, and people misusing the word rigmarole. You know, failed attempts at playing whack a mole. Any of the any any of your mole based uh, aggravations, or non mole based aggravations, that as soon as you lie down, they they start to compete for your attention, and you find yourself in bed. And you just can't get to sleep. I'm going to try to distract you from all those things. That's what the safe place is. So I'm going to tell you, first I'm going to go on a long, uh, boring, meandering introduction where I explain how the podcast works. Then it's going to be trending trending Tuesdays. And I'll tell you a little boring uh, bedtime story, part boring, part part pointless, uh, part lulling, soothing, and, uh, you know, distracting. It'll take, you know, take plenty of turns. And it'll be all those things, but it'll also be a complete bedtime story. So just in case you can't sleep, it'll be mildly amusing and entertaining. And the main thing is to, to take your mind off of whatever's been keeping you up. But to take your mind off in a lighthearted way, in a friendly way, the, the, be, the best way I know how, is to say, hey, I'm your boyfriend. I'm your boar bro, your boar cuz, your boar fam. You know, heck, you could even call me your boar in law. No, no legal, no, nothing legally even implied other than the use of in law. You say, well, I didn't even know you were married. How'd you get yourself a boar in law? They say, well, you just download, you just press play. That's it. You got yourself a boar cuz. And the role of me as your boar fam, or you could just call me your boar attorney. Bo- 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 
uh, your Borister, maybe, instead of Barrister, I'll be your Borister. Hey, you could just call me Boris, you know, if you're, uh, if you're the kind of person that, uh, fantasizes about being some sort of, uh, Eastern European cooperative, you, you know, and you can't sleep, so you call in your old Boris. Uh, and what I do as your, as your Borister is a, you know, short, short of it is I give you the lulls. And what that means is I tell a little story. If it was if it was an actual physical service, this way it's just a digital service. But if it's a physical service, you know, you'd get tucked in in bed and everything. You'd have all the privacy and physical, emotional boundaries that you would need. And, you know, no knocking even needed. You'd just be getting to bed. Next thing you know, you're... you're, you're uh, Trying to think of a word like uh, consultant, borsultant. That kind of sounds more like a dish you'd have in Eastern Europe. And I tell you, I love Eastern Europe. But you say, geez, yeah, it comes with a side of borsultant. Well, what is that? I don't know. It's a preserved preserved side dish. It's very good, very hearty. Uh, But as your boyfriend, I'll come over. You'll be getting in bed either you, you, you. by yourself or you and your spouse or you and your partner or you and your little snuggle buddy, whoever it is, your guest, whatever it is, or maybe it's just three pillows uh, that you've named. If you're, you know, if you're like, not like me, your pillows may be unnamed, but it could be anything. Yes, one of my pillows is named Doris, by the way, it is. Hey, maybe I'll name one Boris now. Let's see. But you know what pillow is? You third pillow? I used to call you Lumpy. That was just a nickname. Your your real name's Boris. And then the pillow probably asked me about his paternity. What am I going to meet? You know, now that I know my name. Maybe she's okay. We just found out what tonight episode is going to be about. The pillow without a name. So that that sometimes this happens. But what's gonna happen is I'm gonna tell a story in uh but okay, physically if I was to come to your house, imaginatively physically, because if I, if you really wanted I do offer uh one on one bedtime stories starting at the, the meager price of a hundred thousand uh, dollars per session. Uh no one has yet taken me up on it. Except for someone who's a, whose name was Doctor Doom, and he said it was all expenses paid. He, he said, "Please send me ne- pictures of your neck." And then I said, "No, no, no, block." You know, I blocked him on social media, and I call, I tried to call the super friend's phone number, but it turns out it's disconnected. And then I asked some people, and they, they said, "There's no such thing as a super friends." And I said, well, that's no good because Dr. Doom's asking for pictures of my neck. And it went like that. And then they said, you know, it was the DMV. But I figured, like, I thought the Super Friends would be under a place like the DMV, you know, a hideout or a justice. You know, what better place? But anyway, if your boyfriend was to come over, this is kind of stuff that happened. You'd snuggle in bed. You'd, you know, you'd say, geez, what do you got in that thermos, boyfriend? And I'd say something steeped in a potpourri of sleepy time smells. And then I would crack my thermos and a misty steam would rise across the room. And just like sugar plums that dance in the heads of children at the holiday times, 
You know, you'd, you'd, you'd be weaving a cinnamony, chestnutty, chamomile And you say, what is that? Is that a tea tree oil? And I'd say, well, I think they call it melaleuca, maybe, but it is, you know, I, I don't know. And I say, yep, yeah, 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 that's that's some frankincense. Believe it or not, I, I've steeped some frankincense finally. And you know, you see, then then I would take a sip, and I would say, then I would just start talking. And that's what happens on the podcast. Now I tell a little story, but at any moment, you know, I want you to feel the safe place. I want you to feel the security that I'll be here talking. But there is no. This isn't a two-way agreement. You press start. But then you just fall asleep whenever you want. You're under no obligation to listen to me. You're under no obligation to understand me. You're under no obligation to remember anything I've said. You just and you're you know you don't have to. You just kick back. And ideally, your boyfriend just give, gives out the lulls. And you you as we've talked about here, we talk about a, what do we call it? Reflective listening. And at some point, your brain might even get wise. Say, this guy's talking nonsense. Let's turn on the old reflective listening. And for those of you that have never been here before, the way for reflective listening works is, is unfortunately, you know, like a lot of your other brain parts, your eardrums, they never shut off. And just like your whole life, you're told, well, you should, it should be easy to fall asleep. But full day, if you've had a full day's work of honest living, you should be able to sleep soundly. And that was a guy that it, he was he he did time after he made that statement at a white collar prison and a, and a, and a, and a whatever the a, de, a denim collar prison too. Well, you know these all these people say, "Geez, why can't you sleep? You, you got some guilty, you know." And you say, "No, we got I got nothing, you know." Well, now I have guilty. Should I be guilty about any of my thoughts? You say, well, "I was already having trouble sleeping, man." And you believe it or not, I forgot the point I was going to make. I got distracted by that. But you're under no obligation to feel like you owe me any listening. Oh, that's it. You you know, everyone says uh, you got to do more, uh, r- r- whatever it's called, regenerative re- listening. How come they don't have that? Regenerative, they got regenerative breaking. Like they should have some regenerative listening. That's the next step of uh, active listening. That's another book title. Uh, if if I have an attorney out there willing to listen to all the minuscule parts of this podcast, pro bono, and write them down, anything that I could maybe use one day, I think regenerative listening will be in my, one of my books. And you'd say, Scooter, could you at least regenerate? I can't pronounce it correctly, uh, Barrister. Regener- regenerative listening. And they'd say, and they'd say, okay, can you explain to me again what it means? And I said, well, it's not for bedtime; it's for daytime. It's like active listening plus ten. And one day I'll think of the method, okay. But for now, I don't want you to worry about active listening. I don't want you to worry about regenerative listening. I don't even want you to worry about passive listening. I want you to to, to partake in a little something called reflective listening. Where your eardrums just reflect the sound of my voice. And at some point, the words go from words connected to each other to words, to word-like sounds, to vibrations bouncing off your eardrums. And your brain's not even taking the time 
uh, to transit. It says, well, we don't need it. You know, let's keep all the secretions and the enzymes right in here in the, uh, wherever the, uh, you know, duct factor seven or whatever, the calcula. And we don't need to be broadcasting because this is scooter. The forefront, we just reflect the sound waves. You know, we got everything covered in the mechanical section of the year, but you guys in the uh, synapse, synapse department, you know, just kick back and relax, take the night off, help soothe the rest of the brain. And, and that's how the podcast works. You just kick back, let my, you know, listen. You say, well, he's, he's mildly amusing. That's it. That's ideally what I'm looking for. You say, well, yeah, a boar friend is suiting because, you know, I would. And, and I like how you're digitally here because I probably would keep you on the porch, you know, to be honest. And I'd say that's where I belong, on the old swing with the lemonade. Maybe we could, you know, maybe that's the image you could use. I'll have a tin can going under the front door and ending right on your nice sand. And my voice is coming through there. And I'm swinging back and forth, just chit-chattering away, talking about, you know, a cambium and looking at the leaves and the trees and saying bark and then saying, remember my friend Barky? Oh, Barky. And then maybe I'll go and I'll say, well, it's time for a pillow-based story. Uh, so that's how the podcast works. I'm going to send my voice across the deep, dark night. I'm going to do my best to escort you across the threshold from waking to sleep, if I can. And that's what I want to do, you know, take your mind off everything, whether it's body, whether it's feelings, whether it's thoughts, whether it's all of the above. Uh, why do I do it? Because I've been there many, many times, and, and I've heard it from everybody the next day. Well, why are you so tired? Can't sleep. Well, why can't you sleep? Uh, because I, because I think about trying to fall asleep too much. Why don't you stop thinking about going to sleep? Uh, can you just leave my cubicle, please, so I can just sit here in misery? And so that's reason one. Reason two, I don't know why I happen to be good at this. I have some theories. And one is I enjoy being your boyfriend. I enjoy telling meandering stories. I enjoy being mildly amusing. And I enjoy being there for you, even if it's only digitally, even if only if I can send my voice across the deep, dark night uh, via headphone and podcast. I enjoy the challenge, the attempt to, to lull and dull you to sleep, okay? And I'm glad you're here, and I really hope I help you fall asleep. And I appreciate you uh, coming by. Thanks. Uh, it's trending Twitter Tuesday. I believe it or not, I, I bit the bullet and I bought uh, the, uh, what is this one called? A Tweetbot, which was on sale. A uh, Tweetbot, which was on sale for, uh, what do you call it? Uh, I think it was on sale for four ninety nine. It's a Twitter app. Well, we can use it to, uh, well, hopefully we can browse the trends worldwide. Do we want, let's see, do we have a choice? Oh, we could do worldwide trends. Well, let's do that. Why not? All right, so we're going to take a picture of worldwide trends, and we're going to check the uh, the Silvertone hashtag here. S-I-L-V-E-R-T-O-N-E, right? I had some story ideas. Okay, well, did we take a screenshot? Okay, sorry, folks. I'm, uh, well, it doesn't matter. They don't need to hear you rumbling on like a loon. Oh, thanks for the support. Thanks, thanks a lot. That means a lot to me.
behind the desk because you are alone. Okay, so we have one, two, three. Okay, so here's here's what we got. We got one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten uh, trends here on Tweetbot. And so uh, we will, uh, let's get down to business, all right? And I was just talking earlier about my pillows. Now, I have three pillows I sleep with at night. Uh, one is named Doris and one is named Lumpy. And one pillow had no name. And recently I discovered that uh, Lumpy's real name is Boris. And a lot of people say, well, okay, well, why Doris? And I say, well, do, I, okay, first off, I don't name them. I don't name the pillows. And uh, if you're, you know, if you're, if you're, you know, if you're saying this is weird, okay, Scoot, uh, give it to us uh, straight. I tell you, there's a council of pillow naming. And I think it's best if I, if I just, uh, you know, I tell you from what I've learned from my pillows, because me and Boris, it wasn't it wasn't just as easy. It was it wasn't an introduction. It wasn't just like I found out Boris's name. That's a whole nother story. But there's a council that names pillows. And as soon as Boris was named, he said, she said, like to me, well, where am I from? Who's my family? Who am I named after? And again, if, if I can advise you or if I ever have a sponsor that sells pillows, no talking pillows. Don't don't get like if you can ha- not have t- pillows imbued with uh, well, sent- sentient pillows, don't get them. And I'm pretty sure this was this kid with the magic beans uh, th- that sold them to me because I said, man, where the hell? And I said, well, that's where we'll start, Boris. And then the other pillow without the other name said, uh, well, hey, what, what the hell about me? And I said, I'm sorry, were, were you, I was talking to Boris and, and Doris. And he said, no, no, I'm just kidding. I love you the best. That's why you don't have a name. You know, I, I, I said, uh, well, I said, never mind. I was going to say I made up Doris's name because I did. Because look at her. She looks like a Doris. It was easy. Right, Doris? Oh, Doris is asleep. Never mind. So, well, okay, why don't you come along? Hey, hey, I was just telling Boris here that I think we should track down the kid with the magic beans because he's the one who, who where, how I acquired the three of you lovely pillows. So, come on, let's walk down this trail. First, we go through this armoire. And I say, well, okay, yeah, I know you've never seen the armoire before. It's... uh. It's 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 a spectral uh, armoire. It comes and it goes. And then you yeah, see we're on this road here. As soon as we step through the armoire, normally if I said I think because I have forty dollars in my pocket, the kid, I'm pretty sure the kid with the magic beans controls the. Uh, like they talk about a sales funnel, and I think this is his sales funnel. They funnel me, like when I have money. Now, if I have $4 in my pocket, I don't, like, I try to go through the armoire, and I just end up uh, end up in, in the armoire, which actually is a good way to, you know, and then I don't spend any money, and I have a great time. Like, sometimes I'll have an armoire dance party, and you can really get what, you know, you can really try out new moves in an armoire when no one can see you. I mean, usually I'll bump my head a few times, which isn't great, but, you know, what are you going to do? Uh, what was that, Boris? Oh, good question. Boris was asking, what, what is the council that names pillows? 
Well, as far as I know, Boris, you know, what I was looking up on the Internet recently, uh, and these, all these sites got shut down. And but but it was is the H I A it was H I A C. Uh, wait, hold on. I see you see that uh, that hay person. That's hay balutage, and you, it was just a hay balutage, hay hey balutage. No, you're supposed to say it, Boris, and you nameless pillow. Uh, so so it's hay balutage. It's a hay, it's a, it's a hay, when, when people made of hay, like when you say they, their first name's always hay, uh, mashed together with their name, and that's hay balutage. It's only person, but hay, cre- I don't know, is it a hay creature? Hey, hey balutage, how you doing today? Lovely day, isn't it? It is, yeah. I was wondering if you know where the boy that sells the magic beans uh, oh, have I saved up enough money to buy a magic beans? No, no, no. Because he says he wants 500 bucks for it. Anytime you get close, I'll be honest, hey, Balutage. I've been, oh, hey, Balutage. This is, uh, or, hey, hey, Balutage. This, these are my pillows, uh, Boris. Have you met, met Boris? And, uh, this, this pillow doesn't have a name yet. Yeah, I mean, he, you don't care, do you? Yeah, he does care, I guess. I didn't think he cared. Sorry. But hey, Balutaj, so these are my pillows. We're running a little bit of a pillow, a little pillow mission. But not, you know, not the kind you're thinking of with your, I I know, I know you hay-based creatures. You like to make hay, you know, make hay when the sun's shining. Oh, I'm sorry. That's the people that reap you. Oh, those are the most evil people in the world of hay. Farmers, you, I didn't realize you, you, oh, in this world, I, I get mixed up. I, I have way too many cultural biases from my own world. Listen, Baluta, hey, Balute, uh, hey, Balutej. Yeah, sorry, my, my tongue's going numb. Uh, all the hay, I got hay fever. Believe it or not, I'm allergic to hay. Oh, that's a cultural pun. Yeah, actually, I am. My grandfather was a farmer. Anyway, we got to go. Good to see you. Oh, do you, where, do you, where is the boy with the uh, the magic beans? Oh, up at the beanstalk. Oh, great. But anyway, guys, that was able to uh, nice, nice enough. But anyway, like I was telling you guys, it's H I A C. I'm not sure what it what it stands for because there's no M P or no M in there, no P. Uh, so I don't know. I could, you know, take some guesses while we walk. You see down there, uh, down the hill, and we're gonna go around that bend to that lush area. You know, that's a uh, what do they call that? A like where it must be a underground stream because we don't see any surface water. But see that whole stretch of green running through this these rolling hills. Yeah, we're going to head down there. I think that's called a gully, but I'm not positive. But H-I-C, what could it stand for? The hidden, no, H-I-H-I-A-C Council. American Council. I don't know if it's American, though. International uh, Blank Council. Okay, so we got two of them, probably. What do you guys think, Boris? What do you think? You like it? 
uh, nameless. Uh, yeah, I guess I don't talk to you a lot, huh? Um, what do you guys think about my head? You think I, should, I was going to get my hair cut, and then I, it causes, you know, I get too stressed out about it, so I didn't, I've been avoiding it. And shaving, because, it, so, yeah, I look a bit, is it, do you guys like it better when my head is buzzed, or when I have my full fur? And what about my beard? Do you find my beard itchy? Because it's like, I, I don't know, I, I, I'm a post, I'm at the post-stitch stage now. And I, I don't really do any beard crafting, you know. I think some people nowadays are beard crafters. Yeah, I just like how that sounds, a beard crafter. That word, that's a nice combination of words, beard crafter. Uh, yeah, I am buying time, Boris, until I think of the other two letters. Uh, so, the, anyway, what, is there a word like name? Uh, that starts with A or H. It's like appropriation. I think there is a name, like a word, appellation, right? There we go. So H-I-A-C, International Appellation Council. I think appellation, A-P-E, they they say that when when you, with wine, they say, oh, what's the appellation or something? I bet you the first letter's household. I don't know why I didn't think of that. The household, International Appalachian Council. That must be who names pillows. That is a very bureaucratic name, don't you guys think? Okay, so yeah, we're going to go through here. And believe it or not, and, and I don't, holy cow, um, uh, to get through this, uh, to get to the where the, uh, the boys of the beans is, we get to go through brambles. So, yeah, see these green brambles? It's kind of like the uh, the armoire. I guess it's like a dual-layer place, but, it, you know, it scratches you, unfortunately. Why don't you guys get under my shirt, the two of you, and I'll just tuck you in under here, put you both under there. And then I'll go backwards, and I'll, you know, I protect you. I sleep, you know, I sleep with you, you two every night, you two and Doris. Hey, Boris, never mind, I don't want to know. If if pillows uh, have relationships or relations, just please don't ever tell me, okay? Can we just agree uh, to, to me, since I'm protecting you from these brambles I'm, I'm, I'm going through now, uh, could we just agree... Uh, to go to to say that pillows uh, do something like what the hell is it when they split like a paramecium or you could do some sort of budding uh, like your uh, non-sexual beings because there's just something about you know it's uh, it's weird enough uh, that I talk to you and I don't think that you know and I say I wonder how Boris is doing Boris seemed to be extra lumpy. And that's what I used to, that's why I called you Lumpy Boris. But I always say, you know, the, when we, I got to tell you guys about this kid with the magic beans. Because you might have got um, uh, mixed up, uh, like, with the kid. There was, like, a fairy tale that maybe I told you guys about, uh, about the kid. And the beans, Jack and the Beanstalk, right? He, he had, this kid is a musician, with magic beans, and his beans are inside of a shaker, uh, and 
So it's not the same kid, but he's, he always said, I say, man, that is the best sound in shaker. And he always says, it's not a shaker, it's a blank. And I say, okay. And then I never remember again. I say, Maraca. And then he, 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 we just don't get along because he always is charging me. Like, do you guys ever want to, did you guys ever want to know? Well, two things about this kid. One, he's obsessed with becoming a European music star. So I think we could probably use that. I've been meaning to use it against him. He says, one day I'm going to be on the MTV and EMAs. You know, they, that show always goes against TWD, you know. So, oh, so anyway, uh, what was I telling you? Oh, so the first time I met this kid, okay, so we're through the brambles. Uh, to be honest, it's a little easier carrying you guys under my shirt. No, you don't want to stay under my shirt. Okay, let me pull you guys out. I wonder, I, I guess it'd be interesting if anyone else can hear you guys talk. Well, now you're not saying anything. Uh, but this kid, so I met him one time and he he said he, the, one of the first times I, I had $40. Actually, this time it was $80. And I was, it was one of the first times I went through this particular armoire and ended up in this particular world. And then someone said, uh, I think it was like a, a, a product placement. So they said, hey, I, this kid was so happy. He was skipping down the road, skipping to the loo. And he looked like this. He had this look of joy, joy in his face. Like he was like if Laurel and Hardy had a baby. I don't know. I've never seen anyone happier. And he even stopped. And he had saddle shoes on. That's why something about that reminds me of Laurel and Hardy. I don't know. I just wonder why they call them saddle shoes. Are those, those are probably out right now. I think they were in, I think they're in, in like the, uh, uh, what's that, subco, like people that are into 50s stuff. Hey, maybe not so. Uh, saddle shoes, you know, you say, oh, you should, you should, that, that person has saddle shoes. And I never, I never inquired what it meant. They, they were like black and white shoes, right, guys? Okay, you don't, I guess you pillows don't wear shoes. Oh boy, I never got that memo. But so this kid, he, 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 he said, I said, why are you so happy? He said, well, there's a big sale inside the bramble bush. And I said, I said, what? what? And he said, 60% off. And I said, oh my goodness, like anything over 50%. And I'm just a sucker. I'll buy anything. You know, you put anything on 51% and up sale. And then the kid said, actually, it's a 51% off sale. It was 60% earlier today, but it's going up every, you better hurry. He said, because it goes up to, and I ran through the bramble bush. I got so cut, so scraped uh, by the brambles. And then I got through there, and it, it was this kid, and he was playing music, and he, he had a musical store uh, where everything sang, uh, everything that worked, I, I guess it was more like the uh, fixtures sang, and he sang, and he said, you know, he said, why are you here? You know, he was singing to me, and I said, oh, God, nice to meet you. And he, but he was just singing, and I said, I'm looking, is, is the sale still on? 
And then he stopped. He said, okay, yeah, the sale's still on, sir. Because uh, you look like you need some pillows. And I said, pillows, hey? I said, uh, like bed, bed, bed pillows? And I, he said, I said, yeah. And he said, I have three fresh pillows, uh, fresh from the clouds of uh, Amador or something. And I said, really? And I said, I said, how do you know they're from Amador? And what what is Amador? And he says, the cloud field up uh, up up the uh, up, up the beanstalk I have. And I said, I said, are you related to Jack and the beanstalk? He said, no, I purchased the beanstalk from Jack. And he, I said, is the giant? I said, is the giant still live up there? And he said, he said, he goes, what is what 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 do you need to know? And I said, well, that was awkward. I was just asking. I said, you brought up the beanstalk. Uh, the first thing I think of is the beanstalk, uh, the goose with the golden legs. You know, golden eggs, I mean, you don't, you don't need to look at me like that. I'm the customer, remember? But I said, I said, and he said, do you, he goes, are you here for the pillows or not? Because he goes, they're about to go only to 50% off. And I said, well, tell me, and he said, they're fresh, the last three pillows of this season, he said, plucked from the cloud fields of uh, Amador. And I said, so are they cloud pillows? And he said, they're, they're cloud-formed pillows. And I said, does that mean they have a lot of water vapor? And he just laughed heartily, and he shaked his bean thing, his bean being musical instrument. And I said, is it, and I said, I don't know, does it start with a C? I don't know. Uh, the instrument, but that's a whole nother. And, uh, then I said, then we made a deal. I said, okay, there's 51% off. I said, how much are these pillows normally? And he said, well, how much do you have with you today? And then I said, and then he showed me the pillows and I saw Doris and I saw you, Boris, and you, other pillow, uh, I feel so, uh, I feel so neglectful just calling you other pillow. And then I bought you guys. I mean, more or less, I kind of felt like I ripped off, to be honest. And he didn't tell me you guys were talking pillows or that you had personalities or that you guys like would spend all night doing my hair in embarrassing ways. And, you know, that you guys, other, you know, the whole, all the fun we've had every single night when, I, you know, that you get. But, but anyway, I, I thought I was just getting regular cloud-based pillows for 51% off. And I said, wouldn't it be a ripe, isn't a ripe pillow? Well, I guess you don't want to, I said, are you sure a fresh pillow is good? I don't want a ripe pillow because, you know, I don't want to ripe anything except for maybe a ripe avocado. And I said, I said, I don't, I said, is there a culture that eats pillows? And he said, yeah, the, the, the pillow devourers. And I, I said, do I have to worry? I said, do I have to worry about that? When I, he said, oh, no, no, they won't bother you. I said, okay, okay. I said, give me a three pillow. Give me three, you got three left, huh? And I said, what's the resale on a pillow? And he looked at me like, if you, you know, I guess I've asked that in other stores too. And I guess, the, no offense, guys, but the resale on all of you was uh, zero. And maybe that's because you've been around my head too long. 
But, you know, we, we went back and forth, and he said, to, he said to $40. And I said, well, that's how much I have. And so, oh, here we are, though, guys. So here we are at the Beanstalk. And it looks like uh, he's not here. Let me see if I could get into his uh, Wi-Fi, because I don't have any service here. Let's see what this network is. It's a TWDN6NAFOX. He said, what do, you, what do you guys think the password is? You think I can get into that network? Uh, TWE6NA5, that's not the password. All right, because I was, was going to look up uh, what's up to Beanstalk. But why don't we go up there? You guys should uh, get under my shirt again. I'll tuck it in. And I'll climb this beanstalk. Here we go, climbing the beanstalk. And as we climb the beanstalk, you know, do you guys remember, uh, uh, wait a second, there's somebody sitting on that beanstalk. It looks like a, a Newton, uh, but he's, uh, he, what is he? Uh, hello, hello, sir, you you look like Sir Isaac Newton. Oh, it's a Cam New, a Newton Cam, Cam Newton? Oh, take your picture with Sir Isaac Newton. Root to tootin. What does that mean? Oh, you sell uh, refreshments. Hey, right, we might as well take our picture with Sir Isaac Newton. Are you really Sir Isaac Newton? No. Okay, how much is the uh, cider? Four dollars. Holy moly. All right, well, we'll have, I'll have a cider. Do you have any pill- drinks for pillow? Actually, I don't want my pillows drinking anything. I never took the time to feel, well, oh, this is Sir Isaac Newton, this is my pillow, Boris, and this is my other pillow. Yeah, we're kind of trying to, we're, we're on a paternity quest and maybe a name quest. So, you, is this your own, oh, no, you work for the bean, the kid with the magic beans? Are you a musician? No, okay. Is there some sort of, is like a theme park up there or something? You you shrugged. All right, so let's just keep climbing here. That was that's some good cider, though. That wasn't bad at all. That was tasty. Uh, but yeah, so that was a, that was weird. And we're almost to the top here. There's some people in a suit uh, waiting for us. Two people with uh, clipboards. Hello, hello. Uh, you guys look like some kind of lawyers or something. How, what, you're from Jordan and Matthews, and uh, what is this? Uh, a uh, a release of liability. Do you know where the uh, pillow fields of Amador are? Oh, just beyond, uh, just beyond the. Uh, I'm sorry, just beyond the uh, admission gate. You mean I got to pay pay to get in? Oh, jeez. Okay, so you guys stand up here and greet everybody. What am I signing here as I sign without looking? Don't worry about it. Yeah, that's what they, I got a feeling I'm going to regret this. Okay, well, uh, let's just head straight to that admission gate there. Okay, let me see how much money I have. Do you guys think, do you, do you pillows carry any money? Why don't you stay under my shirt so we can get in and we'll have to pay one admission. Uh, hello, sir. Uh, one admission, please. Uh, do I have any pillows on me? Uh, yeah. Oh, return to homeland fee. What is that? Oh, yeah, this is, actually we are on a pillow, an homage to, to return to the pillow homeland Oh, there's a fee for that? Does it? Oh, for the pillow. 
a memorial. Okay, do you take cards? Oh, you do. Oh, I was hoping you wouldn't. Okay. Wow, that's kind of expensive. Do we get a bro? Oh, we do get a brochure. Do you, you don't have a, a like, a, what do you call it? Like a, some sort of thing where we could, oh, you, uh, what's your name? Josh. Josh, that's a great name. You, you look a bit, a bit like Norman Bates, Josh. Oh, why are you weeping now? Okay, well, never mind. Forget I said it. Um, uh, maybe it's more of a, you're more of a Norman Lear. Norman Lear would be up here. You know, that's a Lear, you know, Lear. Someone with a name like Lear, you'd think they'd be in the clouds. So if I was trying to find out a history, like, a, do you have like a field of names, like a field of dreams? Wait, I'm sorry, did you say Juju, Jujui? Juju, Jujui? Or did you, oh, you sneezed. I thought you said Jujui. Oh, you were saying Jujui while you sneezed. Okay, well, we'll just go in and, uh, oh, I'll take that brochure. Oh, no, I got to leave it. I was supposed to remember. Oh. Okay, we're going to head it. And, and, and here we are in the cook. Okay, there's nothing here. Yep, they close the entrance gate behind us, and there's nothing here but fields, empty fields of clouds. Uh, you couldn't get any more boring than this. He, and he said Jujui. Did you guys hear when he said Jujui? Did that make any sense to you at all? No? Okay, well, let's take a look here. As, um, I'm going to just start sticking my hands into the clouds, and like almost like a potato field, you know? You guys don't know. You've never seen a potato field? I don't think I have either. I've imagined it, though. And I'm pretty sure, you know, you just uh, there's just uh, potatoes in the dirt, maybe. And, uh, well, geez, here's a little, well, I don't know if that's a uh, couch pillow. I better put that back. Uh, hopefully I didn't detach it. Hey, guys, do you know, are you tubers, you know? Are pillows tubers? Yeah, you, I think you are. I think you guys are tubers. That's a plus, huh? And you could say you're a root vegetable. Inedible root vegetable. I think all root vegetables are almost inedible. Uh, but that's just my opinion. I, I, I don't know. I have an extra sensitivity to root, rooty stuff. You know, I say, oh, that's a little rooty. Wait a second. Holy mackerel, you are a rooty. R-U-D-Y, Rudy. I think that's your name. What do you think? Rudy. Rudy, Doris, and Boris. It fits you, doesn't it? I said, that's strange, huh? Do you prefer Rudy over Tuber? What about Tubes? That's kind of, that's a weird nickname. I guess if you were more of a cartoon pillow, like, you'd be like, dude, if you were like that, I'd call you Tubes. Yeah, my pillow's always pulling tubes, man. They call them tubes. But I guess that probably nickname doesn't apply anymore because of the vapor stuff, huh? Yeah, well, whatever, man. Um, So Rudy, Boris, I think we probably should figure out, uh, I think this is your birthplace. So I guess I don't have to worry about you guys procreating because... uh. Uh, let's see, let's go a little deeper. This is, uh, interesting. Uh, I'm starting to sink knee-deep into this. And I'm seeing that it doesn't seem, it seems like the pillow, wait, here comes a giant pillow bounding, bounding across the clouds. It's a giant pillow. Uh, hello? 
I guess you do. Maybe you guys don't talk. Maybe you guys communicate by thought. Is that how I hear you? Because you're so close to my head. Because it feels like that pillow, giant pillow, is communicating. I'm up on my head closer to it. Hello. Oh, your name's Peñalosa. Okay, nice to meet you. You need our help. Okay, well, we're just going to go. We're trying to, we figured these guys wanted to see where they are from, return to the homeland, pay the homeland fee. And, uh, you know, we just want to have a look around and get this guy named Rudy. This is Peñalosa. Uh, what was your name again? Oh, Boris, this is Peñalosa. Yeah, I'll be honest, I'm trying to get out of the cloud-based uh, adventure business, uh, Peñalosa. Oh, there's a, there's a, something with the giants returned. Oh, you need to be returned to the giant. You're the giant's pillow. Does the kid with the magic beans have to do with this? He does. Okay, well... Well then, Peñalosa the Pillow, that is a nice pillow name. Boris the Pillow, not bad, and Rudy the Pillow, not, not equally, not worse than Boris. Doris the Pillow's good. Peñalosa the Pillow, that is beautiful. Well, I'll tell you what, Peñalosa, let's all lie down here. What do you think about Peñalosa? Could we uh, snuggle on you and use you as a bed? Because we're, I'm a little tired. I, I, uh, I'll be honest, I got scraped by those brambles. And then we could help you find the giant. What is the, the, the conflict here? Because this 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 adventure we had today was almost conflict free, which is okay. It was a, it was a nice little jaunt we had into your world. Okay, well, uh, yeah, we'll lie down here on Peñalosa's belly. Is this your belly? Oh, you don't you don't you you don't know uh, about your anatomy. Well, that could be bad because because do you guys excrete? Oh God, I never thought about if pillows excreted anything. Please tell me you just off gas when I'm not around. Okay, anyway, Peñalosa, the pillow. So, oh, the boy with the magic beans is trying to get more money out of the giant. Every time I ask you about the giant, everyone gets all silence. Oh, you don't want to talk. Is the giant a good guy or a bad guy? You don't want to talk. Okay, well, let's just rest here on you, Peñalosa. And rest our little heady poos and breathe and get comfortable. And we're all me, Boris. I wonder how Doris, how do you guys think Doris is doing? Should we FaceTime her? Oh, she's having a party? In my bed. Ooh. With who or whom? You don't know. Great. Thanks, Rudy. Uh, was this uh, a scam by her to get me out of the house? Partially. What do you guys get out of it? And please don't say a relationship with Doris. Okay, well, let's get some rest here. Maybe next time we can help uh, Peñalosa the pillow. Ah, so nice as we drift gently away. Good night. All right, good night and thank you. Good night, Rachel. Good night, Brandon. Mary, good night. Jennifer D, good night. Lida, good night. Good night, Mumble Bear and Alexandra. You guys have a good night. 
Babs, good night. Ingrid, good night. Uh, Jake, good night. Sorry I didn't get any periscopes in, Jake. One day, hopefully, I'll get more. It's just hard with the periscopes and the, my schedule. But one day, I'll get some, I'll get some opening, and we'll get the periscopes going again. Good night, though. Good night, Dana. Good night, Damon D on the back of good night. Bob, good night. Brandon, good night. Uh, Joseph, good night. Over on YouTube, F Harrar Harrar Uh Good night and Holly. Good night. Uh, I want to say thank you for the iTunes reviews and good night to Sergeant Weirdo. If I forgot to say good night to you, good night. Yeah, part of their bedtime ritual. Christy Double O Two. That's wow. You're better than James Bond Double O Seven. Christy's Double O Two. Ba-da, ba-da, go to sleep. Thank you for your review. Do-do-do-do. She usually doesn't. I can't do it. I wanted to read it to the James Bond, but thank you, uh, Christy, for your no struggle sleep. It just happened. Uh, who knew Pearl Azumi? Uh, Pearl Azumi knew when they happened upon the podcast. They listened for fun, and it was free, and they works. And they giggle as they fall asleep. Also, another therapist, and they can recommend it to other people. That's great. Thank you, Pearl. Or Pearl, P-U-R-L. I have no idea how to put Pearl. Uh, someone who can sleep now says it works perfectly. Thank you. You can sleep now. Da- dad bug. Uh, this is a long one. I'm going to read it, though, to lull you off. Podcast is fun, tender, and original. The host has a wonderfully droll, calm, drifting style. Uh, connects random words, thoughts, and dots. Uh, and he's not bad. I'm, I'm paraphrasing, of course. Uh, the affection for his audience is palpable. As this is odd uh, uh, talents. Uh, talents for oddness. I might, uh, I might take it. See, well, I'm more talented. Talented. Uh, talent, I guess you got me. Favorite parts of the first 15 minutes of funniest. Oh, thank you. Introductory rambling says to take your mind off of stuff. Lures you in with Breaking Bad, Julie Andrews, Bastel Projection with Julie Garland. The middles of where things get boring and that's when they fall asleep, Dad Bug. Unfortunately, Dad Bug doesn't get to the end, but that's that's okay. Uh, and then we have uh, Lots of Z's by K.C. Harrier. K.C. Harrier. Kansas City, a Harrier, a bird in Kansas City took the time to write us a review. Thank you. Uh, it does put you, does what it says, put you to sleep. Stop wandering your mind and go to sleep. Good night. And then we have a nice review from Redneck Gooner. Good night, Redneck Gooner. Was a skeptic until they listened and then it knocks them out. And they also use it for naps. Thank you, Redneck Gooner. So Redneck Gooner was a skeptic. This next person still is. James. Says he's missing the hype train. He tried one episode, then wrote us a bad review. Listened to two more, wrote another one, or updated his review. And he does his stuttering, repetitive explanation of what the podcast would tell annoyed him. And then he, obviously, if he's going to listen again, he was doomed to be more annoyed, which he was. I'm sorry, James. You did miss the hype train. Uh, one problem: there's no hype in this. But this this is a, this podcast like the opposite of hype. It's like uh, not even hoop. I don't even know if any 
H word is a go with this podcast or haranguing no her or not hurry for sure. We're not the hype train, we're the dull train. The lull train. The train sounds the rocking we're the rocking of the train. But not the rocking in the bedroom cars, we're the general rocking. Oh well in the bedroom cars where people are, you know, I guess you can't say if this train's rocking, don't come and knocking, because the train is rocking all the time. Wouldn't be indi- indicate, in, you know, indicate that you were. So yeah, no hype on this train. I don't know that there is any hype. Just some people listen to podcasts and put some sleep. Some people don't like, it, and that's okay, James. Uh, all right, and that's it with the, the reviews. Thank you so much, and good night. Hey, are you up all night tossing, turning, mind racing, trouble getting to sleep, trouble falling asleep? Well, welcome. This is Sleep With Me, the podcast that's here to put you to sleep. We do as a bedtime story. All you need to do is get in bed, turn out the lights and press play. I'm going to do the rest. And what does the rest mean? Well, I'm going to create a safe place where you can set aside whatever is running through your brain. Whatever your body is reacting to or just, you know, doing on its own, whatever feelings are bubbling up or, you know, you know, trying to say, you know, whatever it is when you you just crawl into bed, you just settle down and then all of a sudden the, the chatter explodes or, you know, some sort of version of that. I'm going to try to take your mind off all that. I'm going to try to distract you. In a way that's uh, just boring enough that you really, you'll say, well, she's like, I can fall asleep to this. But just engaging enough that all that chatter in your brain will be like, okay, wait, what's this guy talking about? Because I'm going to be talking about metastasis, uh, the Colombian version of Breaking Bad. Then I'll be talking about Breaking Bad, the corresponding episode. Then I'll do a third run through where I attempt to learn some Spanish language words. And somehow have an inability not to sell stuff in silly stories. So somehow they've been getting made into silly stories too. But I'm going to do all that to take... So here's the theory. I haven't presented this theory in a while. I don't have any footnotes. I don't have any annotations about this. So I guess it's a circumstantial, you know, information. But what I hear from the old brain, you know, the brain scientist is that uh, you can't think of two things at once. Or, you know, that is that is kind of hard to do so. So if you're listening to me talk about Breaking Bad or try to make a metaphor about what the podcast that I make is about, you know, you won't have, you see, just just kind of focus into what I'm saying. And don't push away all those other thoughts. Don't judge them, all those body feelings. Don't try to tamp them down. Don't. And I understand you, if you have physical pain, emotional pain, uh, mental pain, or all three, or any flare-ups, you know, flare-ups of any kind, you can be resentful of it. It's understandable you're a human being, you know. You say, damn you, shamer, don't shame me again. And then the shamer's like, a, you know, a taekwondo, they say, well, there you go, yelling at the shamer. What a, you know, no one will ever love you. And they say, oh, and then you say, oh boy, there goes my old stomach. 
And then you say, damn you, stomach, you're getting upset. Uh, you know, if that's what, that's actually, I'm not that aggressive at bedtime. But that's an example, you know. I hope you're not lying in bed doing that like a, like a, uh, you know, fist into the heavens. I mean, it might be good to just dec- what are they? Because that decrying when you uh, you damning the gods, ruining the gods, and saying, "Right, gods of the stomach zone, I rule you. I here for heretofore curse your names." But anyway, I'm trying to save you from all that. I'm just saying, hey, you go to your brain parts. I call them brain bots, pain bots. Well, you know, X, X bots. And I say, well, those, those sound pretty sweet. You got any of those for Christmas? Well, I do. Uh, I, not, not, I do not have X bots. And I can almost guarantee there's some, you know, wise billionaire who probably already owns the rights to use the term X bots. X bots, uh, annoyances at bedtime. This next Christmas, available to irritate you, but your child will can also play with them. Or you could do actually maybe that is a good Christmas. We'll donate them to each other, or you give them to kids. Here's what here's what I propose. This is a metaphor for what my podcast does with boredom, uh, lulling, soothing tones, pointless meanders, kind-hearted gesture. Uh, mild amusement, mild uh, humor, humor-like jokes, joke-like, you, you know, I'd say more of a femur than a humor, but, you know, and somebody say, was that a, a anatomy joke? Anyway, back to this toy metaphor. With this, now stick with me here for four minutes. You know, this maybe you'll fall asleep. But here's and maybe this makes like my maybe my podcast is like this. But we're gonna take all of your little like we'll say, hey, little internal shamer. We're gonna, you know, you you do such a good job shaming the hell out of me, making me wish I had the inability to cry, which my emotional you know detacher says, oh boy, we'll never learn anything unless we can. They say, are you, do, do you have low self-esteem, emotional detacher? Well, that's why I detach from all our emotions. Well, anyway, guys, I want to talk to you, too. You're my beta testers. I'm making you guys into action figures because you're so action-oriented. I mean, I know emotional detacher, you like to lie down with my, you know, internal depressants team. They're going to be a team, too, you know, just like in my inside my mind. Because for some reason, whoever designed, you know, whatever architect of doom designed my emotional makeup gave me a whole depressant team instead of just one. Anyway, I decided to make you guys into uh, action figures. Go ahead with your question. Will... It change your roles. Well, no, to make your roles more important because you'll be packaged in uh, packaging. And we'll probably, you know, seal shame. We'll probably seal shaman, we'll call you. Steel shaman. Instead of the shame, instead of the internal shamer, we're going to call you the steel shaman. We're going to make up some backstory about you. You know, it'll probably be culturally insensitive. But you don't care. I mean, you're so busy shaming me. You don't got time. But we'll make a backstory about you. You'll have some secret weapons. 
and we're going to give you his out as a Christmas gift to spread, you know, spread the shame around. And because and, you guys are so so important, and then you, uh, internal detach, emotional detachment. I haven't thought of a name, you know, uh, yeah, detachment doesn't that doesn't go straight into a good nickname like Steel Shamer does. Steel Shaman, we called him, right? But I'm thinking, you know, that your job is to, you you fix my emotions by detaching from them, right? Kind of okay. Well, usually, I remember the G.I. Joe, sometimes there'd be a guy with a pretty name that you thought was lame, but is really cool. So what about Latch? You know, kind of like detachment, but kind of like you're in a repair role. You know, that was like a G.I. Joe guy that got to stay at base the whole time. Anyway, say, where's Latch? Well, he's the mechanic. He's in the, you know, uh, the, the, the G.I. Joe mechanic's place that no one buys even though it was awesome, and all the kids that did buy it now make $250,000 a year fixing cars because they didn't go and get a heap load of debt. And who's talking right now? I thought I was talking, but now all of a sudden one of my uh, neuroses just took over. Neurosi. The, 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 uh, something. Okay, I got you. Lady Neurosi. So we're going to make you guys into toys. Next Christmas, we're going to package you up and give them away to kids. And then the kids will play with you all the time. And don't worry, you can come back in my brain. You know, we have a unbreakable, permanent connection. So you, you all can come back when you want. But, but we'll have you doing stuff with the kids during the day. And they'll play with you. They won't know, you know, the, how good a job you do at permanently damaging me. Uh, in good, you know, with all your good intentions. So, okay, so what is that? You guys like that idea? You do. How many secret weapons will you have? As many, maybe we'll even put a bonus pack in there. You you guys are ready to go work on your backstories. Can you get on that right now? Lady Neurosi. It it just almost writes itself, but you could probably do a better job. All right, I'll talk to you guys later. I'm going to get back to this human for a minute. So that's kind of how the podcast works in a little bit less grandiose, less, you know, I won't have to make a deal with, you know, Mattel or whoever else runs the toy game now. And someone just texted me that George Lucas already has the rights to those toys somehow. He said, geez, I don't even know. I asked him for his autograph one time. And he said, I'm, I think he was, he said, I'm Dan Deardorff or something. Oh, not even Dan. Dan Deardorff passed away. It was another guy, football guy. I said, are you sure you're not George Lucas? But at some point he got the rights to those toys. But anyway, not important. So this podcast will be like that. I'll be trying to distract them the whole time with stories. Or I'll be talking about Game of Thrones. But you'll kind of be like... Like right now, you're kind of like, well, okay, I could see my, um, you know, all this uh, stuff that keeps me up at night. I could see them as action figures. You know, the ankle mangler, for anybody that has a constant ankle pain, you know, okay, is a, uh, the ankle mangler, and, you know, Dr. Funkenstein, the dancing, you know, mad scientist. So there you go. See, easy stuff, uh. But I'm going to do it with Breaking Bad tonight instead of toys.
but, 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 but that's how the podcast works. I try to take your mind off of stuff. I try to take your the rest of your stuff, you know, get that in the here for its attention. There's no, you know, you, you go to sleep whenever you want. No pressure to stay awake. No pressure to do anything. Just kick back, listen to me. And it's, you say, she's okay, I could stick with And then hopefully at some point you'll just nod off. Because you'll be, at some point I hope to, 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 to reach my hand across the deep dark night and escort you to sleep. Because part of you is going to be like, is Scooter serious about all this? I think there's part of him that's serious about selling these things as toys. And then part of you will be like that dream. But be like, I don't know if he is serious. I, say, I think he's ankle mangler. The old ankle mangler. And then hopefully you just drift off into dreamland from there. So I'm glad you're here. If this is your first couple times here, yes, the podcast is out of the ordinary. And yes, strange stuff comes up like this all the time. But the main thing is I'm glad you're here, and I hope I help you fall asleep. If not, uh, I hope I didn't use up too much of your time. But thanks for stopping by. All right, so we're talking uh, episode 21 of Metastasis, No Moss, No More. And it starts out with a farm with chickens, and there's two guys crawling. Is that how it starts? Oh yeah, there's there's two guys crawling, and it opens the entry. You say, "What are the? Why are these guys crawling?" And they weren't under any duress or anything. They were just crawling along. And then these twins show up. I guess my notes aren't as de- detailed as I saw, but I think they show up in a car. They get out, and it's these two twins. And we'll probably talk about it more later. But I I said, "What?" And then they get out of the car. They crawl. And then they go to Alter. I think it was Alter to Santa Muerte. And they put up a simple picture of Heisenberg. And then the episode opens. And then it starts with a news report. Waltz of the house. They're interviewing the pink bear. And they say, they're talking about, you know, these award-winning pink bear. You know, this, this bear shooting they ended up calling it. And they said, we thought it was Teddy Grahams. And he says, no, I'm a bear shooter. I'm showering love on down. But then we see a shot with a teacup, newspapers, men's pants. And we see, Jesus, this is where Walt's living in a little bit of disarray. Then we're at Walt's school. There's a memorial going on. And Walt seems to be getting a little sick or sad of the kids going on and on sharing. Because we know how Walt can be convicted. We know Walt can get conflicted around feelings. And then Carmen's there. She says, Walt, do you want to say a few words? And I noticed I thought this was going to get uh, spoken to, but there was a couple girls in front playing with their flowers because all the kids had carnations. And if I was there, if I was the teacher, I would say, you need, I said, can you stop playing with those flowers, please? They're, they're memorial flowers, one. Two, you know, I think one of them, she was rubbing on her face or picking it. I said, that's incredibly distracting. Just to stop with the fly. Meanwhile, if I was a kid, I would have been eating the flower up in the back. 
As a matter of fact, I think I did it, you know, because I said, geez, I heard a rumor once that the carnations are white and they just get sit and die and that's how they change colors. So I think I, a couple of times I tried, you know, did, I had some theories and I said, this Mother's Day or, you know, next carnation worthy event, I'm going to prove, you know, test these serums out. So I would have been testing some dye, but, you know, see, when she's, well, my teeth turn the color of this. Uh, carnation of a chew on the carnation. Now, luckily, these girls were just innocently playing with flowers. Not like that. They weren't doing any tests. So I was the only one that found it distracting, I guess. But Walt talks about, you know, a little bit of gratitude for their situation. He says, let's put this in perspective. But he, he, he puts it too much in perspective where he, he, put, but he says, well, we should have gratitude you know, and, and everyone says, well, can't you be in the present, Walt? Well, I said that because I was, you know, projecting on Walt. And the next scene is Walt in his backyard. He's in a bathrobe and he's just dropping matches in his little pond, his little above ground pond. And then he says, you know, with these matches, he says, I'm going to get rid of these, uh, this money. It's never brought me any happiness. I'm going to burn it. So he starts to burn the money. Then he changes his mind. He throws the money in the pond. And then he gets really good heat. He says, oh, no. And then he's using a little kid. He finds a little kid's, like, wheelbarrow. Like the kind that about a, a toddler would play with. Like, and say, look, Mommy, Daddy, I'm wheelbarrowing. Wheelbarrowing. They always say it like that. I guess, Nick, I don't have, you don't see a lot of kids playing with wheelbarrows. Because that would be cute. Wheelbarrow's a good name for a toddler. To say, I don't name your toddler wheelbarrow just because it's too long. It may be a middle name like Wal- William Wil- Wheelbarrow Wallace. Uh, Walter Wheelbarrow White. Uh, w is a good word for, you know, if that, if that is alliteration, it's good for that. Wheelbarrow. Hey, wheelbarrow, Mama and Baba. I'm playing with my wheelbarrow. And say, oh, it's wheelbarrow, honey, not wheelbarrow. However, Scooter says it. Don't listen to Scooter when he tells you how to pronounce things. Uncle Scooter, do yeah, yeah, just like that kid. You go, yeah, that's how you start sentences. The Scooter method. Oh yeah, wheelbarrow, exactly, perfect. One day you could take over my podcast, wheelbarrow podcast. Maybe, maybe one day, but let me stick, let me get back to my podcast. Okay, we going to play Wheelbarrow Waiter? The way you ask me that, for sure, even if it's imaginary, we will. Wheelbarrow Watts. Whoopee. Uh, so, he uses the little kid's wheelbarrow uh, to put out the fire and just throw the money in the pond. And then I had a question. Cielo's meeting with another woman. I couldn't tell if it was a lawyer or a co-worker at first. But then I quickly determined it was a lawyer or attorney. And they're doing lots of talking about family and situations. Then we go back. Walt's clearing out the pond, all the money. Getting it all out. He finds his teddy bear has lost its eye. Uh, eye. He says, oh, there's my teddy's eye. A little teddy poo. I don't know. We never, maybe he could have named his teddy bear podcast or wheelbarrow. This is my teddy bear. I'm going to snuggle up with my teddy bear podcast. And this gets better for a dog than a teddy bear. You know, 
podcasts the bear. I, probably, mum, I mean, you guess Mumbles, but he didn't name it Mumbles. I don't necessarily picture Mumbles as pink, but, you know, people could. That's fine. But he finds the bear's eyes. Then Henry shows up. He's like, hey, I got some keys for you, Wool. And he's like, this is awkward. You got to toss out of the house and I got to help you move. So Henry says, hey, let me do a lot of talking to uh, defuse this. So he's chattering, chattering. They're packing the Jeep. Henry's talking nonstop. He's like, hey, let me get this bag. Well, it's like, no way, man. This is my bag. And Henry says, no, no, no. Well, you're ill. Let me take it. And it's heavy. And he says, what's in this bag? And Money. Lots of drug money. Something, well, says something like that. And Henry says, you, you egghead, you're hilarious. And then the next thing we have is the twins again. The two twins is in northern Mexico. And they're driving their car. It's like a BMW or, a, you know, luxury sedan. They get out of their car. They do some more praying. Like they had made an offering to Santa Muerte. Now they do some praying. And that's it. And then we have a Jose. Jose Miguel, and he's a, oh, I forgot to look up what this was. Uh, maybe I'll think of it. Oh, I just had it, but uh, maybe it'll come to me. But he's at the rehab. He's spreading stones around like a Zen garden. But it's a, it's a thing. It's not a maze, but it's a thing. labyrinth. He's spreading them around the labyrinth, the walking path labyrinth. Sort of that word. I put the maze or whatever it's called, outdoor share. Oh, then they have an outdoor sharing circle on stumps. That's an in, in, in incidental alliteration. Did you just see that? I just did a uh, sharing circle on stumps. And Jose reluctantly raises his hand and shares. After that, we have Wal- uh, Cielo and Walter Jr., uh, Morgan, Mor- Morgan. And they're starting their new life uh, solo. And Walt calls, he's leaving a message about his new phone number. And Morgan gets on the phone. Morgan gets on the phone. He gets very upset uh, with whatever he's talking about. And then we have Walt in a depressing bachelor pad. And he's he's squeezing mayo out of a tube. And that's when you know you've hit rock bottom. Uh, or if you're like me, you don't. And you, 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 you just keep going through it. But... Like these, these are the places we. And for a while, he's like, uh, he gets a mayo out of a tube on a sandwich. He cuts off the crusts. He gets a text from Pollos, Pollos Hermanos, and he has a grim look on his face. Then Junior roll him and Junior roll up in a cab. Uh, him and Waller in front of the house talking. They're talking about family. Maria's in the house. She's spying on them. And then Junior rolls in. He's all mad. Oh, Morgan. Sorry, Junior. He's he's in studio just making sure I don't mess that up. And uh, he gets really mad at his mom. And Maria does this like little, uh, oh, like something like that. Oh, after. I don't know. It just stuck out to me. And then she tells, uh, she tells uh, Cielo how it is with Papa. So I didn't really understand what they were talking about. And then we have, uh, we see a fire, a contained fire, a campfire, and Jose's there. And they're having a little uh, storytelling or some sort of meeting around the campfire with a counselor, for a rehab counselor. It's a cool fire. It's not a... 
it's uh, like a like a high end kind of for you to have it a high end rehab. It was uh, it was very cool looking. Jose throws a rock in the fire at some point. It kind of steams up. And then the counselor, I don't know what they, but he says, hey, so Jose, how about you share? And then Jose kind of starts to hold court where kids are nodding and he's giving a speech and a long talk and they're going back and forth. And it was interesting. Then we have Walt, with he's holding his bear's eyeball. He's saying, I think he was thinking about, you know, space or chemistry. So he's like, yeah, is this a po I don't know if he's thinking about, you know, wobbling positrons or neutrons or andrinos or whatever. And uh, then he, he he drops it and it rolls under the bed. And I, then he sees, like, oh, this is like a motel room he's in. And there's an the door to Cielo. She's there to talk. And whatever Walt tells Cielo blows her mind. And it seems like when she leaves, she's planning on uh, telling on him or whatever. She's very unhappy. And Walt seems very stuck there. Oh, then Walt picks up Jose at, at his rehab. The guy, the counselor, he's smiling as uh, as they drive up. And Walt brings Jose back, Jose back to his place. And he's like, this place is simple and perfect. I can't read my writing. Something of water. Oh, he's got a pitcher of water on his table, which somehow is more depressing even to me. It's like, but you, can, you don't want to keep that cold, Walt? He's like, no, this is my, you know, this makes a room, this pitcher of water. So, okay. And then Jose and Walt, I put an equal sign. I don't know what that means. Walt equals Jose. Uh, they talk. At the end, there's cool Breaking Bad music. And then we have Walt at Pollos Hermanos. He's talking to Goose, Goose, Gustavo. I mean, it seems like he's sharing. He's like, hey, I got some personal issues. Sorry about this. And Walt tries to assure him. And Goose Goose offers like big bucks. Big bucks, you could tell. And Walt says no. Question mark. I wasn't sure how the, how it ended. Uh, next thing we know, twin, the twins are on the road. Uh, they're going co co cross country. Uh, headed from uh, Mexico to Colombia. And then we're back at the airport now, in a very most important part of the episode. And if anybody's awake, I think you should research this. There was a lot of ladies in red at the airport, as I talked about last time. So this must be some sort of, either they did all the shooting at the airport at one time, and this was a mistake, or there's some sort of Colombian airport service like either tour guides or assistants where women wear what is it? What do they say? Like Amelia Bedelia, but it's not her. It's the other children's story with the French schoolgirl. But these women are in red with a red, like a uh, like cloak and a red hat, uh, and they were all over the airport. I mean, not everywhere. You got to look, but they were there. And then I put ta oh, taxi. The twins are there. They're both wearing Ray Bans. And the taxi. And these guys are interesting looking guys, uh, for sure. And the taxi driver agreed with me. He says, hey, What do you guys like? Mexican rock stars? And they don't talk to the guys. They just don't say anything at all. And the taxi driver's kind of like, whoa, 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 yeah, you're really famous then. And, and then the episode just ends with that. He says, well, I don't mean, I don't think I'm qualified to drive you guys if you're, uh, 
serious rock stars. And they don't say anything. And he says, I guess that's confirmation you are. And the twins say, well, let's just move on without you then. And uh, so everything's a little bit in flux. And we got these new characters. And, and, uh, and that's the end of the episode. All right. So we're talking about season three, episode one, believe it or not. And I think we were about one third of the way through Breaking Bad. And there's a rumor out that uh, there's going to be a little bit of a couple-week delay in Game of Thrones, so we might just get through this whole uh, Breaking Bad, I think. I don't know if that actually is possible, but uh, we'll see. But this episode's no mas, and uh, now good news, this is behind the scenes, but I've got uh, fresh order legal pads in. So for a while, I was constrained by uh, using steno pads because for some reason I was emotionally unable to order uh, legal pads, even though I have no trouble ordering things I don't need from Amazon. So I got the legal pads. The ones I got are a little bit uh, back isn't quite as sturdy as I would like, but they'll be fine. I got a, you know I got a lot of them, so I got plenty. I got a house full of legal pads now. Uh, but let's see, it opens up with golden sky and a gold tinted desert. And we're outside of town. There's people, some people crawling, and they got all sorts of stuff to help them crawl, like uh, shoulder pads and stuff like that, or well, I guess the elbow pads. But other people are just going about their daily business normally. Uh, then a nice Mercedes-Benz comes into town, and the local people take notice. And then we see Boots get out of the car. And at first I thought the guys were twins, but they're not. They start crawling, but they crawl crawl pretty fast. And I didn't Google it, but I think it's like some sort of pentient, uh, is that the right word? Like supplication, supplicants, I think they are. And then he put red... And then I put sh, 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 S-H-R-I-N-E. Oh, shrine, a red shrine, red and pink candles. They make an offering of money and uh, to Santa Muerte, I believe. And then they put up a hand-drawn picture of Heisenberg, uh, uh, Walter. That looks like it was drawn by a kid. It's on loose-leaf paper. And then the show opens. And then we just catch up on the local news, and it's but again great sound design. It's layered, and Walt's catching up on the news. You also see Walt's doing some research because there's a legal pad, there's a big thick red book, and it had lots of page flags in it. So Walt was definitely doing some research. And then Walt goes in the backyard, he lights some matches. He's got a Better Call Saul matchbook. He's down to his last match. He's considering something. And then he see, we see he takes his money, puts it in the grill. We get a point of view from inside the grill with some money's going in. And then Walt starts the money on fire and then changes his mind right away. Uh, and then we see Skylar at the lawyer, a lawyer's office. She's like, I want a quick and easy divorce. And they talk, and the lawyer says at one point, you'd be amazed what I've seen partners hide from one another. And Skyler's like, oh, yeah, you, you, you'd, be, you'd be amazed. You wouldn't believe it. And then we have Walt cleaning this pool of the money he threw in there. 
And he's checking his pool filter. He's like, huh, there's something in the pool filter. And he says, oh, he finds his little bear's eye and some money in the pool filter. I always wonder what those things did. You know, I never have had a pool, but I've gone to a lot of pools. And it's like, geez, I wonder if 99% invisible or something could, I mean, that would be boring. But they'd be like, hey, w- pools, what the hell is this stuff? Uh, 99%. In boring is in boring pools. What the hell is that thing? It's got the little hole. Is that by design to stick your finger in it and pull it out? And that's well designed because you know there's a lot of stepping around pools. But then you say, what's it, what's going on in there? Is that where the chlorine is? And I'm not making. I'm not doing material here. This is the depth of my ignorance. And I had a, a childhood of uh, pool phobia, not of, of, of uh, I don't want to go into phobias, but I, and not of drowning or of swimming. But I, I mean, I had so many different phobias. I mean, if you think I'm neurotic now, you should have seen it all before it blossomed into this neurosis. Uh, the groundwork that had to be laid to make me so strange was, you know, it's vast, the vast fields where the seeds of my strangeness, the wildflowers of my weirdness could be sprinkled, uh, some of which were at a pool. But, you know, I'm just like, what the hell is all that pool stuff? Uh, But then Hank shows up, and he's like, hey, well, you're here to, you know, go back and forth. You know, I know you're having a tough time. And he goes, what a, you know, we were having a Guinness Book of World Records bad few months. And he goes, am I talking too much? Am I right? I don't know. I don't know. I'm uncomfortable. But he goes, what's going on? I'm not asking. You don't got to tell me. I'm just, you know, I don't want to be in the middle of it. And then they get out to the car and Hank really gives the A material. He goes, okay. He goes, you just got to listen. He goes, you, you do a little tactical retreat. You regroup. And he goes, absence makes the heart grow fonder. I'm pulling for you, Hank. I mean, I'm pulling for you, Walt. And then he says, let me get your bags. That's too heavy. And he goes, hey, what's in there? And then Walt gets all, uh, you know, where he goes into this strange place where he's overconfident. He goes, half a million in cash, Hank. And Hank's like, that's the spirit. That's the spirit. (laughs) And then, you know, Walt just gets that weird Heisenberg-y look on his face. Then we have Jesse planting flowers. I don't know if they're geraniums or marigolds or some other flower. They're wearing lime green shirts. There's a waterfall. They're at the pool having a meeting or a discussion. There's a waterfall in the background, not a natural one, but a cool one. Uh, then there's a, the rehab guy asks a trick question. He goes, who's here for self-improvement? Uh, put your hands up. And then he owned, he goes, owned, owned. He goes, that's a mistake. You need self-acceptance, not self-improvement. And I said, I, I said, geez, that, uh, you just lost everybody on that. And right at the end of the scene, Jesse looks up, and it's just, a, if you if you want to rewatch it, it's just a really good look Jesse has at the end, the very end of the scene when he looks up. And then we have breakfast, and it's waffles and bananas. And Walt's leaving a message on the answering machine. At first I thought he redid the message, so I had to rewatch it. Because I thought it was, how you reach Skylar Flynn and Holly? And I said, oh, snap, I got to rewatch that. But then it ended up, I just didn't hear her say Walt. 
But they say, leave a message, and then Flynn wants to get the message. But Skyler says, no, and Walt's like, hey, this is my new number down here at the Beachcomber. It's not as just depressing as you think. He goes, yeah, it's not high-end either, though. It's not as a lap of luxury. And then Flynn gets on, and he's like, no, I'm not okay. I want to know what's going on. This is some BS. And he goes, I don't even care anymore. Just come pick me up. And Skyler's like, no, 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 this is awkward. I'll drive you. He goes, Dad, pick me up. I'm going with Dad. And he says goodbye. And then he kind of walks by Skyler. And then we have a close-up of Walt making a PB&J sandwich. And you can see his detail-oriented nature. He ignores the text from Pollos Hermanos. He cuts the crust off his uh, sandwich. You know, kind of going full circle back to season one. And then we have a whole school assembly here. We're at uh, Columbia. was a little more intimate. This is a big school assembly. Uh, Walt's uncomfortable. Carmen is probably the greatest principal ever. I mean, not only do I have a huge crush on her, but she has this, she goes, she tells the kids, hey, let's keep it secular on these speeches. Keep it secular. You know, public school. And she just seems like very caring to the students and the teachers and together. I mean, she's she's in command. Like, she's truly a principal. Like, she should be, she should have gone, like, you know, instead of going from the Senate or the House to the presidency, she should, should have gone from principal of Albuquerque School to president of the United States, in my opinion. They say it's a fictional character, Scooter. And it was like eight years ago. So, okay, that's even better. It means she's got more experience. And I said, it's fine for 20, whenever the next election is, 2016? Well, no, that's, okay, 2020? Maybe, okay, well, all right. Uh, but they, they, the student six, and she says, hey, well, why don't you say a few words? We're so proud of you. Oh, because Walt makes an outburst under his breath and Carmen catches him. And instead of shaming him, she says, let's bring you into the process. That's how good she is. And then Walt makes this ridiculous speech. You're kind of being thankful for what you have, more or less, and, and you're just going off on a tangent. And then we have, uh, we're back with the two brothers. It's again, a gold, this shots of a golden desert hue. And they stop by somebody's house and they change clothes. They take the clothes from the house to uh, the wash line. And they put clothes on. They leave their suits and their sunglasses. They leave the keys to the car. And there's some big differences between metastasis and uh, Breaking Bad here. Because they don't stop to pray or anything. They just leave their stuff and they leave. Uh, then where we have Walt and Walt Jr. at the house, Walt's windshield's broken. And he says... Uh, uh, well, after I forgot Walt's speech that he made, it kind of had some, t uh, what do you call it, uh, thematic. When he's at school, you know, it gets thematic. Because Walt talks about moving on. That's what people do. They move on. And he says, we'll get past this. Because that's what human beings do. We overcome. We move on. And then he's with Junior. He's like, hey, how's Aunt Marie? Which was strange. And he goes, make sure to say say hi to her. And Flynn says, hey, why don't you come inside at your house? He goes, no. And then Walt breaks, and then Flynn goes inside. 
And Junior kind of they say, "Hey, Flynn, how's tricks? How's what? How's tricks?" And he kind of gives his mom a uh, uh, talking to. He's like, "Why do you got to treat Dad like? Why? What is happening?" And they say, "Calm down." And then he gives this sad, mad look. Oh, and no, I think he gives that to Walt, a sad, mad look goodbye. Yeah, then Marie's spying on them. Then they talk. Walt Jr.'s mad at Mom. Marie's in purple again. And that's a surprise. Uh, the Afghan blanket that I've talked about in the past is on the couch. And then after Walt Jr., Flynn gets mad. Marie, or, uh, yeah, Marie says, uh, out of the mouth of babes. And then Marie has some great acting here. Great passive uh, uh, acting is just so good. She says, uh, you know, try not to hold it against him. I mean, he's just dying of curiosity, Skylar. You know, totally natural for him to wonder what what could have gone wrong. And Skylar's like, Murray, Murray, why'd my, mom, my why'd my dad leave? And then she's like, well, I can't help you if you don't talk to me. What did Walt do? What happened? And Skylar's like, you want to be supportive, don't pry. That would be great. And Marie does this thing. She kind of mutters to us. She goes, prying. Well, that's a, prying's a strong word. And she kind of shakes her head. I just really liked I just really liked the way she did that scene. It was great. Uh, then we're back at the rehab. The guy's talking about everything. He calls on Jesse because the guy's just making a little bit of a, whatever, a speech about uh, you know, tough stuff, but about, you know, happiness and, and he goes, Hey, Jesse, we never hear from you. And he goes, you can say anything. You can even, and Jesse's like, yeah. So what makes you the expert man? He goes, you're telling us, uh, thus and be happy, forgive yourself. He goes, who, who the hell are you? And the guy at the end, he, he kind of talks about his journey and he goes, you know, guilt and, you know, self, you know, being angry at yourself and, and being full of guilt, it only stands in the way. And Jesse says, of what? And he says, true, true change. And then we have Walt looking at his little bear's eye. He loses under the bed. The door knocks. It's Skylar. And they sit down at his little efficiency table. And there's great, a stack of graded papers. There's also some medicine there. In the kitchen on the counter, there was a few bags of fast food. And Skyler passes the divorce papers to Walt. And Walt tries to guilt her. He goes, what are you doing? Why are you punishing me? She says, I'm not punishing you. He goes, this is punitive. We're happily married. And he says, I'm happily married. And he goes, I love you. He's like, I'd do anything for you. And he goes, you just come in here, and he's still, he says, he's worried about Walt, you know. And he goes, you have your side. He haven't, you haven't heard my side. And then I remember seeing this the first time. Holy mackerel. She goes, you're a drug dealer. And she's like, she goes, how could you make that much money? And Walt's just stunned, you know. And Skylar breathes in, a, in like this huff. She goes, yeah, yeah, you know, marijuana or the Pinkman kid. And then she reads Walt. She says, it's worse. She says, coke. And he says, it's meth. 
And he goes, but I'm a manufacturer, not a dealer per se. And her mind is absolutely blown. As you, if you watch the scene, she he literally blows her mind. And she's, she's just something more than devastated and different. But she, he says, no, Skylar, listen, there's angles. It's complicated. And she says, she pulls it as best together as she can. She says, I'm going to make you a deal, Walt. I'm not going to tell Hank or the kids. You know, I won't. But just give me the divorce and leave us alone. And Walt's like, I'm not giving up. And she says, no, I need to get out of here before I lose it. And I mean, I put season opener, explanation, explanation, explanation after that. Because he was just, he's like, you kidding me? This is the season opener, this episode. And then we have Jesse leaving the rehab. He hugs that guy goodbye. They have uh, automatic doors there. Uh, Jesse gets in Walt's car. It's a classic Jesse because he says, uh, Walt's windshield's broken. And Jesse says, your windshield's broken. And Walt says, yeah. And then they go back to Walt's house. They put Cassidy Walt. And Walt says, he has a little friction in the ma- marriage, uh, temporary, a little break. And he says, you're, you're sleeping over here. And this scene, this is another one. For me, this scene meant a lot to me. Uh, just like uh, I related to it in a huge way. And it was so different than what you'd expect someone to say or... I don't know, I love, I, I cherish, cherish the lines that Jesse says at the end of this. But Walt says, don't worry about the money, we're going to get it to you. He goes, how's the rehab, did it help? And Jesse's like, yeah, I'm not going to use anymore. You know, he's going to stay sober. And Walt's like, that's great, that's very good, Jesse. Very good. And all the time, there's the, the shots of Walt, he's lit up by the blinds behind him. And Walt says, you know, hey, I blame the government for everything that's happened, Jesse. And Jesse, oh my gosh. He says, listen, you either run from things or you face them, Mr. White. And Walt said, what does that mean? He goes, I learned it in rehab. It's about accepting who you really are. I accept who I am. And Walt says, and who are you? And Jesse says, I'm the bad guy. And he doesn't say it like that clearly because he's Aaron, uh, Aaron Paul is a wonderful actor, and especially when him and uh, Brian Cranston are sharing the screen. But oh, I, uh, it's just such an unexpected turn. So it makes sense. Oh, my goodness. And then we have Walt at Los Pollos, and uh, Gus sits with him. He says, you know, this starts out with food. You said, maybe, may I please? He says, I think I have an offer that'll interest you. And Walt says, you know, I'm not here for business. I just here because they owe you the courtesy and respect to tell you that personally I'm done. And nothing to do with you. I find you extraordinarily professional. And I love the way you do business. I'm just in the middle of a life change, crossroads. The opposite realization of Jesse, I'm not a bad guy. Yeah, no offense. And Gus, Gus says, I'd like to hear my offer anyway. Well, says, it's not going to change my mind. And he says, $3 million for three months of your time. Three months, then then out. And Walt says, $3 million. And Gus says, well, can I take this as a yes? And Walt says, I have money. He goes, I have more money. I need my family. So the answer is no. 
And then the guy says, all right, enjoy your meal. Thank you. And then we have uh, the guys crossing the border, the two brothers, and they're talking. This kid's talking about uh, uh, using olive oil to shine cars and how good a car painter he is. And then the kid notices their boots. He says, I know you you guys are uh, headed north. And then they have this beautiful shot of the big sky. And the brothers, they smoke uh, cigarillos, little, little mini cigars. And the episode ends. So that's the end of uh, the episode, of the Breaking Bad episode. All right, so here we are talking about uh, uh, Nomas. We're doing a red pen and language learning run through. And my first notes about it are the casting for the twin, the brothers uh, uh, that are in northern Mexico when the episode starts. And, you know, I, I was a little thrown off by Mike, but I said, okay, I could see Mike. And Saul at first, I was like, well, I don't know, but he grew on me. These guys I like immediately, but I also kind of feel like, I, I, I don't know, they're almost uh, humorous in some sense. Uh, they have this long hair, these kind of, goo- they just have this goofy look about them. And they, I mean, I'll be honest, they they dress professionally. I don't know how professionally, I don't know, but, but it's great. It does, it does make me, I say, well, I'm going to enjoy seeing how this goes with these guys. I also liked that the, there was some nice wind chime noise when they're at Santa Muerte. I noticed on this, Heisenberg was done in a Sharpie on uh, paper, where in Breaking Bad he was in pencil on loose leaf. Uh, a couple more notes later on. Uh, before we get into language learning, notes from this next page here. Uh, there's really good sound design, which I kind of already talked about, like multiple layers of uh, news reports. I also noticed that Walt prefers a noticia, no, no, to Tessero, no Tessero uh, versus Ultima or Ultima Aura. Those are two kind of competing news programs. Walt watches no Tessero. So just, just in case you're choosing between two fictional news programs. And you say, well, which one does Walt like? Because that might have more science-based stuff. I'd say, well, maybe no Tessero's for you. Uh, later on, uh, Walt, when Walt takes the mic at the uh, assembly, Junior kind of sits there holding his white flower. He's got a white carnation. Uh, also, uh, at the end of Walt's speech, I like this about Carmen. You know, both Carmens I like. I prefer the Breaking Bad Carmen as far as who I crush on. But this Carmen was great. She raised one eyebrow during Walt's speech, which I thought was very talented. And, you know, a good reaction. Okay, one more thing I noticed is when Walt was lighting the matches, he had a very fancy Sol Bueno matchbook. So, it was so, and I don't know if this is how Colombian matchbooks are, but it was a cutout shape of Sol's head. It was way bigger than any matchbook I've ever seen. It was almost like a collectible. Like this cutout of Walt, uh, Sol's head, or torso, you know, his uh, upper body and head. It was it, it was just the biggest and uh, nicest matchbook I've ever seen. My compliments to the matchbook maker. All right, let's get into some words. The ultimate war uh, means the last hour. No mas, no more. 
uh, Sobre about what's this about? CLO? Heaven, it's about heaven. That's where that's what CLO means. Uh, restos, well, what remains of the rest of us? Well, there's a show about that. It's called The Leftovers, Restos. Amismatarde, uh, did, did you want to do that this afternoon? Uh, Gran Izo, hail, all hail. Or is that hail? I don't know, Gran I just know it's Gran Izo. The system, the system's failed us here. The system has failed us. I think you don't know the difference between your hails. Uh, Biendo, I'm seeing your point. Uh, do you have insomnio? If you're listening to this podcast, you just might have insomnio. Uh, Sinto, does that mean Shinto, like a Sinto shrine? I don't know, that's what it says. Well, here, pull up a silla, a chair, and let's do some uh, Golgada, some hanging. You know, what do you say, me and you? You say, si, claro, yeah, that sounds great, yeah, of course. Okay, we'll lean back in your silla. And tell me, are you Yena? Are you, are you full? Are you full? That's Milagro that you're not, you know. <laughs> or it's more Milagro that I'm. Actually, I am a little bit uh, uh, Yena full. I just had dinner. What about Yeno? Well, yeah, full male, full man, full male, Yeno, full female Yena. I don't know. I don't know those uh, gerunds or whatever they're called. Well, I'll tell you what. I'd give you mitad, half of uh, every of, of my uh, Halloween candy. How's that sound? Sounds like a uh, uh, Sabian porque. Do they know why they're going to do that? Well, my children are going to do it. Uh, I am. Well, super R esto. How am I going to overcome this candy deal and get 51%? Uh, Supongo, I suppose you could make me an offer of 51% and then say, Yendose, I'm leaving without it. Yendose, I'm leaving without it. Uh, Suponia, suppose, I suppose, Toko, I play for Egal, equal. I think I've been looking up Egal for a while and I haven't found out that it means equal. Egal. It reminds me of, I always thought that was a type of lizard in Egal. I G U A L, by the way. Uh, pared wall. How's your wall? How, how are your walls? How are your pareds? Well, I build wall pared around me all the time. Many walls. Uh, Vivido. I've li- I lived. I've lived in a world of walls of pared surrounded by walls. Sino uh, and casa, but at home, you know, there's less walls than when I'm outside at home, and I, you know. But in Tron, uh, in Tron, I'm, I'm more. I'm trying to learn uh, to, to uh, uh, Mr. Gorbachev tear down that wall. But I think I'm, I'm thinking about replacing the walls with uh, Vania pods. Pods. Uh, what do you think about that? Oh, well, Diego, I arrive to tell you not to do that. Not to build pods uh, or walls. Well, and you want to? You, you might want to know Zozobra. Why do I do it? Zozobra. Anxiety. Zozobra. By the way, Drew, that should be a word of the week. And that should be our word of the week. Zozobra. That is wonderful, too. Zozobra. Who would know such a wonderful word would mean anxiety? And maybe I'll start using it. Well, yeah, I'm feeling a lot of Zozobra today. It makes me want to dance with sadness and, and, and fear of the world. Uh... 
Well, let's try this. Manihar. Try not to let Urzozobra uh, drive people away. Uh, Manihar. Don't don't drive people away. Or even worse, Ratira. R- remove them from your life. Uh, Ratira. Because that's Hase Falta. That's needless stuff. Hase Falta. Okay, quick question. When did this uh, translating become a... Uh, a cell therapy session. Did I bring? Did I hire you? Let's go to the notes. At some point coming up here, Henry's laugh is wonderful. At Walt's comment that he has all the money in his bag. Elsa knows Junior who was drinking some chocolate milk. I think that was at dinner too. Was that a dinner or breakfast? And what's more suited for chocolate milk? I mean, personally, I'd say if you're under eighteen, you know, before noon. After that, you shouldn't, you know, be allowed chocolate milk. And then Ciel was very hurt by Junior's outburst. And then later, Walt has a tender moment with Junior after dropping him off, but then he makes a bad joke about how modern families operate. And then he has to have another tender moment to make up for and say, you know, I'm sorry, it was a hard time. But let's go back to the words here. Uh, para acá, I'm over here. I'll tell you what, Caminos Pregunta, do you ever question roads? Uh, did you say Camino's Pregunta, questioning roads? I did. This sounds like a great hobby. What about streets? Could you, like, uh, is it roads and Caminos? Could I still do that, Camino's Preguntas? Could I still question streets and roads? And uh, what about uh, traffic circles? Uh, do you think I could start a podcast where I do that? Uh, Camino's Pregunta. I mean, that sounds like a good name for a podcast, doesn't it? The questioner of roads. Hey, why don't you tell me M five about what it's like uh, being over there nearby London? Okay, the roads not saying anything. But do you think this is more better than my podcast about Breaking Bad or questioning roads? Eh, mismos, it's the same. I would say I would love to do a podcast. Luoso, Luoso, L U J O S O, a luxurious podcast where I interview roads made of gold, uh, roads made of magic. You know those kind of things. Well, good, you know, good luck with that. I would say to you. Uh, but real really, let's get serious here. Uh, Serica, come close to the road and speak right to it. And make sure you greet her first. So say, saludos. Uh, saludos, road. Uh, cheers. Nice to meet you. Uh, no, 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 mejor no. Uh, no. No, you better not get that close to the road. Don't let your... You know, there's germs on roads. Okay, siempre, road. You were saying when this germaphobe interrupted me. The road was talking, by the way. Uh, uh, siempre, this guy's always interrupting me. Fueras, I meant you were saying, Fueras, you were about to Risa laugh, and you were telling me how ever since you were a little piece of asphalt, you were tratas, you tried, and your dream was, uh, the airjays, the airjays, uh, to run, you wanted to run. You wanted to be the road that ran, and Sukantra against him. Is this like a metaphor for the Breaking Bad? Are you trying to cuckold your father, Road? You're trying to run against your father in some strange way? Oh, Roads don't have parents. Interesting. Well, um, Metida, let's tuck that away because it doesn't make any sense. And Ayudar, let me help you with your next metaphor. And I'll pretend I'm a reporter. 
uh, uh, here on uh, Caminos Pregunta. Uh, una Bezmas, uh, Una Bezmas. Once again, I'm here with, uh, uh, roundabout 46 and seen a little voice, but the voice of this road is a voice of sadness, a voice of a young road dreaming, a voice of a road doing many taladra drills, uh, to one day join a team of runners, somos, and say, we are runners. What was run again, the road? Do you remember? Now, okay, well, somos, we are. And with that goes against the code of road, which is sirvo, sirvo, I serve, uh, sirvo. I serve to be a road, accept our mente. You need to accept that fact, accept our mente. And the road would say, okay, so yo, which I am. Uh, I'm accepting that fact, else, okay, so yo. But then again, the essay balls. There's that voice again, telling me to run, road, run. Si you le escuchas, they think that means if you listen. Yeah, if you listen, all, all the fear out there of not being able to run, it's uh, tontaria, it's foolishness. Uh, tontaria is a beautiful word too, tonta, tontaria, foolishness. Uh, but you, uh, sabe que yabe, you know what, Brother Road? Uh, a usted quien lo hace un experto. Who, who, who tells you that they're expert at running? Uh, and misma, misma, more, more, you know, more and more. Uh, porque es que estoy mamado de la gente that, you know, that sucks, I think, or something like that. And who wants to, que le gusta echar sermon? Who, who wants to like the speech that's given? That tells you you can't be a road. I'll tell you what road. There's no barra, barrera. Uh, no barrier we can't overcome. Wait, what did you say? Here I am with the road, and the road just said, uh, Se acabo, it's over? You've given up the palea? The, the fight? Oh boy, subi, subi. I just went up, uh, I just had to stand up away from the road. I went up because I said, like, Yo como hace para no odiarse. I don't hate, I don't hate things like this. I, 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 or something, I don't like this. And then I say, pobre de mi desolado, my poor desperate road. Oh, Camino, oh, S.A. Camino, this road here. Podemos hablar, we can talk, that's what my new podcast is. Camino Preguntar. Preguntar Camino. In one day road, I dream of saying roads... Gentlemen and lady roads, empezar tu, start your running, empezar the two. And I won't stand for anyone uh, castigaring, punishing roads for running. Felizamente, happily running roads, felizamente. Odio, this young road, this boy, this road. Uh, we'll run so much, vomitar, we could get sick from running and maybe run so fast that ruptura the road starts to break apart and maybe one day we'll watch a movie where doc brown says roads where we're going we don't need roads they can't run
And let me just uh, consult my notes, if you excuse me, Road. Uh, I'll be back to you another time. I liked how Walt was rolling his little teddy bear eye in his fingers. Narco Traficante, that's like a you know, drug dealer. And I liked how uh, Cielo said, Con este muchacho, Jose Miguel. And then when she says Bometar, she really nails it, Cielo. At the end of the scene, she says, Bometar, you're making me sick, you know, get out of my way. And then I notice I put weird guy at rehab star. Oh, he's not a weird guy. Maybe a weird guy. But the guy, the guy that runs the rehab ahead. Oh, no, weird is the fact. (coughs) Oh, I put, yeah, I guess it's weird that the guy at rehab had the same pink and reddish sweater that Walt had on Breaking Bad last episode. So that is weird. So the guy on the metastasis rehab is wearing the same sweater uh, that Walter White wore on the last episode of Breaking Bad. And, you know, that's some trans uh, transverse weirdness. And then let's finish it out with uh, uh, Jose's, uh, Ho- Jose Miguel's speech that I love so much. And Jesse says, Be a, a profe, una a lejuye a las veñas. Uh, yeah, teach Mr. White. Everyone runs to their pods, uh, just like this podcast guy. Uh, oh, las enfrenta es así te facil. You know, it seems so easy. Uh, uh, se realidad es bastante breve. But it's actually quite short and simple. Uh, no se trata de cambiar sino de... Is, there is no changing, uh, but just aceptarse a una como en verdades. It's just about a person accepting the truth. And let's say that again. Be, be, be a profe, uno a le huye a las veñas, o las enfrente, es así te facil. Se realidad es ba. Stante, breve, uh, no se trata de cambiar, sino de aceptarse a una como en verdades. It's actually simple. It's not about changing, but accepting the truth. Yo soy el malo de Pasco, llave. And Pasco doesn't translate to so miswrote it or it's a slang word. But let's say it means man. Yo soy el malo de Pasco, llave. I'm the bad guy, brother. I'm the bad guy, Mr. White. And, uh, and that was the end of the episode. But for me, like you said, this is something that is so relatable and so amazing, Jesse, Jose Miguel, he's smiling at the end, and acceptance, and awkward acceptance. Uh, Aaron Paul, Jesse Pinkman, his look was a little bit different. Uh, but this thing, well, no, I'm the bad guy. It's easy. Like, that, that's who I am. I just need to accept who I am. Uh, I think that was just such a brave, I don't know, I just loved it, and I relate to it. And I'm learning not to relate to it and grow. But uh, what a wonderful, because neither one of them says it in this depressive state. 
but in this state of acceptance. And this is, well, geez, what's going to happen next? Because also, I think in the next scene is when Walt goes into denial about it. He says, well, I'm not, I just want to be with my family, uh, Goose. Uh, I don't, I don't want, I'm not a drug dealer. And I'm not, you know, and uh, so Walt is like uh, conflicted at this point, but Jesse is not, or is he? So that's it for the episode, all right? Thanks for uh, being here. I want to say goodnight and thank you to the bug, Vinny R. Good night. I hope you get some good rest, buddy. Uh, Maxine H. Good night. Good night, Tin Man Mike. Tokyo Jazz Panda. I hope you uh, dance your way to hibernation. Lie to lie. Good night. Brandon H. Thank you and good night. Christy J. Good night. Andre and Neon cut up. Good night. Blake JP, sleep tight, buddy. Katie W, get a good night. Carla, how about another shout out? Good night. Ah, uh, Billy, good old Billy, stay on that scooter. Good night. Rachel AM, hey, did you want a good night? I want another one for you too. Uh, Jake, good night, buddy. Lamantos. Good night. Thank you so much for your nice words. Miranda, oh, good night to you, too. Sarah M., sleep so tight, snuggle up there. Good night, Rachel and Alex. Thanks, Alex, for introducing Rachel to podcasts. See, Danielle, I see you going to sleep. Good night. I mean, I don't really, but, you know, I see it in my mind's eye. Good night. Words are birds, good night. Uh, Taco Pete, good night. Uh, Mary Bass, good night. Good night, B Sebs, thanks for the. Uh, yeah, hopefully Ben Carson won't compete with this podcast. Good night. Sammy Gooch, good night. Katie, good night. Uh, Dawn D, good night. Good luck with those cat paws. Sully, good night. Soon it'll be. Uh, thanks. I don't know if you're in this Thanksgiving Day parade. Good night, though. Miranda in Madrid. Good night. Ro Nancy. Good night. Uh, Manu Baram. Good night. Sleep so well. Thank you. Catherine. Good night. Good old Aaron Ruth Botts. Good night. Good night, Chloe W. Good night, Rachel Lowe. Good night, Jennifer D. Good night, December. Andrew J., good night. Melissa B., good night to you and good night to Drake's feud face. Babs, good night. Hey, Katie W., good night. Carrie, good night. Good night, Dana. Good night, Alexandra. Good night, Tyler. Good night, Agnes. Dagmar, good night. Laura, good night. Good night, Glenn. Good night, Bonnie Baroness. Good night, Allie. Good night, Amanda. Good night to Fran, Fran. Good night to Franz and Catherine. Amanda and Eric. Good night, Tom. Good night, Cole and Aaron. Ahab's wife. Good night. Uh, Bob. Sound Bob. Bob. I think is your new name. Good night, Sophie. Good night. Uh, Damon D on the backup. Good night. Uh, Tara, Tara, thank you for those pictures. Good night. 
Brandon, good night. Brendan, good night. Ben, good night. Raymond, good night. Hurly, girly, girl. Or her, hurdy, gurdy. Her, her, holy mess up, girl. Good night. I mean, on my end. Uh, James, good night. And lovely trout. Good night. Thank you for the comment. Good night, everybody. I'll talk to you soon. Hey, you good all night tossing, turning, mind racing, trouble getting to sleep, trouble falling asleep. Well, welcome. This is Sleep With Me, the podcast that's here to put you to sleep. We do it with a bedtime story. All you need to do is get in bed, turn out the lights and press play. I'm going to do the rest. And what is this? Well, basically, I'm going to try to take your mind off of whatever's got you up tossing and turning. Uh, by creating a safe place where you can set aside whether it's thoughts, stuff going on with your body, your feelings, your uh, if you're like com- contemplating a philosophical change in your you know you say well, tell me about Nietzsche again. I, I, I said, is it because because every time I hear about him, I, I say that that might be for me, and then I forget about it for eight years, and then someone says, well, this is the simple book on Nietzsche. They said, well, did Nietzsche write it? No, 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 Nietzsche didn't write it. Or, is, okay, was it, is it, is it, because I'm, or is it existentialism or exist, you know, does that have eggs in it? Or excellence, I get all those mixed up. And they say, Scooter, you're in the middle of an intro. Oh, yeah, okay. But basically, the podcast is going to consist of little distractions like that, little asides, little meanders. To take your mind off of whatever's been keeping you up, or your body to distract you from whatever's going on with that, or your emotions, basically just to make you uh, feel at ease, feel ba- ba- barely entertained. You see, what, geez, uh, what was he just talking about? Was he talking about, I think he was talking about niching. I said, well, he's talking about niching, but it's really not that important because he didn't say anything. And I would say exactly right. I'm gonna uh, tonight. It's gonna we're gonna talk about metastasis, the TV, Colombian version of Breaking Bad and Breaking Bad, and I'm gonna try to learn some Spanish words. But first, we'll go through an intro, and I'm gonna use lulling, soothing tones. I'm gonna use pointless meanders. I'm gonna get off subject. I think you know. Uh, I'm going to do stuff like that where I'm trying to, I'm waiting for for something to formulate in my brain and then go through my brain. It's kind of like, uh, even though there's stuff going on up there, I think the doctor, he's like, geez, it really is full of cobwebs up there. And then he said, okay, well, lie down. He said, he said, there's this news. And I said, I don't want to take it. I said, has it got all that stuff like in the ads? And he said, no, no, no. He goes, this is a toothbrush. I need you to brush it. And I said, oh, I thought you were going to. And then he, I said, I thought I was at the doctor's office. He said, yeah, yeah. He goes, you, you drink a lot of coffee. I said, never after 12. But I guess it's before 12. But anyway, doc, tell me about these cobwebs. He said, yeah, it's the weirdest thing. He goes, there's some... He goes, the best thing I can tell is that uh, your gray matters, you know, it's, uh, I don't know, I've never seen it before. He goes, your synapses look like a spider web, but not a, you know, a cobwebby one, one you'd, have, you know, find in a, in, you know, uh, you know, old home that's both comforting and full of knickknacks, maybe a paddywhack or two. 
you know, tchotchkes, piles, and not, not anything on the hoarding level. Nicely laid out. So the kind of house you could stroll through. And you say, what is that thing? Is that, is that from the old days? And maybe you'd have someone there. Maybe it's on one of those open house days where people with historical homes and they say, well, that is, as a matter of fact, from they were not old days to me, young man. And, and, and you'll notice as I do all this, you're probably ideally not thinking about everything else. You're saying what you might be disoriented. You might be. You might hope, ideally, you're already asleep. You may say, what is this guy doing here? Is, is this, this is like, a, this is a podcast, right? And if this is your first podcast, I apologize. Most of them are done in an entirely more efficient way than this one because they're, they're to entertain you. Now, my job is to just kind of distract you, to make you, you say, I'm, I'm here to entertain the, the chatter in your brain. So let them listen, and I'll take them on a wandering, you know, tour of my historical home, a.k.a. my brain, sitting up there on the hill. Now, meanwhile, while I do this, I'll do it for a couple more minutes. I just want you to do a little pillow puffing, you know, maybe do some of that, what do you call it, when you make waves with your blankets, you know, a little shake the blankets out, maybe dig your elbows in. Roll, roll the old shoulders, you know, do some necks type stuff, and then get a little burrowed down, or however you like it. Maybe you're, maybe you're a non-burrower, maybe you're a flopper. I, I, I had my flop, you know, I've had people say, geez, you flop around a lot. I say, well, let's uh, say you should see me during the day if you think I flop around a lot at night. A bit, but whatever it is, I want you to get comfortable but, but let me take care of everything in your brain, you know, everything that's got you up for the next couple of minutes. And don't feel any uh, obligation to listen to me. Don't worry about me. I'll probably go on for about two or three more minutes. It won't even, it'll be, trust me, guys, the rest of your brain, your thinking parts, it'll be good. But you know, yeah, don't worry about missing anything at all. But if for some reason you can't sleep, I'm also, and this is, I guess, a paradox, a bit of a paradox we're at here. I also put an incredible amount of work into it to be somewhat good uh, so that if you can't sleep, you say, Jesus, Scooter's a little bit of a goofball. And, uh, you know, sometimes when he goes on those tangents, uh, I, I'm awake, but I say, he's an odd guy. I, I don't know. I never heard anybody talk about you know, tchotchkes, and then, you know, I'm just going to take it out because I have this happy, uh, I have a happy day's glass, right? That's a tchotchke, I believe. And I guess I would just say to myself, what are the odds that I don't have many tchotchkes, but the one I have has tchotchke on it, you know, it's a glass with tchotchke on it. Or maybe it's not tchotchke, maybe it's a, I didn't want, I'm just a little bit past happy days, but I think it was on repeats. It might have still been on the air. Maybe not, but maybe maybe I don't have a tchotchke of tchotchke. It's that other guy, not Mouth. Was it, no, no, Mouth's in the Goonies. Or wasn't there a Mouth in the Happy Days? There's uh, Ron Howard, our wonderful national treasure, Ron Howard. I mean, don't you think, he, isn't he a national treasure? Uh, I mean, I think that 9 out of 10 uh, people would agree, I, I would hope. 
But then we have we had uh, Chachi, who became Charles in charge, and then we had uh, the other two guys that were his friends. I mean, you had the Fonz, but you had Chachi and the, the the guy that talked too much, and then the guy that was kind of a goofball. I thought that was Chachi, but that's the other guy. But anyway, I may have a chat. But let's take up with this little. Hey, excuse me, ma'am. As we're touring around this house, I was wondering. I don't have the uh, ability to collect things. I've always sold all my collections or lost them, or because I was an older brother, you know, they were destroyed prematurely by my siblings, which I did to my father. You know, my, it was a family tradition. I ruined my father's collectibles. And then, you know, maybe some of my cousin's baseball cards and then, you know, went on down the line. So how do you find the time to keep a house full of wonderful things like, uh, I've always wondered, are those mother of pearl? Oh, no, they are not, my friend. But that's, did you say you like Chachi? Well, yeah, but that's a reference I'm afraid not everybody's going to get, so I'm moving on from it. Well, that's just, you're just such a nice young man. Well, I'm not really, but I, I was wondering, you know, could you, what, you know what I was thinking, ma'am? How, are you one of these uh, uh, people that needs to supplement their incomes? Well, I, believe it or not, I, I have been a bit concerned about that. And a young man came talking about reverse mortgages and, well, I was just thinking, ma'am, now most of my ideas don't pan out, but there's no investment either. So I'm not asking you for any money or anything, but you just made me think of something. Well, young man, if I've learned anything, it's to listen and to hear things out. Well, man, I was thinking that what if you, like, started a collection business, you called yourself the collector or the queen of collector, I don't know, something witty. And you collected stuff for people, and then they could, when I say, oh, I wish I had a McDonald's glass collection, like you would collect them for me, and I'd say, hey, can I, hey, hey, why, you look like a Bernice. Is your name Bernice? Well, it, you, young man, you use Bernice for almost everybody's name when it comes, but I'm, I'm a Joan. Well, anyway, Joan, uh, like, could you, could I, like, adopt one of your collections or, like, put in a collection request, and then I just come over every once in a while, I see it, and I pay you a monthly fee. And then, you know, and I can't just show up, you know, I gotta, we, I mean, eventually we could come up with an app for it. What do you think about that? Well, would you come and dust at all? Well, I think the monthly fee would include it. You could do a dusting surcharge, I think. Well, I, 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 I say, why don't we try it out? How do you feel about cat pillows? Okay, pillows for cats or pillows of cats? Well, pillows of cats, of course, the cat pillow. Who would collect a pillow? You know, pillows for cats, they would just be, well, what if I wanted a cat? You know, then I could bring over, well, no, 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 you cannot bring over any cats. Collections are not for cats. Well, okay, that sounds good. Can I, what, what would your, could we start out like, I, I think I'd value a Capella collection. How does $2 a month sound? Okay, great. So, so why don't you come with me and I'll show you. You finish up with your people and then you could come look at your Capella collection. Now you can't touch it. 
and I can't put my head or like, is there a cat named Snookies? Well, you could call one of the pillows Snookies, and you can talk to the pillows, but you know, if you want to be, yes, this is a beta test, young man. I'll see you upstairs. All right, so I got to go, actually, because I just uh, adopted some cat pillows. But that's kind of the intro to the podcast. I try to take your mind off of stuff. I send my voice. I reach out across the deep, dark night because I want to help you cross the threshold from wake to sleep. And the way I do it is, is I, I try to be slightly amusing. I try to be lulling. And I try to go on little tangents like that and just follow my curiosity. And now I'm just barely curious about what a cat pillow collection is. But it sounds like a bargain at $2 a month. I mean, I'm sure an accountant would be like, well, they could just buy cat pillows for $12. You know, why would you spend $24? Yeah, but I, it's a maintenance and storage uh, accountant. But that's the podcast. It's a little strange, a little bit, uh, uh point. It's pointed in its pointlessness. You know, I think if that could be deep, I'd like to say that. That's it. I'm glad you're here. The main thing is, you know, try it out. See if it works. I hope it does. But I'm really glad you're here. And I hope I help you fall asleep. All right. Good night. All right. We're back with another episode of uh, Metastasis. And it opens with lake and mountains, lots of wind. And then we see Walt, he's singing and he's driving. And I said, what song is that? He's doing some stuff with his hands. It sounded like a, a, a Neil Diamond-esque tune. And then we look back, there's a cop behind him. Walt looks back. Cop says, hey, turn down the music. Or something to that effect. And then the cop says, all, all like Walt only turns it halfway down, his rebellion. And the cop says, all, all the way down, bro. And then he says, talks to Walt about his broken windshield, and Walt's totally full of excuses, but he definitely does not have enough sugar going because uh, the cop's not having it. But then Walt won't take no. He gets out of his car, which is, you know, that he, the police officer does not like that. And they have a disagreement, which results. And he says, hey, why don't you come down to the station? He, I think Walt maybe told a joke. And the, he said, you got to come down to the station and tell the rest of the people there that. And then we open with Libre, which I'm pretty sure means free. And I think the song is Soy Libre or something. It's free as the sea or something. From what I remember, we'll cover that in the red pen. And then we see a sobriety medal on uh, Jose Miguel's windshield, or win, what do you call that? Uh, rearview mirror, 45 days. And I said, well, I don't know if that's is that legal. You know, now Jose Miguel's going to get a ticket. Uh, but Jose Miguel's in his car, he goes past his old house. They can't read my writing here. It looks like Duds. Oh, dude's working on it, yeah. And he sees his dad. His dad's in a brown jacket. I thought that was important enough to write it down at the time. Not sure that was. I remember it was a really nice uh, uh, brown jacket, but a winter, more of a coat maybe. I don't want to. What is the difference between a coat and a jacket? Not kidding either. If you, somebody could let me know. Is a jacket a collared coat, or do all coats? Do all jackets have collars? Do all coats have collars? They say, okay, get the SAT on the phone because we could do an SAT question based on this, maybe. I mean, is it just where you say, well, you can wear a coat to this? Oh, no, oh do I need a jacket? Because I'll just say, I'll just, no, I'm wearing a jacket, not a coat. 
You gonna wear a jacket to that? Yeah. Do you do you have a coat? Yeah, it's the same thing. So what do you want me to call it? Uh, but Jose Miguel, he didn't pause his dad's jacket like that. He saw the house. He he was all uh, neighbor. Oh, he he was thinking about the old neighborhood. He's all smiles. And he's like, hey, did you fix up that bathroom? And the dad's like, oh, yeah. And Jose's like, can I look around? And he's like, no, they're working here. And then Jose smiles. He asks about mom, a couple other things. He says, yeah, later be good, man. And then we have a picture of Walt at the station. It's up something to happen because Walt's in custody. And then we hear we see Walt, but we hear Andrew Henry's voice. And Henry's talking about Walt's bad behavior, and then he says, cancer de pulmon, and, you know, kind of gets Walt off. He says, Walter, naughty, naughty Walter. I wish I mean, wish Henry would say that. And then they, he says, can you apologize? And he, he says, yeah, there's no excuse for my behavior. Please forgive me. And then they go out, and he says, thanks, bro. You know, hermano, thanks, hermano. And he says, by the way, where's my whip at? You know, where's my ride? And Henry says, let's go get it. And then Walt does another act of rebellion. He throws out a ticket or his paperwork. And even Henry like, looks at him like, what the hell are you? Who the hell is it? are you? Okay. And then Walt says, well, you see how wants a divorce. And then Henry goes, what? Okay, what? Uh, then we're back at Walt's place, and he sees Saul in the hallway He's like, what the hell? You Saul's like, why are you dodging me, dude? I'm, I'm trying. I've been trying to get a hold of you. Be a sensible man or something. Uh, Walt's all irritable as usual. Saul kind of laughs it off. There's some guitar music starts playing, and Walt uh, Saul's like, you can invite me in. And then they roll into Walt's place. Walt Walt lies down like it's a little Freudian uh, session, and he's like, this is a disaster, man. This thing is going horribly. And then we notice there's a pitcher of water. Uh, that pitcher of water that I was talking about is still on the table. And I think that's the, well, it's like this puts, pulls the room together, this pitcher of water. You know, late at night he, he, when he's looking and feeling lonely, he says, this, it's like a still life, but real life. It's a pitcher of water on the table. And then a, like a pitcher of water. No, no, a pitcher of water. Like normally you'd have a pitcher, P-I-C-T-U-R-E of water and it's still life you know maybe some fruit and stuff this is actual picture of water on a table it's real life and says still life it's better and if i'm thirsty i can drink some room temperature water which they say like certain circles say that's way better for you room temperature water you know with the room dust you know in the water you know alkaline acidic whatever whatever you like it's room temperature water it's sitting here it's decorative I wish Saul would have, you know, spoke up on that, but he doesn't. But Walt still doesn't like Saul. Saul's like, come on, man. Saul's like, here's some ways you're going to get Cielo back, and Walt's not having it. And uh, Saul talks a lot about consequences, consequences, I think. And again, I'm getting all this without the subtitles on, so you should be a little bit proud of me. And then we have Saul, Saul stands up and he does, uh, he talks serious for a while about Walt's life in the underworld. Sounds like a house, Casa Casita. Talks about consequences again, talks about acceptance. Uh, Walt talks about family first, mas no una prima. 
or something. Masno, I think that's Masno something prima. I can't read my handwriting. And then he's like, get out. And then Walt's just totally exasperated. And Saul goes to leave. He checks his phone. He calls Mike. Mike's at the park with his granddaughter. He gives her some money for cotton candy. And he says, uh, see, you know, tell me more uh, to, uh, to Saul. And then we have Junior. He's kicking back, jamming with some headphones on while the money pours in. Uh, Sailor comes in to talk to him. He just rolls over very rudely. Very, I mean, it's a teenage male move if I've ever seen one. And then we have dinner with Henry, Maria, sushi and pizza. Not sushi and pizza, actually. Sushi or pizza dinner. Henry seems to make some sort of sushi-related speech that I couldn't follow. I wish I could have. And Junior seems distanced, thoughtful. Uh, whatever uh, Henry's doing, though, Maria likes his material. She's she's cracking up at Henry's sushi material. But then uh, Ciel says something about Morgan getting a new job, but he goes from distant to being like, oh, that's not my name. I want my old name back. And then he gets mad at Mom and storms off. Henry yells at him to lose the attitude. And then Maria pipes him with her advice. And then, believe it or not, Henry weighs in with his opinion, and it causes Cielo to start grinding her teeth, actually. And then they leave, and they go outside, but it's cold outside. Maria's a little cold. They get in the car, they pause. And then they talk, and and Henry talks about Walt's second phone. He's a good man. And they talk about Walt, I guess. But then we're at Saul's office. He's on the phone. There's a fake golden elephant on one of the tables. And then Jose rolls in. Saul, Saul seems very happy, very proud. He's like, hey, I got your money, buddy. And he's like, it's all there. What are you going to do with it? And uh, oh, Jose says, well, I need you to negotiate. You ready? And uh, Saul says, oh, yeah. And then we're, it looks like I said male cobbies. I do not know what that says. Something. Male cubbies? Uh, male cobbler? No, male cubbies, it looks like. At Walt's place. Uh, keys are on the floor. Garbage is on the floor. There's candy wrappers. Walt seems mad. Oh, no, male Oh, male cubbies. Okay, it takes me a while, my brain, to catch up with uh, my slow talking. Oh, Walt goes into the lobby and there's male cubbies. Now I remember. Uh, it's like a lobby of a hotel. And it's where you get your key to your room or your place from the guy who gets the mail. And then he notices when he's going through the, the stairwell, he finds garbage on the floor. He's really mad about that. It's a candy wrapper. Uh, then we see Junior's outside his place. He's like, hey, did you get my message? Uh, and he's like, no, no, oh boy. The next thing we see is a toy piece from a game from Trouble, I think. And we see a wheelchair and an old woman picking up the toy piece. And then we see the twins and we see T.O. in his bathrobe. There's T.O. Okay. And Tio's there, he's in his bathrobe, and they have Scrabble, and they do one letter at a time so that Tio, they can figure out what Tio wants. And it's kind of like a large-type version, a paper large-type version of Scrabble, which I hadn't seen before, but it made sense at a, like a, retire, a nursing home. 
And both the, the brothers have this odd smirk smile, which I, uh, well, I'll comment more on in, in, in the red pen version. And then they say, are you looking for Walter Blanco? And he starts ringing the bell, ding, 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 ding. Uh, next we have CLO at work. The boss comes in, Siva. And he's like, hey, I'm here. And she's like, oh, great. We got it. He's like, no, I'm here to see baby Valentina. Valentina. Ernesto, that's his first name. And CL says, this is bad. These books are all jacked up. He closes the door. He gets all serious. And she probes him. But he gives her a little no-say business. You know, you no say. And at one point, while he's lying or whatever, the baby coos. He goes, cuckoo, or whatever babies do. That wasn't a very good baby. There's more of a morning dove, which also coos. And then he leaves after the baby coos, little Valentina. Uh, Walt Jr., Walt, Walt calls uh, Cielo. He's like, hey, Junior's here. And then if she gets the phone, he's like, hey, buddy, let's have a little talk, you know, man to man, boy to man, boy man, you know, you know, infantile to infantile. And Junior's like, I want some answers. And he says, calmate, nunca, you know, there'll never be answers or something. And Walt tries to win him over, but I'm not sure he does. Then we're in Saul's fancy office. Oh, no, Saul is in a fancy office. And some of us might recognize it as one of Jose's parents' lawyers when they stripped Jose of his house. And Saul's playing it cool, and then the parents recognize Saul. And then they're like, hey, let's talk about why we're here. And he says, hey, good news. Uh, I got an offer, for a serious, very serious offer, abogado. And then he says, and then we'll pay you. But mom seems worried, but then dad's happy. He's like, oh, yeah, we're going get, to get paid. That's great. And then dad says, well, I like to negotiate. Can you handle me or something? And so I'll just pat some. I mean, uh, he doesn't really pat the dad on his head, but he should have. Because then Saul makes the offer, and it's too low, and they want to leave. And then Saul goes, uh, okay, you're going to leave. Oh, by the way, here, here's what the deal is. And then the dad gets pissed, and the lawyer tells the dad to calm down. And then Saul says, methamphetamine. And he goes, okay, you ready to make a deal now? And he asks the uh, 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 lawyer what he thinks, the expensive lawyer, and the lawyer taps his finger. And then we have Walt Jr. rolls up with Jr. and a pizza uh, via taxi. It seemed like it was late at night. Lo siento, uh, Cielo says. And Walt just talks to her about pizza and love a little bit, I think. And Cielo says, well, I'm going to close the door on you. That's what I think your pizza and love. And it says pepperoni, giant pepperoni. This was another famous scene. Walt throws a pizza on the roof. Like, who does that? I said, they said, man, Walt is a, is a, is a loon, throwing pizzas on the roof. And then time passes, and we see the uh, his teddy bear's eyes under the bed. We see the floor covered in popcorn and beer bottles. And the place is kind of trashed, but, but like, a, like in my opinion, like an amateur drinker trashed. Not a, you know, like someone occasionally drinks to excess. Yeah, because this doesn't have, you know, people that have drinking problems don't have popcorn problems normally, like an equal amount. So, but Walt, you know, seemed to have equal amount of popcorn and drinking. But Walt's passed out on the floor. 
and his phone rings, and uh, he see he looks over, he sees his teddy bear's eye. He goes, oh, there's Teddy's eye, my little Teddy's eye. And then Cielo, she seems to be making some kind of demand. Well, gets irritated, bumps his head. He, he doesn't go back to bed till morning, though. Then we're at Jose's parent, you know, Jose's aunt's place, and his parents are moving some stuff out. He rolls up. This is one of my favorite scenes in the show because he says, they're like, what are you doing, man? No, 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 no. And he goes, oh, this is my place. Uh, see you guys later. And then we have some good music. Uh, next scene, uh, and then we're back at Waltz. We have uh, Morgan and his buddy. I forget his buddy's name. And Cielo, Mike's watching them. He's chewing whatever the hell he chews. And they're all leaving for the day. And then this music plays, When the Whiskey Blows, I think it was called. It was good music, two stars I put. Not like in a row, on either side of the music, I put star, music, star, When the Whiskey Blows. And then Mike grabs his work case, he heads into the house, he hides a camera. And then Walt shows up, he sees the pizza on the roof, he says, huh. Then he tries the door, the locks have been changed. And so Walt uh, knocks, then he throws his bag on the roof, he climbs up under the roof, then onto the balcony, Mike gets out of there. Walt goes in the house, he coughs a lot. And then Mike's getting ready to leave, and he sees the twins pull up. He's like, huh, that's interesting. And then Walt's in the shower. Yeah, just breaking all the intimacy boundaries, I guess, Walt is. And Mike's listening. He, Mike had a set of headphones from the 1980s. With the, he said, what do you, he said, that's what I put. Where'd you get those, 1980s? And then we get some deep music going, and Mike calls Goose. And he says, Escucho. Uh, I think, I don't know if Escucho means listen to me or talk to me, but Escucho. And Walt's singing, and the twins are waiting for Walt, and then they find the bear's eyeball. And then they get a text, and, and they say, oh, wait, we got to be somewhere else. We were going to say hi to Walt, but no. And then Walt finds the eyeball. He's like, okay, hey, Teddy, are you here? I miss you, Teddy Bear. And he says, I just want to be those Teddy Bears. And then he looks around, and then we have this atmospheric ending with the bell ringing from T.O., and that's the end of the episode. All right, so we're talking uh, th- season three, episode two here, Breaking Bad, and it opens with a cloudy sky, moving desert hills, uh, I think time-lapse, rocks, we see a lot of rocks, or they could say morning desert, I don't know, M- moving desert hills or morning desert hills, and then we have Walt driving, uh, he's singing a little bit of Winds Through the Desert on a Horse with No Name by America, which is interesting. I think we analyzed that in one of the older Breaking um, Game of Thrones episodes. And this was judgmental. I mean, I put Walt very unhip with his singing along. That's, that's not very nice. That, from someone that's not hip at all, I, I shouldn't have put that, but I did. And then he gets pulled over. And uh, he's like, hey, officer, he's like, oh, can you turn the music down? And uh, they say, I, it killed me, this line. I, uh, well, it turns it down a little bit, so goes, the officer goes, down means off, which is just, that's just so, that happens, you know, that's how it feels when you get pulled over. He said, oh, well, I thought you just said turn it down. He said, no, down means off. And then he says, you know, then he says, you know, I pulled you over. And the mole says, I don't know. And they say, they go back and forth. Uh, Oh, I put two trick questions. So do you know why I pulled you over? 
And one says, I'm pretty sure. Oh, I guess can you turn your music down was the first one. And then, uh, so it's some sort of weird test, maybe. And then they argue about the windshield, and the cop says, well, regardless, this car's unsafe, and so you're going to need a ticket. And then, uh, well, it gets out of your car, he says, wait one minute. And then the cop says, I told you to stay in your car. He goes, I, I can get out of my car. And he, he says, listen, and Walt says, no, you listen to me. And I say, holy, holy theme, that's going to get you arrested. And Walt says, this is America, which is hilarious, because I'm pretty sure he's just, you know, he's, he was just singing, listening to America. And Walt says, I have rights. Uh, you need to hear me out. And he goes, are you even listening to me? And he goes, do you have the remotest inkling of what the, you know, what I've been through? Walt's talking about everything that's happened. And Walt's like, I'm expressing my opinion under the first... Uh, amendment, uh, and I said, and then we, the next scene's new in this. It's not in where Hank's on the case of the brothers' uh, uh, work. He's like, he's like, something's going on here. And then there, uh, Gomi's like, it's been twenty nine days without your blue meth boss. And then Hank gets a call about Walt. Then we see Jesse's got his forty five day uh, medallion. And then he sees his old house is for sale. Jesse's very clean cut, looking. He's looking good. And he sees his dad. He says, "Hey, dad. Hey, fixing up the house." And he goes, "Yep." And he goes, "Okay." And they're like, "Hey, this is awkward. How are you doing?" He said, "Well, I'm pretty good. How are you doing?" And then the dad goes through all the work they've been doing on the house. They moved the garage, did a master suite, and then Jesse Jesse says. Uh, he goes, yeah, you know, fixing up the place totally increases real resale value. I, I read it, and I want to say Time Magazine. And I was like, Jesse, you're, you're the best, man. And he says, hey, can I get a tour? And he says, no, no, no tour, dude. We don't trust you. He goes, Dad's so cool. He goes, there's pictures on the website if you want to take a look. Uh, and Jesse said, okay, that's cool. He goes, you're looking healthy. I'll let your mom know. She'll be happy about that. And Jesse's like, yeah, I could come by sometime for dinner or something. And Dad goes, yeah, sometime. And then I said, Dad, I don't like that, Dad. I never liked him. Uh, Jesse gives him this look, and then he says, hey, goodbye or later, Dad, or something. And then we have uh, Hank bailing Walt, Walt out, and Walt's listening to him talk to the cop about, you know, Walt's, uh, you know, sorrows and how, why he needs to get cut some slack. Walt apologizes, and then Walt and Hank get in the car, and they buckle up, and they always buckle up. That's very good. And Hank, he says, hey, Skyler's getting a divorce. And Hank says, I don't know what to say. He goes, well, she's not going to let me see the kids. And Hank's like, really? That's weird. And then we have another different scene. Walt's at the laundromat, and we have a POV, POV from the laundry machine, and then Saul rolls in, and he says, uh, you don't write, you don't call. And Walt's like, this is a disaster. And he's like, hey, it's not a disaster. 
He says, you know, that your wife knows about everything. And he, he was so I was like, you don't got to worry. She's not going to tell anyone. Blowback. He goes, if she tells anyone, you know, it's not going to go well for Hank. It's not going to go well for her, for you, for the kids. He goes, if if Hank will be lucky if they, if after this they let him bust glue sniffers in the hobby shop. And he goes, your kids paging Dr. Phil. My daddy's a drug dealer. My mommy turned him in. He goes, she's bluffing. And Mo goes, well, that's not the point, Saul. She's out of my life, and I lost my family. That's what I care about. I also noticed that uh, everyone, in, uh, so far this episode's wearing a ribbon, uh, commemorating the commemorating something, and Saul even has one on. And the cops had had him on earlier. But Saul says, hey, you know why you should deal with this? He goes, uh, he goes you should start cooking some more mess. He goes, you know, idle hands are bad, you know, the devil's thing. And Wolf says, I can't be the bad guy. And it's also when he says, I can't be the bad guy. And then he says, okay, we'll, we'll, we'll revisit this. Let's think about it for a little while. But Saul walks out thinking, and he gets in his car, and he calls Mike. Oh, he also patted Walt goodbye, which was nice. Uh, but, you know, Saul's concerned because he calls Mike. He says, hey, we might have a wife problem. Mike's at the park. He buys his uh, granddaughter some ice cream, I think. And then we have Junior. He had ra- He's raised $13,877, which is nice. He was listening to music on a PlayStation Portable, I think. Yeah. Uh, and uh, Skyler uh, comes in. He, he tries to ignore uh, then Hank and Marie are there for dinner. They're eating Blake's Whataburger, I think. That looks like what I wrote. Uh, Marie, Marie's having sushi. She's again in purple. I don't know if this is every episode, but she's it's a nice purple dress. She looks good in purple. And he says, hey, pass the ketchup. He goes, hey. he says, hey, buddy, pass the ketchup. And then he looks at Marie's like, I had enough trans fat to, for a lifetime. And Hank's like, two days from the ocean and you're eating raw fish. He goes, it's been a while since that fish. He goes, right, he's doing material for Junior, but Junior's not having it. And this guy was like, Flynn's looking for a job. He goes, my name's Walter Junior. Why'd you kick Dad out? Because Dad didn't even show up to school today. He, and then when he did, he was looks like he'd been crying. And he goes, he goes, Mom, I don't know what your problem is. You don't might not love him, but I do. And then he yells at his mom some more, and Hank says, don't talk to your mom like that. And then they say, blah, blah, blah. And then Marie's like, Skylar, I know you have the reasons, but, you know, is this, can you can you tell me? And is this none of my business? And she says, it's none of your business. And then we have uh, so Hank and Marie walk into their car. And Marie's like, tell me you're not curious. And Hank's like, there's nothing to be curious. Second cell phone. And he goes, I've seen it before. He goes, Waltz, you know, nice guy, decent, smart, but an underachiever. Uh, dead end life gets sick. He's a midlife crisis. He, you know. Uh, tries to spice things up. Uh, story as old as time. Just do the math, Marie. Uh, he, you know, he probably told on himself, too. And Marie's like, this is where Marie's good. I put Marie's good. Two exclamation points. But this Marie has a police officer's good because she says, you know, I don't know. I think Skyler would have told me by now, you know. It feels like something more. And then she looks back at the house and I said, dun, dun, dun. And then we have Saul on the phone. He's looking for 24-7 coverage. And he's like, this is going to be expensive. And then Jesse comes. He says, return to the prodigal son. 
He goes, how are you doing? And Jesse's like, I'm good. Yeah, he's like, the world's your oyster. Unencumbered man with stacks of cash. I'm jealous. And he says, speaking of cash, have you seen Mr. Heartburn lately, your partner? He's like, come on. He goes, that guy built a business, and now he doesn't want to do any work. And he goes, there's big money to be made. He goes, don't flush the talent down the crapper. It's like Michelangelo won't paint. He goes, any chance you're going to talk and talk to him about that? And Jesse's just quiet. He counts out his money. He moves some papers that uh, Saul had kind of legal papers stacked everywhere on the couch. And he sits down and he goes, you want a job? And uh, Saul says, what job? Who's got a job for me? And Jesse goes, I do. And then we have Walt, he's walking, he looks at a pool of a condo building, and then there's a trash, he skims some trash out of the garbage, or he skims some trash out of the pool, throws it in the garbage. Also in the background, we had garbage truck sounds, that's what I put. And then Walt Jr.'s there, and he's like, hey, I thought I'd visit. And he goes, uh, and then we have a retirement home. It seems to be nap time. Joker's Wilds on TV. Uh, someone was doing a kitten cat puzzle. Then the brothers show up with a Ouija. And they use the Ouija to find uh, Walter Bl- Walter White's name in the bell. And the bell looks like it was in rough shape. It looked like it was bent. Or it, had a da- it almost had like a dangling chad for a bell. I'm not kidding if you re- rewatch it. It's like uh, the, the, the dinger for the bell. Because it's not a presser bell, it's a flicker. And the flicker was like, uh, it was dangling. I said, that doesn't look natural. And then we're back at Bernicke. Ted wants to see Holly. Uh, Ted's wearing his ribbon. And Skylar's like, I got problems with the books as they currently exist. And then she's like, how would you explain this to the kids? Or how would you explain it to your kids, Ted? And he's like, well, how, if he goes, uh, put me, go ahead, put me on the spot, uh, he goes, you know, I'm trying to provide for them. Uh, but he goes, I really haven't thought that far ahead, Skylar. I'm just trying to do keep my head above water and do my best, like maybe like other people, but I'm just doing it in a white-collar manner. And then Walt, Skylar looks awful, but I couldn't tell if she's like thinking about Ted or Walt. And then Walt Kyle calls Skylar. He's like, hey, Lewis dropped uh, Walt Jr. off here. And he's like, no, no, don't worry, I'm not, you know, I'll bring him back, no problem. Like after, I could bring him to Bernicke, or after traffic, I'll bring him home. And then they try to talk, and uh, dad and son, but he's like, well, the reasons are hard to describe. There's two sides to every story. He goes, but you belong at home. And he's like, Junior's like, well, dad, everybody's on your side. He's like, well, we're not taking sides here, buddy. He goes, everyone loves you. Let's just be positive and buck up. And then we have Saul in the conference room with Jesse's parents come in. They're like, hey, you're the guy from TV, and you better call Saul, Saul says. And then the lawyer's like, we're, we're here to discuss the Margot. Saul's like, digs at the lawyer. He's like, oh, flaffy uh, clients. Okay, well, uh, today's your lucky day. I got a client who wants to spend cash on your house. And remember, this was when the economy was in the tank, so they're like, really? And he's like, oh, yeah, he's got the money burning. And, you know, your lawyer knows about it. He knows he's seen the financials. And the lawyer's kind of a jerk. He's like, well, that's the only reason we're talking. 
And so I was like, okay, fair enough, buddy. Don't get passive aggressive. And he's like, we could take care of this right now. And he goes, there's just one little hair in the soup is the price. And then the, dad, the parents, you know, was like, well, eight seventy five. And the dad's like, well, we could wiggle a little bit. And so I was like, well, why don't you wiggle on down from eight seventy five to four hundred, and we'll call it a deal. And they're like, what? And they're like, no, 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 no. We renovated that house. And they're like, why don't you quit screwing around and tell us how much you're going to pay? He goes, 400 that's the deal. And they're like, this is such a waste of time. How could you do this? And so I was like, well, you know, what about that mess lab? He goes, that was in the basement. He goes, that's not any of this disclosure. He's like, I see a termite inspection, but nothing about the mess lab. So that's concealing a felony here. And he goes, I'm open-minded, but it's tricky. So, uh, you know, I applaud you trying to sneak it by me. But uh, he goes, now our options are a little different. He goes, uh, he goes, uh, we don't want to do anything too rash. Uh, how about a counselor? Do, do you concur? Also, everyone in that meeting was wearing ribbons, I put. And then we're at back at Walt's house with Walt and Jr. Walt's carrying a comically huge giant pizza, the biggest, one of the biggest pizza boxes I've ever seen, probably the biggest that wasn't at a, like, sports banquet or something. And Skyler's like, hey, Walt's like, I brought some pizza. Skyler's like, well, I'm cooking dinner. And he goes, well, I'll just just come inside, put it in the fridge. It's even better the next day. And she's like, no, no, no. And Walt's like, what kind of example? We can't just sit down and eat pizza and hash stuff out. And Skylar's like, I thought that I was clear. And Walt's like, I got dipping sticks, Skylar, dipping sticks. And then we see Walt, you know, she closes the door. Walt throws the pizza on the roof, which was hilarious. The pizza throw. And I noticed Walt had a brand new windshield on his car when he pulls out, enraged. And the next thing we have Walt pass out at home in popcorn. He's on the floor. He sees his eye, his teddy's eye. His phone rings. He's like, you've reached Walt's temporary number. And then Skylar calls. She's like, uh, there's a pizza on her roof. Uh, and she's leaving a message. She's like, well, you got to get control of yourself, you know, otherwise we're going to have real trouble. And then while Walt jumps up, bumps his head, doesn't, you know, didn't go back to bed again. And uh, he goes, I got your restraining order right here. He's so mad. And then we see Jesse's problem. They're talking about their first world problems. They're like, oh, little Junior's not going to get to go to uh, space camp. Oh, dear. But, you know, this is pretty good for this economy. And then this is such a loaded term. Uh, Jesse shows up and they say, oh, God, this is all we need. You know, people that talk like that about other people, that's like one of the most hurtful, oh, this is all we need. I, I apologize for all the times I may have said it about people. Oh. But Jesse says, hey, Mom, hey, Dad. And they're like, hey, Jesse, this isn't a good time. The house is sold and the new owners are coming in every minute. And Jesse jangles his keys. It's like one of the cutest things I've ever seen. I was so happy for him. They go, where do you think you're going? He goes, inside, I bought the place. And then as he goes in, he looks back at them. Oh, it was delicious, so delicious to watch his parents suffer. Uh, then we're at Walt and Skyler's place. Skyler and Junior and Louis leave. Mike rolls in. He sees the pizza on the roof. 
And he gets to work, puts in a camera. Walt shows up, tries to get in the house. Mike watches Walt go in the house through the wall crawl space like a buffoon. A ladder falls on Walt. Uh, Mike rolls out. We see the pizza on the roof again. Uh, then the two brothers show up, and Walt's in the shower. Uh, Walt also had a small cut on himself, I said, and it says abdomen. And I said, well, it's a small cut on Walt's abdomen. We also, when the two brothers are touring through Walt's house, we see nice uh, all the uh, portraits in the hall. Walt looked a bit, a little bit like uh, Magnum P, like Tom Selleck. I think he's on Blue Bloods now. Magnum P.I. is what he used to be on. I would watch those reruns occasionally. Uh, then we have Mike. Uh, he's listening in ears. Walt in the shower. He calls Gus, and Gus is wearing a ribbon too. And the two cousins, they listen to Walt. Uh, Hank, or Mike tells Gus, he says, hey, there's something you should know about. And then the, the twins, they ch- or the cousins, the brothers, they check out the eyeball. And then they get a text, hey, come to Pollos Hermanos for a meeting. And they say, okay. And then Walt sings the horse with no name. And then he sees his, eye, his teddy's eyeball. He says, oh, my teddy bear. I love him so. And that's the end of the episode. Alright, so this is, this is, uh, this is Red Ben's language learning run through here. And before I get into it, I want to thank whoever sent me that book, uh, 500 Spanish Verbs. Thank you. You make me feel like summer for my 500 days of summer. If she had a, you know, language learning podcast where she wasn't learning, you know, 500, 500, it'll be more like five to 10,000 Spanish mangled words. And I'm not kidding. At a minimum, we'll do. We're gonna do at least six thousand. I figured, but we'll probably be pushing ten thousand mispronounced Spanish words. Probably more, maybe even a twenty thousand if you're getting technical. Uh, but thank you. But this opens this episode with Walt singing, and some of the lyrics from the song are "Libre como le sol cuando amanece." Uh, say, say, uh, free as you, son at dawn. Free as you, son at dawn. Yo soy libre, I am free. Como el mar as the sea. Uh, detras de la verdad, the truth behind. But we'll do it del todo, all together. Uh, but, you know, paso algo, something happens. El supo eso if I knew that. Uh, Deo as, I leave as. You know, free as the sun at dawn or the sea, I'm free as the sea. And now you say, well, geez, I know, Walt, is the sea really free? Isn't it just uh, stuck here on Earth? It doesn't, you know, it's kind of in the ocean. And the sun at dawn, I don't know, is it, you know, I don't want to depress you, Walt, but is the sun really free? It has the same trajectory forever. Oh, Walt, I didn't mean to make you more down. I'm sorry. You were just enjoying singing that song, and now I'm overanalyzing it. But really, the sun, it, it can't even, it's, it's constantly moving, you know. Okay, Walt's not speaking to me, so I'll just move on. I don't have any non-Spanish notes from that page, so let's just keep moving. 
Or what about this? Say, si supuesto, eso, if I knew that. Deo as, I'd leave as. Multando, fining. Multa, penalty fee. The old multa, the penalty fee. Uh, say vende, it's for sale, for sale. And uh, Jesse's dad was a, a regul, a regulos, regulos, a regulos, making arrangements. Uh, see, pa, yeah, pop. Uh, non, well, this must have been non, nato, by, b, 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 e, le, letero. I saw him swim sign, the old swim sign. You know what that means? That means, hey, go go swim. Yeah, back in the 50s or the 40s, that was a insult before, you know, flipping the bird. Or, you know, when Fonzie or who would do that pots, he'd say, sit on this. Back before, so before when that was, before that, so when, when, when lives were even more pure than that. The tough guys used to say, hey, buddy, go take a swim. And you say, that's so hurtful. I, I don't want to swim. And then, and then they figured out, well, actually, swimming's not that bad. And they say, hey, go take a swim. And they say, okay. So then they had to come up with, you know, more. You know, the great insult arms race we've had. When will it stop? I don't know, but we could say day, say bende for sale. I have insults for sale. I won't list them on the podcast, of course, because people are trying to sleep. What if I do this? What if I do the opposite and dar bien? I give good insults uh, for the rest of the, the episode. Uh, as a huelos, uh, till, tilling. You know, man, you're doing some good tilling there. You really till the hell out of that soil. You're, you're as huelos. And these guys, these albaniles, these bricklayers, holy cow, they, they, you can really go lay a brick, bricklayer. And I'm proud of you for the bricks you lay. And you might say, incomodar, don't let me, don't let my compliments inconvenience you. You just keep up the good work with your brick laying. Ah, bueno, ah, good. I'm just here uh, to give you saludos, to greet you. And say, uh, your work is wonderful. What kind of work do you do? Oh, El Muerzo, you, you lunch for a living. Are you in one of those executive dating, you know, you know, five lunches or whatever they call it? Oh, you don't know what I'm talking about. But you, Almuerzo, for a living, you lunch for a living. Uh, HMA. I don't know if that means, and it didn't translate. Sincerely, tell me about lunching for a living. And let me bay a C if I can compliment you on it. Uh, yo, I, he, see, I, there, if, you know, you know what I mean? That's very Shakespearean. I, there, if. I could tell you what about lunching, uh, tampoco, it's neither lunch nor breakfast lunch, you know, I mean, breakfast nor dinner lunch is neither, or both, is it? Uh, how's your cuerpo, how's your body, cuerpo, feel about lunching for a living? Do you do lunch healthily? Because you look like it. Could I look inside you, Dentro, inside you? Uh, no. Well, hey, Aparati, I'll go. I've got something for you. Uh, right here. Well, I have some cheese steaks. They're jokes. A little cheese steaks. Or cheese steaks. Oh, you like cheese steaks versus cheese steaks. Uh, jokes. 
We'll have an award here, Luncher of the Year. Internet, actually, it's the International Lunch, Luncher of the Year Award by the Lunch Council of the World and the Emperor of the Lunch Buffet, you know, down the street down there at the Hofbrau. So great job, congratulations, and can you send in the next person for me to compliment? Thank you. All right, well, welcome, Parosabes, but you know what? I'm here to compliment people. Oh, adentro pesadillas and nightmares. W- w- tell me what you, is that what your job is? You're, you're, uh, oh, you're the River Bottom Nightmare Band. Well, welcome. I'm definitely familiar with you guys from the old Emmett Otter's Jug Band Christmas. Which one are you? Oh, you're the, uh, okay, you're that character. Uh, yeah, I remember when you'd sing about El Dentro. Adentro, yeah, you're right, there's no L in Adentro. Pesa Diaz. It was like, you know, there's nothing nightmarish about your music or your performance. Other than one of you seemed like a little bit like you were doing a Fozzie Bear, like a heavy metal Fozzie Bear thing. Yeah, that was a disaster, a disaster. It wasn't, it could have been, I guess. It was a disaster of wonderful, a wonderful disaster. Oh, De Hamos, you're going to leave? Oh, because you don't think I know what disaster means. All right, well, let's not keep the door of Serata closed on this. All right, well, I guess it's, it's just me and you guys here now. Anel Esamos, maybe it's time for me to analyze my ability to compliment people analyze because it seems like most of these people passaria would pass on my uh, uh, compliments that would be the mild version the Odia they might even hate my compliments Odia oh here comes somebody oh, and they, well, I'm going to try an outside the box uh, hey om beligio om beligo that is a wonderful ombligo there, belly button. It's a henio, a genius, that you put a smile and you use that as a nose. Is that a tattoo or was that just a Sharpie marker? You know, in the future, decent, decent, they, they, they say, ciao, casita, goodbye to the house without the smiling belly button. I think that was a... Uh, I think that wise man once told me that. That ciao casita, uh, no ombligo. Say goodbye to the house without the belly button. Maybe there's no smiling belly button in there. It's deep though, huh? No, it's not. Well, saco de su vida, the sack of his life, uh, they would say about Scooter. Uh, boredom was the sack of his life, saco de su vida. No luchar. No, I'm just complimenting people. I'm not. No luchar. No fighting. Uh, como ear, uh, as ear is. Hey, what do you think about a tobogan uh, going for a slide later? Uh, how about a, how about this tobogan? I'll wait until you leave and I'll slide up next to you and say, hey, great job. And maybe that'll give you some fuerza, some strength. Uh, me saying, slide up. A little fuerza compliment style. And then you could say, ah, gracias for the fuerza, amigo. Thanks for the strength, friend. And I'll say, no, 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 uh, Charlie, I was just checking on you, you know, to say you're great. 
And then maybe later we could talk about Ahora Mastarde. Now, now and later candies, you know. Ahora Mastarde. It's a now and later. Or I could say, would you like your compliment? Ahora or Mastarde? And I could just say, uh, uh, compliments Algoon for some, uh, compliments for Toto for all. Uh, and hey, don't you, you will get metaphorically grasa on my compliments, uh, fat on compliments. If, uh, Apodo, my nickname will be, uh, Ningun, any, uh, let it be the tipo, the kind of nickname that Kunsie gets, uh, Joven, young, uh, verbos, verbs excited. Because, you know, you get a young verb. Oh, what's a young verb? You know, one you've just picked from the verb garden. What's a verb garden? No, I did not misspeak. I meant verb garden, not herb garden. Is it herb garden or herb garden? Herb. Is it herb garden or herb garden? I'll tell you what, this Sigilo, this century... I want to be free of enredos, entanglements. I want to see you follow you. By the way, hey, Podemos Ablar, can we talk? No. Okay, what's this cosita here, this thingy, this cosita, this thingy? Because it's wonderful. Oh, that's your ear. Oh, yeah, is that an attached earlobe or a detached one? Because I love it. Okay, how about this? Puede, can can we, uh, Puesto post some wonderful stuff about you on the internet? Uh, Puede, Puesto, can we post some stuff about you? El pasar mañana, it'll happen tomorrow. Uh, nosotros, we, Pasando, are going, uh, nosotros, we, Pasando, are going, uh, encima, above, we're going above and beyond, uh, with the compliments to the world, uh, Intende Sesos? Intendes uh, eso, do you understand that? You know what I'd say to you? Give it a try. Dale eso. Give complimenting a try. Put 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 bad attitudes aside. And I say qualquer. A- any compliment will do. You say, you know, uh, say something like, hello, good job. And you don't even have, I mean, see for us. It figures that person just left. Sorry about that. Uh, everyone's interested these days in taking lotos, the sides, or they're distracted about billetes, you know, their bills. But, uh, con pago, with payment of compliments, the bill is always, hmm, I don't, I guess I don't have a good saying yet. And a lot of people will say, effecto abogado, it's a lawyer effect, and I would disagree, but I would agree with the saying, Un pelo en la sopa. There's the hair in the soup. If the soup is you and the hair is in it, you know, what is the precio justo, the the fair price for the soup? Zero, we'd agree on, right? And you might even say, esto es un chiste. Is this a joke? If someone brought you that soup, and you might even say even further, asunto, is this really a business? What What is going And I would say, delito, take no offense. Is this really a thought experiment? Plata, plata, planta, plant, uh, plantado, planted in your mind. Uh, deside, since. 
Hey, Oeste, did you hear how good you look today? Good, and how good you sound today? Uh, me, me, metemos, uh, we put, uh, some awards up for you. And we also, uh, you won, believe it or not, not only did you win awards, you won, uh, Pesando de Pizza, Slice of Pizza. And they said, when you were a kid, you invented a new kind of pizza, Tejado de Pizza, Chopped Pizza. Wow. You were brilliant even back then. And dije, I said it. Uh, men, man, tente. I want to stay. And Olympiar, clean you up with compliments. Uh, Maya bien. Wow, you look nice. Uh, and that's all I wanted to say. Thanks for giving me the honor of, uh, uh, letting me attempt to compliment you. Great job. Thank you so much for this honor in bestowing this award on you. Adios. And buenas noches. I want to say, say goodnight to some Twitter uh, people on Twitter. Suzanne R. Um, uh, goodnight, Suzanne. Goodnight, Matt H. Anyone that's still awake, Matt's got us. He's three different podcasts now, and he's a really nice guy. You could start with Obsessive Viewer. I think that's his most popular one. But I'm pretty sure he has a one about Twilight Zone, I know. And then I think his other one's about guitars. But I don't know. But goodnight, Matt, anyway. I want to say goodnight to Tara and Tara. Uh, Geeky Girl and Fern. Uh, Chris I, that he, he wrote a nice article about us, and he also tweeted me. Uh, good night to the Dickens Christmas Fair. Uh, good night to Illusionoid Podcast. Illu- Illusion Pod. I want to, no, it's Illusionoid. I was right. Big, big dumb elf. Good night, big dumb elf. Uh, good night, Gold Glitter. Viva La Lampa. Viva Lava Lava, Viva Lavamba. I had it right the first time. Good night. Thank you. Uh, Good night, company spamming my Twitter. Good night. Good night, manicured nerd. Thank you for your wonderful uh, suggestion. And hopefully we'll we'll be able to do something like that in the, the, uh, you know, spring or late winter. Uh, Justin D., good night. Thank you. Andy V, good night. Justin, Justin C, I did our D, he, he's got a C and a D. I used our uh, Amazon link, thank you. And then Andy V suggested some uh, possible, uh, what do you call them, sponsors. Uh, Bugs now funny, good night. I, I hope you got, I hope your return trip goes well too. Uh, Daisy Queen, I want to say good night to you. Good night to Uma. Uh, and Bianca. Uh, good night to Lori S. Good night, Lori. And who for, for, could forget Daisy's other uh, Phoebe? And Jiminy Cricket. Oh, Jiminy Cricket. Anastasia. Anastasia. Yeah. Good night to Anastasia H. Good night, Anna. Good night. Cool front. It's a warm front when you're being nice to me. Emily Expo, thank you for a wonderful week and interactions. Good night. Jason F, same to you. Jason S, did I say F the first time? 
Even writing poetry, thank you. Peppermint P, demigod, good night. Uh, LT, good night to you. Good night, LT, thank you. Rachel H, good night, Rachel H, thank you. DJ Cupcake, good night, good night to you. Lisa, good night, good night. Sarah M, good night. Lie Lie, good night. Jenny C, good night. Chef Stacy, good night. Mary Beth, good night. LJR, good night to you. Annie B, good night. Jen B, good night. Joan M, good night. Uh, Rita, good night. Julie G, good night. Good night, Kim. Uh, good night to the Stam World podcast. Uh, to Dom and Jen, good night. And Team Blab, good night. Uh, Jennifer E., good night. Laura B., good night. Uh, Silvertone, good night. Justin and Brandon, good night. Misconduct, good night. Maxine, good night. And, and good night to my buddy Vinny and Tin Man Mike. Good night, everybody. And thank you so much. Hey, I want to do some Facebook thank yous. And good night. I want to say good night to Melissa B. and Drake. Good night to Cindy C, Laura B, Katie O, good night, Jason and Jennifer, you know, run yourselves right to sleep, good night, Boodzy, Bodzy, B-O-D-Z-Y, good night, Tracy B, good night, Miriam, good night, Chevy, good night, Good night to Andrew J. Katie W., good night to you too. Good night to Babs, good night to Carrie. Good night to Dana Alexander Tyler. Good night. Uh, good night to Lisa, Linda, good night. Rachel B., good night. Julie F., good night. Roberto, good night. Laura, again, good night. Joan, M, good night. Julie R, good night. Ricardo, good night, buddy. Mom, good night. Corey R, good night. Good night to Maura. Good night to Summer BB. Best Boar, Best Boar Bud. I guess that would be Summer Triple B. Uh, Yana, good night, Yana. Polly P, we get a lot of alliteration tonight. Good night, Polly P. Tamara and Tasman, friends and more friends. Good night to both of you. Uh, Donna A, good night. Princess G, good night. Uh, Karen CP, good night. Julie C, good night. Uh, Liz, friends with Summer Triple B, Triple to the B, thank you. Good night. Uh, Faye with an E, good night. Cindy C, good night. Ed H, good night. Jim M, good night. Victor J, good night. My cousin Abby, my cousin Sarah, my cousin Kevin. Oh, good night to all of you. Some huge supporters. JD too. Nick G, good night. 
Uh, Baroness Bonnie, good night. Uh, Dagmar, good night. And, you know, thanks for your comment. I thought that one was funny about the oatmeal. Stephanie M., good night. Thank you. Allie H., good night. Glenn R., good night. Amy, good night. And that's the Facebook. Good nights. Good night. Thank you. Hey, you're all night tossing, turning, mind racing, trouble getting to sleep, trouble falling asleep. Well, welcome. This is Sleep With Me, the podcast that's here to put you to sleep. Now we do it with a bedtime story. All you need to do is get in bed, turn out the lights and press play. I'm going to do the rest. And you're, if this is your first a couple times here, first 50 times or less here, you may say, what's the rest again? Because either I fall asleep or, or what you say doesn't make any sense. Okay, I'll try to give it to you simple. I'll try to give it to you straight. What I'm going to try to do is create a safe place where you can set aside whatever has been keeping you up at night, whether it's thoughts, feelings, uh, sensations from the mind, the body, the spirit, or your emotional center. I'm going to try to take your mind off that. I'm going to try to distract you from that. I'm going to use lulling, soothing tones. I'm going to use pointless meanders. I'm going to go on tangents. I'm going to say, Jesus, what, what? I'm going to do that. I do that a lot. And some of it's not even on purpose, just my brain. You know, I'm a slow brain typist. Like the transcoding takes forever, I guess, you know. We, we talk about this a lot. Now, tonight's episode's special. It has sound effects, and, and they're weaved in there, I think, in a non-disturbing way. But And I'll talk about that at the top of the episode. But, but it, it'll be a story. It'll have some personal elements. This is a particularly... Not a, a harsh personal story, but a story from my childhood, a little journey uh, with little Andy, as it once was known, and may still be known by certain people. But I'm, I'm going to take you on that journey, not uh, in an autobiography, auto, here we go right now, it's an autobiography, autobiographical, not in an autobiographical manner, not in a... Uh, Joseph Cam Cam Cambabelian Manor and Miss obviously JCF Foundation, please don't come after me. Uh, not in a uh, you know tightly structured manner like one of my heroes, uh, screenwriter, movie making heroes would do, but in a way that you're like, well, you know, kind of like when it, I don't know if you've had this experience. This is if you you're a parent or you're an aunt or an uncle, or you're in a relationship and you have someone you're you're in a relationship with, and you go to a movie at the behest of the other person, but you don't feel really resentful. You're like, okay, I'll go to that kid's movie, or I'll go to that genre movie that you like. And you kind of go into it, and, and you're kind of like, uh, you're feeling neutral. You say, well, geez, I'm not expecting it to be, like, I'm not in a bad mood. Like, sometimes you feel a little resentful. Or, you know, I do because I'm a, I'm a, I'm a double human being. I have all the human stuff probably, you know, magnified or something. But, uh, you know, if you're going into it, you say, well, just let me see how this movie goes. And then the movie goes just like that. The movie ends. And you say, well, that wasn't terrible. And, and this person, this child or this... Lover, this partner of mine, 
my, my husband, my wife, my father, my mother, whatever it is you say, well, they enjoyed it too. So, so that's kind of like, this is, that's what this podcast is like. You say, ideally, you just fall asleep with some part of your brain and be like, well, this isn't terrible. I don't need, I don't think I need to shut this off because, and then ideally, you, you'll, uh, You'll be just engaged enough to kind of pay attention, not think about all the other stuff that's been keeping you up at night. But you'll say, well, you know, Scooter's not exactly living like the, the, the this kind of life that's so riveting. I, I can't, you know, I can't fall asleep. Now, I do have to tell you, this episode is dedicated to a few people, most of, a lot of which I'll forget. Well, let me tell you, this is an episode that goes out to number one, Steven Spielberg, number two, Robert Zemeckis, uh, number three, George Lucas, uh, number four, Richard Donner, uh, number five, Lawrence Kasdan. And there's probably a bunch of a way to, oh, Ian Fleming, uh, I can't forget Ian Fleming. There's probably a bunch of other people in there missing. And then some modern day people, John August, Greg Mazin. Uh, Joey Sanders and all the students that were in my classes at Berkeley City College, a community college uh, that was taught by uh, classes that were taught by Joey Sanders. And those classes and the connections I made there uh, helped reignite my passion for just making up stories and loving stories and movies and listening to the Script Notes podcast with John and Craig. It was a parallel journey. And so without any of those people, those current people, and there's a lot more current people, obviously, uh, but these people are particularly tied to my passion of, of, of movies as I was a kid and then more recently. So I just wanted to say that this show's dedicated to all these people. And you see, most people say, well, geez, that's a lot. You can't really do that, Scooter, because that was like eight, eight or nine or ten, twelve people. And you also you miss, you know, your, your parents. And I say, okay, yeah, okay. Brainbot. Like when you're dedicating stuff, this is one, another time you might need this podcast. Don't do any dedication speeches. Uh, commencement. I think we went over this once. So don't do any commencement speech planning. Even commencement speech or dedication. I probably was fantasizing about this dedication to hang at bedtime. But don't do it. Don't follow my bad example. And don't fantasize about commencement speech making, award ceremonies. You know, don't fall into that, uh, you know, pit of uh, all or nothing of award ceremony, commencement speech despair. Because even when you're, you say, well, geez, I'm never going to fall asleep now because I got, I got all these jokes now. And they say, well, geez, shouldn't you worry about what are you exactly winning an award for? You haven't done uh, Okay, well, okay, okay, maybe I should, maybe I should go to the, you know. So that's what this podcast is here for, when you get in bed. And then those award-related brain bots, those parts of your brain, I call them brain bots, that start perking up. They say, hey, how come you haven't won any awards? Well, remember, uh, you know, Little League, I won, you know, they called me the Cisco Kid Award. Remember that? What was that for? Uh, they, because they called me the Cisco. They said, "Here you go. Here's your award for the Cisco kid." They called me up, uh, and everybody, cl- okay, have you won any awards? Okay, like it gets hard, and they say, "Well, geez, what award would you win?" And then it comes, "Well, geez, I do. It would be nice to win some awards. You know, that would give me some certainty and ease my relationship issues and money. You know, whoa." And they say, 
Oh, yeah, what would I say if I won that award? And then you say, well, then everything would go wrong. And then you go down. There's too many roads when it comes to award uh, fantasizing, uh, dread, or commencement speeches. It's the same ball game, exact same thing. So I just want to take your mind off that. That's what this podcast is. It is strange. You know, the last nine minutes have been pretty strange if you've been here for it. But it's a good-hearted, good-natured attempt to help you fall asleep. It's different than what else is out there. And I put I put everything I have into it, including this episode is really bearing. It's, it's got some stuff not not super embarrassing, not humiliating. Mildly, I feel mildly exposed. It's the kind of vulnerability I'm most com- comfortable with, barely vulnerable. He said, geez, Scooter, you really were emotionally vulnerable like in that episode. Yeah, thank you. I really stretch. So whatever it is, I'm here to help. I want to help you fall asleep. It's it's weird. So I hope you give this show a couple of tries. If it doesn't work for you, I'm sorry it didn't. And I'm sorry I used up your time. You could email me and I might be able to track down another solution. Laura Miller's article on Slate had a couple other great solutions. Uh, so, so, so that's it. That's why I'm here. Is, is, is I really hope, I really desire. I'm sending my voice, and really, in some sense, as much as I can get in touch with my heart, I'm sending my voice in my heart across the deep dark night. I want to escort you over that threshold. I and thanks for being here. And I, I really do hope I help you fall asleep. Good night. Hey, everybody. It's Scooter here. It's uh, time for another Tuesday episode. It is November 7th, uh, Saturday, late, early evening, well, post-sunset, I guess that's always evening, evening, and I'm do, we're going to do a new uh, test episode here. It's a trending sound effects episode, so if anybody doesn't, so this will be a test, we'll see how it goes, uh, but this will have some sound effects weaved into the story. I haven't totally, I think I know how it's going to go as far as weaving them into the story. Is I'm going to listen to them and then maybe we'll uh, do a music bed. I mean, we'll play, I don't know. We'll see how it goes. It was a great idea submitted by Bob C., one of our wonderful listeners. And I saw, he said, hey, I got all these sound effects that I, I used to be in radio. He said, he said, hey, I got all these sound effects. And he, he said, let's, let's try a few out. I said, let's do it. So that's going to be the, the trends for the episode. Sounding, I think Bob had a great name for it. Of course, I forgot. But it's trending, sounding, sweater, swoos day. Uh, swoos day, which is, sounds, you know, that's very Susian. Somebody actually is weird that that comes up because somebody used the word swole with me today, which I think I didn't ask them how you spell swole. I guess I would presume it's W-S-W-O-L-E. And uh, I think it means, you know, muscular, swole, swelled, swole. Is that the present tense of swollen? So swole, Uh, because we were walking by a gym and they said, hey, I used to get swole at this gym. They were using it in a non, they were just using it in parlance, I guess. So that's interesting. But so here's where my thoughts were with tonight's episode. I, I, uh, a new James Bond movie comes out, or came out, I guess, a Spectre. 
And I think Daniel Craig makes a pretty good Bond. And I've always loved the Bond movies. Oh, now it looks like we maybe we'll have a double setup here. Uh, and, and again, these might be stories some of you have heard before, but in a diff- different context. And there's two things about Bond movies. One that affects this episode, but the other thing is when I decided I wanted to, there was a point in my life, a summer. Let's see if I can make this as short and sweet as I can. But there was a point in my life where I was old enough to go to the movies alone. And I would say that was fifth or sixth grade. And there was a movie movie theater, two-screen movie theater, maybe three screens. Uh, and I'm not sure if it was, it was close enough to walk. I don't know if we got dropped off, but sometimes me and one of my siblings would go. Or my best friend at the time, who, uh, I don't know what happened to our friendship. I think I talked about this before. But we would go uh, to the movies. That was one of the greatest summers of my life. And one of the movies was a James Bond movie that summer. And I probably saw it, and I'm not being facetious, at least ten times in the movie theater. And I had a paper out, and all my money went to going to the movies that summer. I think the only other thing I spent money on that summer was a, a pack of score bars. I dreamed of buying, like, a bulk candy and I think I bought like a pack of score bars, like an eight pack. I probably ate them all at that moment, and so that's why I don't eat score bars anymore. Still, I'm still a toffee fan, not a hardcore uh, toffee consumer, but I enjoy a toffee. I'm not a toffee like some people are like, especially those uh, those rolls. What are they called? I, I can't say Roca. Living in Almond Roca. But so I saw this Bond movie, a couple other movies, and I remember now, like I said, I was in fifth or sixth grade. So now most of my classmates were, you know, everybody loves the movies, but I would go home and recreate the movies with G.I. Joes and Transformers and Fisher Price. And I can remember, I guess this was sixth grade, so too old to be playing with toys by some people's standards, but not by mine. And I remember I was reenacting a scene from the James Bond movie, a snow-based scene, I think, with a a snow-based G.I. Joe character. And at some moment, my mind grasped the fact, for the first time, uh, at least uh, in a concrete way, that people actually make these movies, that it's someone's job uh, to to make make sure these movies get made, and I, and I guess uh, it, before that I never thought thought about it, and, and at that point I decided, well, that's what I want to do with my life. I want to make movies, and I remember I became obsessed with uh, like I didn't really have any. I don't know what happened was I I learned about Steven Spielberg and not only was Steven Spielberg a director he was usually an executive director producer so I got obsessed with that I think sometimes my focus gets too too narrow so I didn't think about the fact that people write the movies uh, some people just direct movies some people produce movies. People act in movies, people, all these thousands of people can contribute to the making of a movie. And we should have a second of gratitude for all those people. Thank you. Um, 
Um, so I, I became obsessed with Steven Spielberg at the time and, and an executive. And I said, one day I'm going to be an executive producer, director. And people would ask me what that means. Now, I know there was a lot of sixth graders that didn't mature. I was about uh, the maturity of a third grader, I would say, as a sixth grader. So I, I just said, hey, well, I'm going to make movies like seasons. I'm going to be in it because what are you going to do when you grow up? Executive producer, director, that's what I'm going to do. And then I remember uh, the time came in that grade to do a report uh, based on what do you want to be when you grow up? I said, oh boy, well, I know what I'm going to do. Uh, but it needed, uh, uh, we needed to cite some things, you know, you needed uh, to base it on some books. And I couldn't find any books about becoming an executive producer, director of movies. Probably because those are more titles than just being a movie director. But even at the time, I don't know. I don't know if we were just using our school library, which was very small. Or if we were using, but I remember I had the worst time, and the only book I found was way beyond me. And also, uh, you know, it, it, it was just, uh, what was I going to say? My understanding of what an executive producer, director uh, is, I didn't even have that. At the, to me, that was the person that made, that was Steven Spielberg, right? He made the movies. And I knew there was other people involved, but to me, it was like this single-handed like vision, which in Steven Spielberg's case, it, it seems like a lot of times that's the case anyway. But not as an executive, you know, I, just, I was obsessed with that term. I thought that term meant, you know... Movie visionary, whatever. And, oh, also at the time, so we had to do this report. I think it was over, like, spring break or holiday break or something. And I think it was a long report for sixth grade. And I didn't have any discipline also or a lot of structure around getting my work done. Also, I hated school. And even this thing, I said, oh, boy, this is it. This is I'm going to nail this report. And I remember I started writing it, and I was more writing about what I loved about movies and why I wanted to make movies, which now I kind of get a little, you know, like, man, I, I could have used a little uh, advocacy here. But within the parameter of the school, probably they would say, well, no, not really. You're not following instructions. True, also true. So I just sat down to proceed, and I guess I probably threw in, like, some fake quotes now, also, anybody that's get, looked at any notes, gotten any show notes from the uh, SASE, you know my handwriting is pretty bad, and that goes way back to when I hurt my arm as a, in second grade. And my, you just have uh, problems with with handwriting due to whatever. I don't know what it is. Uh, but, 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 but I don't know. But my handwriting is very bad, and it, and I'm left-handed, and I don't have any discipline, and because of whatever happened, my arm would tire more easily, or at least I thought so. That's what I would tell myself. So I think my biggest mistake going into this was, one, uh, my obsession with being an executive uh, director, producer, and two, that I decided, wow, that's a lot to write out, uh, I don't know if that's such a good idea there, Scoots. I mean, at the time I called myself Andy. I said, Andy, uh, so I decided to uh, uh, just decide by my own authority uh, to uh, shorten it down to executive EDEP probably, 
and then I would put a star, and then I put a little note to the teacher, uh, as the executive director, that's short, because, you know, obviously I'm not going to write it. And I guess it's going to come to the episode, because we might as well keep going in and realize this story would kind of suck us in, so. But I remember I was really excited about this report, even though there was some dread in it. Um, I was like, man, this is it. Like, this is when my... But if we go back there, it was such a formative memory for me in my relationship to movies, and now uh, coming full circle in a different way with the podcast, I think. So we have this moment to thank... But I'll never remember. It was like when I, I remember it had this snowmobile and a G.I. Joe was on it. And he hit this jump and it was like these, like uh, heart music from heaven, as I realized. And I sat down. And now that we're going to do the episode on this, it was like just a harps were playing, heavenly harps were playing. And I said, someone makes these movies. And this is going to date me, but I, I don't really, you know, I'm, I'm I'm fine with people knowing that I'm 41, so there's out there. But uh, so this was also the summer, and I guess ironically, it was just Back to the Future Day, that Back to the Future came out and Goonies came out. And I think these all came out in the same summer. So, like, these three movies is the James Bond of View to a Kill, uh, Goonies, and Back to the Future. And it was also the first time I could independently go to the movies. I had money for my paper out. I literally saw Goonies, I mean, even more times than uh, Back to the Future. I must have seen that movie 20 or 30 times in the movie. And I think it was uh, $2 or one fifty or one twenty-five or something cheap, so cheap back then. I guess not as cheap as Redbox, but, but to be able to go there and it would be during the day and the summer... And you'd go into the dark of the movie, be air-conditioned. This is, I lived in Syracuse, New York, where it get hot and humid, but you'd be in the air-conditioned theater. And sure, we didn't have, you know, we spent our money on movie tickets, so we didn't really have any snacks or anything, but all oh, the smells and the popping of the popcorn. I mean, I can feel it now. My God, I'm not even kidding you. And the lobby would be full of, you know, in my mind, at least chattering, anticipation. Of people laughing and excited, and 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 saying, "Jesus, what's this?" You know, I mean, I'd seen Goonies, but I said, "What's this Goonies about?" I hear it's great, and in reality, probably was some magic going on. Let's be honest; like uh, matinees are where lovers meet for a tryst or for the beginning of a tryst, or you know, people playing hooky from work, or they say, "Well, geez, I'm gonna go." Or really a place of solace matinees are, like a place where you can say, I need to escape from the world. So the chatter of the lobby could have been real. These people, like, what's that word? Uh, it's like a word for counter-cultural or, like, like almost, matinees are almost a place of rebellion and childhood youthful spirits, you know. Pure escapism, you're escaping from the day into a wonderful deep dark night and then the projector plays and for me it was magic so i saw this goonies then i saw a view to a kill and then at some point also right after i realized that someone made the movies when i was playing with my gi joes i realized that uh 
or I watched the news and they said, you know, coming out later this summer, also uh, produced by Steven Spielberg. Because I think Steven Spielberg had something to do with Goonies. Nothing to do with A View to a Kill. But they said this movie Back to the Future is coming out. And they said it might even be bigger and better than Goonies. Which I said, okay, that's not possible. But then it ended up, it, it was it was different. It wasn't bigger or better. It was, it was like as, well, it was another wonderful pinnacle experience for me. And so, so that's where my obsession with the executive director, producer, executive producer, director, I think was the term uh, at the time. And I think Steven Spielberg, well, at least for me, was the first like uh, celebrity director. I mean, he had done E.T. He was, uh, he, I don't know. And it's weird that uh where I choose to funnel my attention, because I didn't funnel it into an obsession with Steven Spielberg. Like, I had an appreciation for his work, but I didn't really uh, know what an executive... Like, to me, they, they made movies. And so so I worked on this report. We'll go back to the report here. And all that love of movies was there. So the report, I guess this would have been the summer between 5th and 6th grade. I I don't want to stop and Google and look up the date or whatever. But that would make sense that the 6th grade was when I was was like, oh boy, this is it. I know what I want to do with my life now. Uh, And now another thing is this was when I had my insomnia. This was also 5th or 6th grade was when it was probably at its peak. And it was because of my relationship with school in 5th and 6th grade was when I started to have some real problems. And also in sixth grade, me and the teacher just had a hard time uh, interacting and we we, we just didn't see... I don't know. And so at some point, it became time to turn this paper in. And this paper was full of uh, misguided joy. I think uh, just like in McFly, uh, George McFly was always being accused of being, uh, oh, what's that word? When you, uh, you're kind of innocent and, and without guile, gullible, uh, is that the right word? I'm not sure if it is. I think that's what Biff would say. Don't be some so gullible. So maybe it's something different than you. Ain't gullible, gullible and, and vulnerable and innocent. But, but also with me, I'll admit it, it was also maybe on some level intentional. And I don't understand it because it was, I was a child and child logic is beyond understanding. Because children are just doing their best, you know with what they have, too, just like adults in some sense. We just have a little bit more, you know, experience and ideally uh, patience and stuff like that. But this pa- this paper, even, it was filled with no facts. So let's, let's be honest. There was no facts about what an executive producer, director does other than make movies, produce, and direct. And I don't think I knew what those were either. Which is funny, kind of funny talking about it here, because I'm like, man, it's sixth grade. Uh, I don't know how old that is. Maybe twelve, thirteen. I'm guessing. Uh, it's like, geez, I really, I was a little bit uh, uh, George McFly. I was way more. I wanted to be Marty McFly. Oh, how I wanted to be Marty McFly. But I was more, way more George McFly. 
and Goonies, I don't think I could fit with any character. I think, uh, I was like maybe, uh, had a, had some chunks personality, uh, and then a little bit of data in me, uh, and maybe, uh, what's the lead character? Mikey. Yeah, I don't think I had Mikey. Mikey was a leader, you know. Maybe Mikey's curiosity, Chunk's humor, a little bit of Data's uh, sense of adventure, because Data loved James Bond, too, which made me love Data. Uh, and nothing with Mouse, but I loved Mouse, you know. You know, I loved that character, too. And I'm sorry if you don't... I'm trying to avoid the plots of the movies in case, because I know... It's weird that Goonies is... Uh, can be a source of pain. I talked about this before, but for people that haven't seen Goonies, and let's not do this, let's agree as a community not to do this to anyone. Let's stop the Goonies shaming from here on forward, especially with our brothers and sisters that are in the millennial generation that might be on the, you know, the front end of the millennials, they, they've probably seen Goonies, but the middle and back end, maybe they haven't. And there's plenty among us, uh, pre-millennial, that uh, haven't. And they say, and people, I don't. We don't want to hurt anybody around Goonies or shame them. If you haven't seen Goonies, yeah, maybe see it, maybe don't. I'm no pressure. And I say that, and I and is because my sister-in-law, my brother Carl's wife Julie. Hi, Julie. She, uh, she did not see Goonies, and we would, we would, and I, I guess I have an amends to make, an apology to make, because we would go, we'd be like, wait a second, like if we were all driving in a car, and then Goonies would come up, or you'd say, man, you, you know, we can do a truffle shuffle later, or, you know, hey, Mikey, or whatever, she would be like, what do you guys say, well, it's from Goonies, she, I had never seen Goonies, everyone in the car would say, you never seen Goonies? And it was, you don't realize, I guess, how hurtful it can be. So let's, let's, let's agree uh, to agree to stop the goon. No more goonies shaming. You know, would Mikey want us to shame? Would data, data? I mean, how would Chunk feel? You know, he'd say, I mean, Mouse, is that it? Mouse, is that one of the characters? Is that Sean, Sean Astin? We had, uh, Corey Feldman. And that's about it. Me, Josh Brolin was uh, Brant, right? Me, is that really, is that right? I think it is. I could probably think it, but let's not pull him. But so, where was I? I don't know. I just remember uh, pouring all that movie love. Like like being a, like being ready to go in the movies, only having enough to get into the theater and then, like, hearing a clink on the street of a quarter, hitting the pavement, and saying, I don't think popcorn was 25 cents at the time, but it might have been 50 cents or a dollar. Uh, but saying, uh, okay, so but I poured everything in that paper. But so I poured uh, all my uh, love into this paper of movies, but no facts. And I think the assignment was... Uh, and that would be a good sixth grade assignment to so have, like, uh, what do you want to do with one primary source? And also, again, my handwriting and penmanship were awful. And I was Mr. Messy, as we've talked about on the show. So everything, I guess there's so many new people now. 
that would like to get to know me a little bit better. I'm, I'm a messy guy. And as a child, I was unbelievably messy. And if we ever get a chance to meet, uh, well, I'm also a very awkward guy. So just so you know, way ahead of time, like I'll probably fumble between shaking your hand or hugging you. It just happened to me the other day. Yeah, let me run this by. This is a tangent, I guess. But uh, an old friend was in town with his wife, and, and we hadn't seen each other. And we spent some time together. And then we went out to dinner, and one of her coworkers came, or one of her old coworkers from another job. And, and we were at this kind of a bit busy, noisy restaurant. So me and my friend Chris, we, we talked. And his wife and, and this gentleman talked a lot because of the restaurant, you know. But then we, you know, we, we lingered as dinner closed. And, uh, you know, so we kind of talked a little bit. And I guess I was, it wasn't talking about the podcast, believe it or not, but I was talking about some other stuff. I was, I don't know if I was holding court, whatever, I was talking. And I guess I have a tendency to be, tell stories. So I was telling stories. But I didn't have a lot of one-on-one time with this person. But so dinner closed, and we were saying our goodbyes, all of us. And we, I did the old awkward, go to shake this guy's hand, and he was like, oh, hell no, it's a hug. And it was so awkward, because then I felt like, geez, I didn't want to hurt him and say, no, 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 you're only shake-worthy. And then I hugged him, but I still said, well, I don't know, are we like a... I mean, that was all going through my brain in real time. Well, I don't know if we're on a hug basis. No, if, you know, I mean, I'm not even on a hug basis with myself. Uh, so, or my, you know, I'm, I'm just, and I think I should be. It, it, they say that's good for the health and such things. But, uh, so if we do cross paths, that would be one thing. You know, you can have a hug, but it's going to be, you know, and I think I would challenge you say, hey, just let's, let's hug. But, you know, it'll, it'll be awkward because of me, but it doesn't need to be. I don't know. You know what I mean? I'm trying to grow. I'm trying to grow here. But that's one thing. The next thing you probably won't notice about me because, you know, if we're just meeting or it wouldn't be appropriate for you to stare at my clothing. But whatever I'm wearing, uh, there's a 90 to 94 percent chance there's a stain on my clothes somewhere and that's how it plays out as an adult like everything i wear gets stained usually some sort of grease stain nowadays and i always say geez why don't i take my clothes off before i make dinner and put on some you know but then i forget or i'm out there in the world i get stained i'm a, I'm a messy person and that applies to this paper because uh uh I don't know, I just have terrible penmanship. I would always get a D or whatever on that, or an NI needs improvement, or NS not satisfactory, probably. But so I hand this paper in, but I still was like, just like a George, young, like a young George McFly, like a sixth grade George McFly. And I handed this paper in, and I expected, I honestly, I, I would have, I wouldn't have been surprised, and I'm not kidding, if I got to school. And again, this is why I tell boring stories or podcast stories or whatever. I, w I would not have been shocked. And probably a, a large majority was expecting me to get to school one day and Steven Spielberg was going to be there. And I would probably be in, I would probably have feigned shock, but I would have been like, and he'd be like, hey, we, I read your paper. It was good, the greatest thing I've ever read. 
I don't know if you've heard about the trouble we've been having with ET2 or whatever. He said, you know, I'd like to pull you out of school and bring you out. You know, maybe, you know, figure out, maybe maybe we could break some stories. You know, maybe you'd be my protege. So I was kind of expecting that. And that's another problem of mine is these unrealistic expectations. I said, okay, all my school problems, I don't need to worry about those. Because uh, when Spielberg catches wind of this, uh, this work of art I've created about this ode uh, to executive producer directors, I guess I should have done that. Oh, to those, I mean, it would have been like that too. I mean, it was well-intentioned, but the paper was probably nonsense. I mean, and I don't mean that in a hurtful way, but it probably was like, oh, to those who direct and produce with executive oversight, the movies, you enter the darkness and magic happens, and you are the makers of that magic. Without you executively producing, directing, we would not see the images on the screen. I would not go back in time. I would not uh, see the sights of one-eyed Willie Ship. Oh, to you who executive produce and direct. Oh, I salute you. In my heart, in my soul, the gratitude fills up and overflows, for I am so lucky to drink from the chalice you have filled with your executive producing and directing. One may ask... What does an executive producer do, director producer do? And I would cite one Steven Spielberg, and maybe I mentioned Robert Zemeckis too, who both executive produces and executive directs, executive producer director. He brings the films to the screen for us to enjoy, to be touched to adventure, to hear Sloth say, baby Ruth. It is the dream that is granted to every child of the world. Who, where to for out thou did say, of you to kill this day, Roger Moore becomes James Bond. Marty McFly, you know, but puts the 1950s on. In so many ways, my life has changed this summer. For learning of you, executive producer directors, it was not a bummer. And that is why I have decided to dedicate my life to the executive production and direction of films. And that is why I read this book. Uh, cited here into four, uh, you know, Murphy's book on movies, for it tells the tales, so deep and so wise, of the making of movies, in the wooing of sighs, of the cries of heroes, this book does tell. But within 
Its chapters are true hero dwells. It is the executive producer director. Then one day I may become for a child's dream is yet to be one. But there is one who stands above them all. Steven Spielberg's the name. This book doth cite him and his executive production direction game. And that is why I write this ode. For my dream has thus been told to be like Steven Spielberg, as cited in this here book, an executive producer-director. My head has thus shook in affirmation, you know, blah, blah, blah. And I mean, I think that uh, ode that I just did, uh, was that, is that animals making a noise about that ode? And I wish they would have made the noise before I handed in the paper. And also, I'm a very stubborn adult, and I was a child, so I'm sure any um, uh, proofreading, well, I had a complicated relationship with schoolwork and uh, authority figures, so it was difficult for them to help me in any way. You know, so it was always a battle for me. It was either so it, it, it's tough to to give a fair version of of. Uh, I don't know if anyone could have helped me avoid avoid any of this. And I'm sure people did try. I'm sure my parents said, "Hey, what do we? You know, there's no there's no substance to this." Uh, they say, "You do not." They say, "How dare you besmirch the name of one Steven Spielberg in his trade." Executive production direction. Um, I wish I would have just done that. If I would have known to do an ode, I still would have. So I handed the paper in, right? And then I don't know how long I had to wait. I expected Steven Spielberg to come get me. And I'm not making that up. I really constantly, you know, even now, but maybe, you know, maybe experiences like this tamped it down a little. But I remember the day came and I, I was probably riding high that the papers were going to get back to us. I, it was probably the only time in, in fifth, sixth grade that I was waiting for a paper uh, to be returned to me because otherwise it was going to be bad news. And I think probably I was expecting they said, well, you know, we had to, uh, you know, principals here and, uh, you know, executive of schools because we had to come up with something better than an A plus because of this paper. You know, we're just calling, you know, we're just going to, we've got the directors and the producers killed here. And that's it. We, we, you know, you're, you're now, because we can't even give you an A plus, it just feels. But so I remember, and, and this is almost, uh, I mean, this is, you can see this coming a mile away. So the papers get handed out and I turn my, you know, whatever I turn it over, I see it. And it failed. I, I didn't even think it failed. I think it refused. I'm pretty sure the teacher refused. Like, whatever it was, it was It was like I, I thought I was hearing German. I was like, what did you just say? Is this in German? I'm sorry. And then maybe I started speaking in German out of confusion. Uh, but I was like, oh, I said, what do you mean? And I think uh, it said, you know, basically the teacher said there's no substance here to this paper, you know, there's nothing here. And you didn't read the book, and uh, and this was a repeat offense. I remember I had to read a Civil War book, and I made up a, you know, paper the night before about that. 
Oh, that was a good one. That was probably an ode. I said, like, Cannon's Blast in Gettysburg. You know, it's the same like I just did in the material. And that was actually in a paper I failed as well. Uh, maybe that was a year before. But this one I had way, more, way, way, way more invo- emotional investment. That one I was just hoping to sneak one by. This I thought was good. Uh, but, you know, I was wrong. I was wrong about that. But so I got it back. And I think I... uh Usually my, and it probably had to be signed by my parents because it was so bad. Usually in that case, they say, you know, bring this back tomorrow, sign by your parents and then redo it. And usually my move in that case was to stuff it at the bottom of my backpack, which was my backpack was like one of those, my backpack was one of those, uh, I think they, they I think I saw, I heard on Star Talk, they were talking about my backpack in fifth and sixth grade because, uh, I'm pretty sure they located, like, a missing satellite in there, like, five or six years ago. Because it just, get you know, it's got some kind of, like, I just stuff in there. And then I probably went with a, hopefully that problem will go away situation. And then I do remember, you know, like, trying to, having the book and trying to go through it. And, and just being in this war with adults, with uh, all adults in my life. Them saying, well, okay, can't you just cite stuff from this book about what an executive producer, director does? And me just staying with the ideal of like, no, 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 I want to make movies. And I guess this is where strange kids, I know all kids have trouble. And maybe this is just more of like a narcissism or, uh, or individual... This is, you know, formative experience for me, so, uh, but, you know, like, uh, I just had trouble, uh, I don't know, I think it was like, you know, my brain didn't work the way, like, it was like we were operating on different interfaces or different languages even, and a lot of times I wasn't even speaking the same language as my peers, or even my siblings or whatever. So the teachers would be like, I don't know what the hell, what the hell is wrong? Why, why, why can't you just write a, you know, just dial it in? And I also had an inability to do that. Not because of any, um, what do you call it? Like, uh, aspirations or, um, big, it was like, no, no, no. I'm, I, this is about me being an executive producer, director. Even though that might have been meaningless, it meant something to me. Uh, and, and so that just became something that, that I said, okay, let's box that up uh, for as long as possible. And, uh, you know, and I guess maybe if I, if I had written an ode, maybe I could have packaged it up. I guess I should have done this, like taking the paper. This would have been cool, like a cool kid, like a, I don't know if Brant and Marty McFly were combined into one character, because Brant was pretty damn cool. Uh... And he was a good older brother, like protective, uh, adventurous, uh, you know, outgoing. He was trying to connect with Andy. And then uh, Marty was cool, too, but he was a little more comically cool. Uh, but if they were combined into a character, that character may have, you know, rewritten the paper as an ode, put it in a bottle, gone down to the beach, and sat with the beach sounds. And maybe this is like the final part of this. This is my healing process. And saying, uh, 
let's set this like, like maybe if I had Brant and Marty and they say hey Andy come on let's go and I would say I'm Andy why just so you know Brant so don't pretend I'm like uh, the girl you have a crush he said no no don't worry let's go scoots we'll call you scoots and I would say what do you mean guys and they say well one day in the future it's all going to be okay I know it's tough being in 6th grade and you're a little, you're a little different you know and you can't get along with the teacher, and you can't really get you. You really have a lot of trouble with authority, and it's not you know you're not a bad kid. You're doing your best, and you know we're, we're characters, and you know it was unrealistic for you to say it, you, we'll be like your imaginary movie friends, Scoots, and we're gonna take you down to the beach. We're gonna write an ode, which I just performed somehow, and I say how how did I do that? And Marty said head back to the future. Roads, you know, we don't need roads. Odes? We don't need no fucking odes, man. Where we're going, it's all odes. And I would say, are you sure it's not all toads? Because I don't want to go to any future that's all toads. I said, I could probably tolerate a future that's all odes. Do people speak in odes? Because I would get, that, I would get sick of that pretty fast, Marty. And he would say, he'd say, this is a metaphor, Scoots. Oh, okay. Or you're, okay, so sorry, I didn't mean to, to steal your thunder. And they say, you know, dude, let's go down to the beach, and we're at the beach, and we have the beach sounds there. And they say, hey, Scoots, like, uh, it's going to be okay. You're, you're having a tough time now. And Steven Spielberg's not, he, he can't come rescue you. Like, you have to go through this. You have to be, you just do your best. You don't have to be brave. You don't have to change anything. But maybe, you know, you don't have to be so worried either. I know it's kind of scary. And maybe you have some feelings. I don't know what they are, Scooter, because I don't want to tell you how to feel. I'd say, Brant, you are the... I wish I had an older brother. Like I said, just remember, I'm imaginary, you know. Maybe, well, could you be my internal Brant? And he said, well, I don't even know if the character's name's Brant Scooter because I'm already inside you, believe it or not. Are you telling me I have an internal Marty McFly and an internal Brant or Brent? Yeah, it'd be good if we knew if it was Brent or Brant. They think it's Brant, or that's how Andy would say it. Well, anyway, Scoots, you're, you're stealing our thunder. Okay, so sorry, big, bro- big, big imaginary movie brothers. Oh, that, uh, thanks, guys. Anyway, Scoots. We just want you to know it's going to be okay. We're going to take this ode in this F paper or whatever, not even less than an F, not even worthy of a grade paper, and we're going to pack it up in this bottle here, and we're going to set it sail, and we're going to watch it go off, Scoots, and it's going to go off. Well, where's it going to go, guys? It's going to go where it goes, Scoots. It's going to go... Somewhere else, somewhere far away, you gotta let it go. Don't hold on to it, okay? We don't, we don't want these experiences to hold you back. And we don't want you to hold on to it. It's like an anchor. It's an anchor, but it's floating, guys. We know, Scoots, it's a, it's a, it's a real metaphor because it's really floating. Ah, uh, but, but Scoots, you stick with us here because we're, we're pulling everything together now. Oh, thanks, Brant. Brant, you guys are kind of talking in one voice now. Well, you said you wanted to combine us into one. 
So, but I'm just not sure what to call you now. Well, just just let us talk, Scoots. Yeah, sorry, I'm kind of, I'm so excited to be hanging with you guys, even though you're one, and you're inside me. This is the best imagining I've done, and it's so much, so great. I just feel, well, that's why we're here, to help you feel a little more. And it's okay to feel sad as that bottle drifts away. And yes, it's an anchor, but it's floating away. It's the magic of letting it go. And what we were saying before you kind of took us off track there, Scoots, and that's fine, is, uh... Letting the anchor float away frees you because we want you to float like that kid that was floating after the movies. That dreams of making things. That dreams of giving an experience like you had. Remember I was listening to you earlier because I can travel back and forth in time, right? I could see you were going to ask me that, Scoots. But I could feel the inside of the movie theater. I could hear... And smell the popcorn and the chatter. I could sense the, the the emotional and the chemical feelings of anticipation and elation as you enter the theater. In the wonder, even though it was your seventeenth time seeing Back to the Future, the wonder I could see it on your face. And I know you were changed that summer, Scoots. And now we have to let that anchor go away. So you can return and take solace in those memories and pass that experience on forward, Scoots. You want to create that experience for others. That's what you wanted. The magic of the stories are kind of in the experience and the journey, right? In the, in the, in the wonderful dark night there. Nancy, guys, you're so right. Yeah, so let it float away, Scoots. Sure, it was a dream of yours. Sure, you didn't follow the instructions or actually read the book ever. Or you made up citations. But you loved Steven Spielberg. You love movies. And you want to do that for other people, Scoots. And I can tell you, and now you're here with us here. You're kind of doing that in a different way. And it's okay, all right? So so let that anchor float away. And take some breaths, and, and you don't have to worry. Because that's one less weight you got to carry now, buddy. And I said, well, hey, by, by the way, could I ask you guys one question? Where were you when I was a kid? Because I could have used this back then. We're here now, Scoots, to help you now. And that's all part of the journey. Now's the time when you have something, you have a platform to share, and you get to do it. So it has come full circle. It's taken some time. We know that. We know it's taken a while. You've had your ups and downs. But now you have to start floating bottles. Or maybe there is no have-tos. Yeah, thanks. I was going to interrupt you and say that, actually. Okay, Scoots, let's, uh, you, you've done good. And we like, could you, Scoots, you know, you were so good on that ode. Odes, before we go, we need one more ode. Okay, an ode to the, to the, to the bottle 
that I said goodbye to a goodbye bottle full of pain of Marty McFly notness, but a lot of George McFly hair gel and, and, and a little shame goodbye bottle. As you float away, I hope you don't sink, but you always see the light of day and you reflect and you stay dry. And maybe somewhere in the paper are some tears I've cried, yes. I had some sorrow, and in some sense maybe I caused my own pain. But goodbye, Bottle. Uh, now that you're gone, maybe I'll never be the same, or maybe you've always helped me as I've carried you along. And somehow I've learned uh, to, to, to grow and become strong, and... and and thank you, Steven Spielberg, for the things that you've made and those around that helped you and that followed in your wake and everyone else that's created things wonderful and grand and tiny and minuscule but wonderful in their own ways as well. For those things whether they forever change me in the grand way of that summer, or they just put a tiny smile on my face. My life is always changing, and I don't, you know, I wish I had some witty way to bring it back after that, but thank you, even for your little notes, even for your tweets or your thank yous. Oh, somehow, really, I am living... The dream I had back then, and, and I'm truly full of gratitude, for I couldn't do it without any of you. Good night. I want to say thank you and good night for some emails to Catherine. Thank you and good night. Amanda, thank you and good night. Eric T. from ADHD Rewired Podcast. Thank you and good night. Uh, Rebecca, hopefully I'll be doing an interview with Rebecca soon. Thank you for your email. Meg, thank you. Alexandra, thank you. Ahab's wife, thank you. Bob C., thank you. Sophie, thank you for the email. Thank you and good night. Uh, Joey K., thank you once again. Adriana, thank you. I want to say thank you and good night to Lauren. Lauren B., for her email. I want to say thank you and good night to the team at Blab who is, is still working on things, but I think they might have almost everything sorted out. And I want to say thank you and good night to Ben. And thank you and good night to Amanda. iTunes reviews. I want to thank uh, Soda Janie from US. Soda Janie, who says thank you, Lifesaver. Uh, DCI. Topolsky, Topolsky, yeah, Topolsky, Topolsky, or not Topolsky, that is the question we ask ourselves when, you know, when you you say, do I want to do that or not? But DCI, Topolsky says, puts it on, gets them to ease, and they fall asleep, spreading the word, thank you, Uh, in inertal, inertal gnosis. Inertal gnosis. See, holy moly. Did anybody hear that? Because I just said that correctly. Inertal gnosis, maybe. And that was fun. Uh, says the podcast, amazing. They put on a sleep timer for 30. 
And it works. Thank you. Uh, Lou, 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 double G. Triple Lou, double G. In my heart, you're more than three. As I say, I thank thee for your review. Who he says it looks when they say it works like a freaking charm. Thank you, Triple Lou Double G. A generator is like a kegerator, but named Jane or a refrigerator. Maybe a brain bot could be an android. Could be one of those, you know, you know, organic plant human robot hybrids they're working on. And they're in Canada, so that means they're nice no matter what, you know, even if they're science, you know, say they're kind. Canadians are kind. They, they, my experience. But it works for Generator. So thank you, Generator. Then we got a mega, here we go. Does exactly what advertises by 123773A3LMU. So that's a brain bot with a serious serial, serial code. And, uh, they say it does exactly what it advertises. So, as though the concept of the podcast is weird, it's, they were skeptical, love a skeptical brain bot, especially one so high in the uh, numerical letter order. Still works for LMU. So, thank you. Uh, the face is 022 says they prefer earlier episodes, not the later ones, and that I have slurred speech and vocal fry. And, you know, I'm always trying to figure out how to improve the sound. So I'm, instead of paying myself, uh, I'm, I'm already started. Uh, I've got Chris Posey Posterson working on this, and we'll be working on whatever equipment upgrades. But I think the podcast sounds good. Can it sound better? Of course it can. Uh, so I'm working on that face so too. Double two. I can tell you it's not a stylist. Whatever you're hearing is what you're hearing. I'm just here doing the podcast. So will we adjust things or won't we? We're working on it. We'll see. But thanks for your feedback. Uber helpful. That's Staly lover. A lover of Staly's. You should get a show, The Staly Show. S-T-A-L-L-Y. Or it's a Staly. Staly. Staly's better, though. They fall asleep in 20 minutes. Uh, JM, JM, DM 81. Uh, uh, for, they say, great for racing minds. Well, thank you. And they like, uh, I've got a garland to deal with. And how about this one? Hate PDA uh, from the UK. Uh, they say the podcast is magic and they can't explain it, but it works. And hopefully, so I guess I'll be canceling the PDA series I was going to do, where I try to bore people to sleep by going in public and kissing people. But I, I'll, I'll cut that out because it wasn't, I didn't think it was very good anyway. And neither, it was, you know, I said, I said, well, geez, I'm not even comfortable looking at myself in the mirror. So I don't think I'm comfortable with PDA doing it. And observing it, you know, I say, well, geez, it's, even though it's PDA, it's none of my business. But how about uh, Joe Q8, also from the UK? They say it's weirdly effective. It helps them get rid of their gobbledygook. They think, oh, initially annoying gobbledygook helps them fall asleep. And they don't know how it works. Well, thanks, Joe Kate. Joe Kate, right? Joe Kate. They think so. Thanks. Uh, we got Zoo, 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 Zooey One, Zooey One. 
Z-O-O-Y-O-U-N. Except it's O-N-E is how you spell one, O-N-E. I, I misspelled it. Zoo, Zooey one spelled it right. Could be Zoe one, or it could be Zooey one. But they say wake time hours, they fall asleep to the show. But they like to listen to it at daytime. Those are my special friends, and that's Randall. Randall. Hey, Randall, can you Randall for me? Do you know what that means? Well, look it up on YouTube and then Randall for me. It's it's kind of like a dance, but a move. Okay, uh, relax finally, says they can't sleep without it. They used to use uh, Tylenol PM, and they've been going through a hard time, but the podcast works. Thank you, relax finally. And then we have Chem on the Go, better than a C-SPAN broadcast to the House Agricultural Committee. And what a gift Scooter has. We're fortunate he uses the powers for good. Well, thanks, Chem on the Go. It's some sort of chemistry set delivery service, I believe. The Uber of chem set delivery. Started by chem on the go. Uh, Well-rested 2812. Uh, we may have thanked you already, but let's thank you twice. Impressed. Wow. And they've been traveling a lot, but using the podcast. Well, thank you so much, uh, Well-rested. And if anybody else is awake and you want to review the podcast, go to sleepwithmepodcast.com slash iTunes. Thank you.